Thanks to Keeps for supporting this episode of Those Conspiracy Guys. Keeps makes easy and affordable hair loss treatment for men. And you can receive your first month of treatment for free when you visit keeps.com slash TCG. Thanks, Keeps. On this episode of Those Conspiracy Guys, we discuss the last taboo and a dark subject that some may not be able to stomach. We're talking about cannibalism. For hundreds of thousands of years, humans, or a variation of humans, have been eating each other and mostly not just for food. Eating one's enemies or neighbouring tribes is still common practice in remote parts of the world today. Often cannibalism is seen as a last resort for the desperate and infirm, with famous stories of plane crashes, boats lost at sea, and travellers stuck in the mountains, but it's an all too common occurrence in regular life too. In the animal kingdom, cannibalism was used as a tool of intimidation and control, the most extreme way to threaten one's own species, or often it's used to dispose of a mate that has served their purpose and is almost unquestionably accepted. But when humans do it, there are much more dire consequences. Degenerative brain diseases, murderous bloodlust, and extreme psychological disturbance are but a few of the side effects of cannibalism, but inexplicably, people still partake in the rituals of the consumption of human flesh. Some cannibalistic urges stem from a place of sexual desire, and some see it as an artistic statement on the animalistic nature of man still present in the modern age. So are these folks eating other people because they want to, or do they need to? Is it a deeply rooted natural compulsion, or can it be explained by extreme necessity and impossible conditions for the preservation of human life? What's the big deal with eating other humans? Does cannibalism exist everywhere? Do animals eat each other? What are the conditions needed to turn normal people into cannibals? What happens when humans eat human meat? Is there any side effects? Can cannibalism and its natural effects be good for people in the long run? Or is it a disgusting last resort for any right-minded individual? So join us, co-conspirators, as we loosen our belts and get ready for a feast of knowledge, pulling the fresh truth from the bones of Inquisition and licking the tasty morsels of intrigue from our greasy fingers in an effort to understand the final taboo. This time, on Those Conspiracy Guys, we're talking about cannibalism. Welcome to another Dose Conspiracy, guys. This time, we're reaching over and taking bites out of our own arse to bring you an episode all about the last taboo left on the planet, I think. Everybody's doing everything with their dicks and fannies and buttholes. Uh, you know, no politic is beyond uh, reprehensibility. Um, there's, you know, even virtuous paedophiles out there making websites to make themselves feel okay about wanting to fuck kids. And yet, the last taboo ever is eating those kids. You can't eat other humans. And cannibalism is what we're on about today on this episode of Those Conspiracy Guys. The history behind it, some of the people that do it, 
why, and the results of eating people's bodies. <laughs> and uh, joining me in the hot seats, we have artist, writer. Thank you. Le- <laughs> Uh, love of my life. Oh, I thought you were talking about me. I thought you were talking about you. <laughs> Light in my eyes. That's why I thought my joke was hilarious. <laughs> the uh, the uh, the accompanier on one of the the greatest accompanist accompanier of me on the greatest journey of our lives together uh, and on a trip to America. See what I did there, Miss ah. uh, Claire Fox. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, it's Good great to, to be here. Yes, it's great to have you. Mm. Um, and it's great for you to be on the show too. And uh, main man, presenter, uh, conspiracist in his own right. Semi. Semi. He's a semi-lob on. Uh, master of ceremonies at DisasterArtistsPodcast.com. Uh, they survived the apocalypse. So, so you, you don't, don't have, have to. to. And uh, a, a general all-around sound con. <laughs> it's a lovely introduction. Mr. Johnny Daly. Welcome to the show, Johnny. Glad to be here. It's great to have you back. Uh we had you not so long ago. You see, we were doing a massive uh, recording schedule here and we're seeing each other a lot more often than in a normal recording yeah, year. Yeah. So you're over here the whole time. It's hard to get the stuff in and then dump it out of your head again, right? This is probably my, is this like my third week here or something? Something like but that, yeah. in the schedule, this will, these will all be apart. like months apart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Strange. Uh, so this one should be going out sometime in early uh, 2019. It's all about cannibalism. And uh, you kids have been looking up cannibalism all week. Uh, Claire and I have spent many meals watching <laughs> documentaries, looking at the meat on our plate and the meat in the TV and going, mm, I wonder, tastes like veal, they say. We did have pork a couple of times this week as well. Yeah, and I pretended and I called him Ian. I was like, mm. <laughs> No, he didn't. Oh, Ian. In my head I did. I was like, oh, Ian, you go really well with these peppers. He was delicious. So fair play to Ian. Um, cannibalism. I don't know how much you guys knew before we started the show. A Johnny. bit, but most of it would be implied by movies. Right. Which is so, never a, a good yeah, starting the, off point. The media zeitgeist of what it's like to eat other people. Yeah. You knew it's a bad thing. It's probably immoral. Well, I didn't need movies to tell me it was immoral. I felt that anyway, but... <laughs> do, do, I mean, why would you feel that then? Because as we go along now, there are tribes... Uh, that do endocannibalism and it's a learned behavior and they think it's totally normalized like i don't know some mad shit that fucking tribes do in south america like tying their dicks up to their bellies with a string <laughs> so it doesn't catch in a bramble when you run through the forest makes sense like that's a totally normal thing to do why would you a predilection that cannibalism is amoral where well, did that come from what did you know about cannibalism when you were young well i knew nothing about it when i was young and i guess that's where did you not the know morals that, came from? Did you not know that people ate other people at some point? Only from movies, right? Yeah. yeah. Wait, what are you asking exactly? I'm asking Why that, I, like, I, I go to you like, it's, it's amoral, and you're like, well, I knew that from the beginning. And I was like, well, what told you that then? Well, I think because the first stories, as a, as when I was a child, I guess the first stories I'd have heard of cannibalism would usually be of the sort of cartoon version of a tribe killing, you know, the, you know, the classic, the... The explorer trapped in a with a cannibal hey. tribe, right, and he's, like been, in, he's in, just sitting in a cauldron, and these cartoon ah, yeah. cannibals are sitting around with, with the bones through their noses yeah, yeah. and other. So it's always politically like, incorrect depictions yeah. of na- Native Africans. Or so whatever. cannibalism would always have been linked with murder. So I guess that's where 
it becomes immoral. You're, you, in my mind, mm. I would always link it with murder. You don't like think death of, against their will or yeah, something. Yeah, well, you or... don't think about the Donner. When you're 12, you don't think about the Donner party and the yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Maybe maybe it was vilified. It Maybe, Claire, you could, like, where did you get it? Um, Probably my first introduction to potential cannibalism was, um, you know, that witch that tried... Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. I was just going to say, that's a very, very young... Mm. But to be honest, to be I never told a story like that. But I never, I never thought. I think when you're a child and you hear a story like that, you don't think that witch is going to like suck the meat off these bones. It literally says that in the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah but you don't. All you're thinking is they're going to get away because there's a happy ending. You know, but the happy ending is two children after becoming obese then turn on their captor mm. and push her into a fire, thus but murdering don't her. don't eat her. Yeah, they don't eat her, but they still, they're still two child murderers. Do you um, know? I think that's self-defense. I yeah, think that's... it's a little bit like John Venables and, and uh, no, I'm the, pretty the, sure the that's two young lads that killed Jamie Bulger. It's just no. as bad. No. 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 What? They murdered. They had, they would Jamie not... Bulger wasn't fattening anybody. They would no, not I know. have been in that situation had, you know what I mean? Their, their right. backs were literally to the wall. Literally. But again, that's a story that yeah, includes murder and t- murder to cannibalize the bodies. Yeah. So you're taught that they're and kind grooming of... grooming and kind of... Yeah, but so it's all... They're things. all interlinked. You're not hearing about survival cannibalism. That so. was one of Grimm's original tales, right? Yeah, I think... Yeah. It's so like a f- I think it's supposed to be those pretty German fairy tales. What about, um, like, the earliest memory of knowing that cannibalism existed? Alive. Yeah. I was a big fan of Ethan Hawke. Oh, yeah? I'd watch him in anything. <laughs> he wrote to me. Tell us about Ethan Hawke right He wrote you. to me. Really? When I was 15. Yeah. Hashtag her too. <laughs> now, he didn't write to me apropos nothing. I wrote to him first. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> um, I hope he that didn't was go, the I yes. really want a pen pal from the West of Ireland who's grown up on a farm and it's very, very, very innocent. <laughs> um, I sent him six pages, refill, front and back. That's what you replied. Oh, yeah. Six A4 pages. That's <laughs> yeah. a lot, man. But what age were you? Uh, 15. So what was My he... English teacher dared me because I kept going on about him. What was Ethan Hawke's, like, biggest movie at that Reality time? Reality Bites was, was my big... Um... <laughs> I don't, I don't, I've never even heard of Without that. Without a writer? No. Well, oh. What's Reality Bites? It's a movie with Ethan Hawke. Well, <laughs> she never, she never gets to the end of it. She always finishes before it's over. Oh, shut up. What? It's a coming of age... Coming. What? Of age? No, it, like, it's like they're actually just graduated from college and it's that whole thing of like, what do I do with my okay. life? When was training day? Much later. That's the first time I ever seven. heard of him. Like. Ethan Hawke was on my radar wow. from Before Sunset, which is another movie he was in. <laughs> I've seen that, but so, I saw that after. So I saw that on the back him, of training day. Or Before Sunrise. Before Sunrise was the prequel to Before Sunrise. So when you were oh, loving yeah, Ethan Hawke and you were watching him in the movie Alive, which is the story of the, yeah. the I, 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 I guess an adaptation of the Uruguayan football team's crash on the mountain. And you were looking at that as they're all cannibalizing each other and you're going, she's a fucking love for Ethan Hawke to eat a bit of me. No, I wasn't. As I said, it was quite innocent. Okay. Um, no, I was just kind of like. Can you just let me sexualize it just for a minute? No. For my own gratification? No. Listen to fucking Ethan Hawke so, stories. So <laughs> I was just like Ethan. Ethan helped the helped the tablet go down. Okay, you know what I mean. Like he, like I don't know. In the same way that that film Blow, like Johnny Depp, made your man seem a lot more personable. 
<laughs> yeah. Like at the very, very end of that movie, when they show the real guy, I was like, <coughs> no wonder his daughter didn't want to talk to him. He's rotten looking. <laughs> right. Do you know? Um, so it, it gave you a very early sense of superficiality or whatever. Well, I was like, look, if Ethan has to eat somebody to, to stay alive, I get it. The irony being nowadays, like now you'd probably prefer to talk to the actual George Jung than Johnny Depp. Probably. Johnny Depp is yeah, a little bit weird. Yeah, he's mental. Is he's that what you mean? He's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trying to smuggle dogs. He's like, this was a lot of things that you do when it was cocaine. Um, so <laughs> Ethan Hawke, uh, uh, despite all that, when you're yeah. talking about cannibalism. Oh, yeah. Let's get back. Focus, So Claire. I suppose the, the thing was, I, the, the thing I'm trying to allude to is that I still didn't really get that it was cannibalism as such. To me, it was like. Oh, there's Jesus, one. Le- there's one less guy now. We're absolutely fucked. Like yeah. we're fucked. We're definitely not going to make it out of here. All bets are off. When you found so out, when you look was, at that kind of a cannibalism, yeah. I'm like, it's not the same as going. Do you know what I really fancy? I'm a bit sick of chicken and pork, but we just have human. <laughs> like an old, an old Ian burger. Yeah. Yeah. Like a really old, like Ian fajitas. Yeah. But yeah, I remember yeah. that well, too. nuggets. Seeing alive as a teenager and kind of just accepting that, oh, well, they had to do that, well, and not yeah. really thinking about it anymore. So then it wasn't immoral when it was a bunch of lads in peril. But no, but that's much was, later in life too. Yeah, seeing yeah, yeah. that. They just, but you still had that well, thing Well, how off. old were you when you saw Alive? Mm, probably 15, 16. Mm. Did Ethan Hawke awaken yeah, your I mean, sexuality just, as well? Or? <laughs> no, that came at training day, like oh, I right, said. Right, right. <laughs> I didn't know you liked to get wet, Johnny. It's <laughs> um, a line from this movie. But yeah, because I just came across it one night on like Channel 4. I think they played it regularly. It's clear. <laughs> I didn't like training day. No, he, was a good, he, was bold. He, was, he was a good guy in training day. Yeah, he was a good guy. He smoked with a PCP. Oh, he was a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was even Denzel like, was about the Denzel. It was about he no, was trying see. to corrupt old yeah. old yeah. Eaton. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and he yeah. was like, I didn't eat those guys and get off that mountain to come down here and be a bad cop. <laughs> and Claire was like, Oh, the fourth wall is breaking. Uh-huh. So what I'm trying to get at is your attitudes before we started to study this about cannibalism. Johnny has said that it's amoral when he was a child mm. because it was somebody's life being taken against their will, like being captured well, that, by that a tribe. That was perception of it. Yeah. That was the perception. Of it. And then later on, when he saw alive. some people eating a person for them to stay alive, and there were already dead people. Mm. Maybe, like, because we'll talk about the morality and stuff of it as we go through the endo, endo-cannibalism and exo-cannibalism yeah. structure and the different kind of moralities around it. Like, is it okay to do in some situations? Yes, or, mm. you know, if you're doing it to intimidate or if it's a, a kind of a... Yeah, there there are a lot of variables like if I'm looking at somebody going, oh, let me just stab that person and attack them so that then I can cook them. That's different to this is a dead person like I'm surviving on a boat in the sea who is otherwise just going to waste away. And if I don't partake, I will be also dead. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a big difference between those. It's like it's like Dammer and you know, the, the lads in the boat, uh, you know, after the Bay the, of Pigs yeah, or something. the per, the Because at that point, it kind of becomes no different. Cuban, Cubans, Cubans, Cubans yeah. No different than this person is dead, but has a healthy heart. This person is dying and they need a healthy heart. You take the heart, you give it to them. Yeah. It's kind of the same. Is it not the same thing? Yeah, you just don't eat it. No. But it's still <laughs> what stands be- between this healthy person living and dying is getting this already dead person's organ. Yeah, but that's also the perpetuation of life through that person's organ and in some way the family of the dead person or you know the dead person's memory or whatever have you Mm. um 
it seems that if there's a heart transplant, and I've seen it, you know, we'll all, we all know somebody who's had something in their family where somebody dies and they give their liver, they give their heart, hmm. and there is some kind of solace when that person dies that somehow they're living on, their heart is still beating in another person's chest, yeah, yeah. and maybe their spirit lives on or whatever. Is the, it, like, it's not the same as donating a heart to somebody who needs a heart transplant or eating the cunt's heart after he dies because you were hungry on a mountain. Like, if you went home and went, um, listen, Mary, I'm really sorry. Uh, we had to eat Paddy. Um, we were all starving. And uh, if it makes any consolation, he kind of lives on in all of us uh, for about 72 hours until <clears throat> we have a shit. Do you know, it's 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 less noble to become food than it it's is less to noble, be. Uh, yeah, because you eventually, if you become food, you also eventually become poop. <laughs> so, is that what yeah, it is? Fine. Is that what it is? <laughs> not if good... you're a liver, you keep on working. If you're a heart, hopefully you keep on working. Kidney. That's the thing. But like the people will imbue the heart transplant recipient as, oh, you're mm. alive because of our Paddy who gave you his heart and his heart beats on in you. So somehow he's still alive in you. But if you're like, I don't think that's people, the cunt that ate Paddy. I don't think people think like he's still alive in you. There is a little bit of that. Yeah, I think there, I there think is a little there's bit of that. There's a little bit of like... Where they're glad that, that their that his, death meant something, death I guess. Meant something. No, I get that. Yeah. But I wouldn't be like... But if your death part meant... Part of you is now my ex, my dead husband. I wouldn't be thinking that. Like. No. Yeah, you wouldn't be like, now I can like touch yeah. you when I want because Paddy would have allowed it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paddy consented. <laughs> I, th- I think there's a, there is an element of that. Maybe I'm wrong. You can reach out to me and let me know, uh, people listening at home. No, I, I'd agree with but that. But I think anyway. there is a de- definitely an element of like... Oh yeah, their life yeah. lives on through you. But if you get turned into food, it's a it's an awful taboo thing. It's a it seems like an animalistic thing as well. It seems like a thing of savages. Yeah. And like Johnny, you said the lads, you know, boiling boiling somebody in a pot, and you get to see those cartoons. You always saw those cartoons like Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny, all those Looney Tunes. Yeah. Where they'd get caught by, uh, you know, some some tribe. And it'd be a quite racist, big lipped, yeah. no, bo- no, bo- nose bones. that's like on the stick going, help. Yeah. yeah. And then they're like f- 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 yeah. cutting carrots and putting yeah. them in the water. And your man's standing in the water going, this is getting quite hot in here. It tastes delicious. Like whatever. You but know? Isn't it amazing that they included that in children's cartoons? Yeah. Like they never showed them cutting up flesh or anything. But no. the implication but was they'd be waiting meat. like sharpening a knife and, yeah. and the, the man would be sitting boiling in a pot. Yeah. Yeah, but sometimes or the fact it, that was, Elmer it Fudd, was the animal. Elmer Fudd was yeah, like yeah. chasing Bugs Bunny down when he dressed up like a woman to rape him. Often that happened. Bugs Bunny dressed up like a woman and Elmer Fudd is like, oh, wow. Yeah. That is pretty weird. You didn't say no. Oh, I never thought of that before. Let's <laughs> let's move on. Yeah, he did a lot. Please, you know? no. just the tip, just for a minute, <laughs> just to see how it feels. <laughs> that used to happen in cartoons, and yeah. everyone's like, "Oh Jesus!" So some dark shit there, you know. No, what my point was that like sometimes you saw Bugs Bunny, you know, or the animal equivalent that we had grown to love, like holding on to the stick or you know like just being lowered into a pot and you never thought jesus i'll never eat meat again no you know like most fishes went that was a good cartoon that's all folks what's for dinner (laughs) rabbit rabbit nuggets (laughs) yeah so i think uh, the there is a whole move now towards veganism a lot of people are on the vegan train there's Mm -hmm. a lot of um documentaries and a lot of you know information out there about farmer practices about Mal mistreatment and and you know maladaption of 
uh, old farming practices towards animals, the mistreatment of them, they're being kept wrong, they're being fed wrong, they're being killed wrong, and they're being processed wrong. And people are protesting against this by, by showing these videos going like, look at what's happening to the poor animals. And people are going like, I don't care. Meat is delicious. Like, would they be doing that to try and, what, like, why are, why are uh, uh, vegans not coming out and going like, hey, let's stop humans eating humans first and then work on like the chickens and cows and. Are people still eating humans now? Yeah. Really? But not like. Not as widespread as it used to be, but I mean like. They're, they don't have like, you know, factories full of humans. Not yet. Silent Green. I think it's going that way. I mean. <laughs> it's slippery slope. It happened before. <laughs> And we'll talk about it too, the Ukrainian famine, you know. Uh, so you're talking about like with North Korea in the 90s. North Korea, uh, like that shit happened, man. Too many people, not enough food. The law doesn't really count. And then you just start picking off a few of the older ones. And, you know, the next thing you know, you're eating your uncle because he fell asleep at a party. And you're just like, fuck it, go on. And his shoes were still on. So yeah, yeah. It was shoes were still on, all bets are off. <laughs> just drawing his face and stuff like that. And then you end up eating slices off his hole. What I'm trying to get from you is, like, is the background to what you learned now different from what you knew then? Certainly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what did, you, what did you think about cannibalism when you were a kid, Claire? Did you think it was amoral like Johnny when you saw the people being cooked in the pot? You're like, geez, you can't do that. And yet we'd watch those cartoons. It's totally normal. No, like, as I said, when you watch those cartoons, you always knew. Like, when I was watching Han- Hansel and Gretel or reading it, you always knew the kids were going to get one up on the witch otherwise it wouldn't have been in the book right so it's like the whole um siri like macgyver or some shit like you never there was never really any stakes like any no, peril you're right. you because you knew like, there's oh, another God, fucking season i really hope this ends well you know <laughs> and when you're when the witch was thrown into the oven they didn't eat her no i know but they did, did still kill her and then got away yeah, scot free i'm just saying they didn't, didn't even get manslaughter i'm saying you know because it was self-defense so later and and as i said when i saw alive i was like they had no choice um but now i would definitely be like i kind of understand the ritualistic stuff if you've been brought up with that and people actually fervently believe as part of their you know faith that we are helping the deceased by eating them yeah but you know i know we'll talk about the different types of cannibalism but then there's other types that you're just like that's just as insane as somebody going, I have to kill, you know? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, do you think that you grew up on a farm? Do you think that any of the animals, like if they were eating each other, you know the way, like rabbits that eat their babies or pigs eat their babies or whatever. Like, did you ever hear of that and go like, Jesus, that's extreme. For me, hearing that there's people in my family that had, that kept hairs, you know, mm. like a, like a. As big, in pet big, hairs. Big rabbits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long rabbits. Yeah, long rabbits. Yeah. And uh, the hare had some babies. And then the next thing, the mother was like, and mm. has, they have big rat's teeth. Ugh. And they just go like, and it's one bite. And then they throw their head back and like, hung, hung. and then the whole baby rabbit goes in and it eats it. Like but it's they like, just swallow it whole. Swallow it whole. It's like a little baby Jesus. bird and it all goes in. Do hares do that as a matter of like, or like yeah, if you regular leave, practice? Yeah, if you leave baby rabbits with, with, other, with, with their mothers, like the mother would just go like, Little fucker, hum, and just eat like no rabbits or hares. Either, but they, she had hares. I'm saying it wasn't a pet rabbit; it was a pet hare. But rabbits but do it too. Like it. it's the same animal essentially. So 
Is that like their own version of population control? I don't know, you know like man. Breed yeah, like rabbits. Sometimes like, well, we, just, have to, we have to like sort this out. Sometimes one of them just has sharp teeth and it's it's hitting on her nipples or whatever, and she's just like, yeah, you know but they what? don't do it to all their babies. Nearly all, yeah, a lot of them. So you have to remove the babies immediately. Kind of, yeah, or find a hiding place for them to go. I've like. never heard of that. So I'm saying when you heard about that stuff happening in the animal kingdom as I a kid. I didn't hear it. I'm literally just hearing about this. Do you ever hear about time. that stuff, Johnny? Like, I, no, I was I've, shocked as I've a kid. I've heard about animals so eating their young, but but usually other predators like bears and stuff. Yeah. And it'd be because... Not herbivores or... Well, yeah, but... It would be because they're worried, like a female bear might eat her cubs if there's male predators around because yeah. the cubs are going to draw attention. Mm. And the idea being like that she can at least, if she can continue life, she can birth more cubs. Whereas yeah. like if, if, it, if they attract a male bear, he'll probably kill all of them. So it's more, it's, it's their way to sort of preserve their species. Yeah. It's like, shut up or we're all dead. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the, the rabbits eating them or some of those bears eat when they get stressed. Like... That's maybe kind of like an animal postpartum depression. Yeah. Where they're just like. There's probably that too. Yeah. I, I can't think that that's common practice. It's common. Very common. That rabbits would eat their babies. Very common. It's not that you don't believe it. It's that you can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. So um, before we get into it, th- there are certain moralities and certain little nuances that we're going to talk about. Little stories and mm-hmm. uh, events mm-hmm. that happened in real life. And we go through the moralities of each one. But for now, before we get into them and discuss them deeply, do you think cannibalism in a ritualistic setting is okay? Obviously, like a Jeffrey Dahmer type, I'm going to kill you, fuck you, and eat you, and not in that order, is wrong. But do you think that if there's people in Papua New Guinea and they're eating their dead relatives, not killing for the purpose of eating, but eating after already dead, uh, do you think that's okay? Just before we get, it's not an off the fence, this is like a pre- a pre-fence examination. Yeah. Well, the thing with that is, like, the other relatives are probably there at the surface anyway. You know, it's... So it's all it, depends, it's it all depends it, on circumstance. Well, if, if everybody's okay with it, I don't really see the problem either. They used to say that about rape. Clear. What about... Hey, <laughs> did they? I don't know. <laughs> one of the excuses I've heard, or one of the justifications I've heard um, for that ritualistic... Um, cannibalism is that like if you live in the middle of the rainforest you know very not very far away from a trader joe's or something like that like you're not gonna there's no groceries even if you bury like you don't have coffins you know they have nothing Mm, they have nothing like so even if you had made a coffin out of wood probably like some animals who are like like as it is the people out there don't have a lot to eat so the animals are probably like, oh, I smell human flesh. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I would guess that the culture is like, isn't it much better that we make sure that the person is put to use, ritualistically put to use and, you know, gone rather than us thinking that we've buried it out in a hole, out, like out in the forest. And then two minutes later, like a load of animals coming and digging it up and eating it. Yeah, and when you think about it, like ritualistic cannibalism, is does anybody get hurt by that? No, it's just it's a symbolic. Sometimes, like you're, you, might, it might be really tasty, and you're eating it loads, and you like bite your lip or something. Yeah, but it's a symbolic like, gesture. Oh, there's it, a bone oh. in my tooth. That yeah, I yeah. Can't get but it's out. a symbolic gesture. That's all it is. Yeah, sure. So is that like when you think about it, is it any different than Catholicism having the <gasps> symbolic gesture what? of eating the body of Christ? Like it's all about the symbology behind it. It's done for blasphemy, man. Yeah, literally we go into mass and we literally drink 
the blood, blood of the Christ food. and eat the body of Christ. And I, to be honest. But we don't literally. It's a symbolic. Well, we believe it's literal. It's literal. It's, Isn't that what trans it's literally. Yeah, transubstantiation means we're literally eating the body of Christ. And to be honest, I, I think Jesus mm. sticks to the roof of my mouth more often than not. <laughs> it's a little bit dry. <laughs> Jesus needs some fucking moisturizers. Ashy motherfucker. Do you know? We're drinking the blood of mm. a man who said, eat my body and drink well, we my blood. we don't generally drink blood or wine at mass. No, I know. But I'm saying that P- Protestants do drink the wine. No, I'm saying generally in, in the Catholic Church. Yeah, but Protestants do, and it's basically the same religion. They stopped mm. the Catholics doing it because we're fond of the sup. So they don't <laughs> want us to start us off first thing do in the Sunday morning. Do we not drink wine? And no, we don't. The, the priest does. It depends on the church and the priest, but it's rare. Oh, okay. um, yeah, It's been so long. Protestants are all about it. Uh, People who are celiacs are allowed to go up and help themselves. Okay. Yeah. Because they can't receive the host. Right. Uh, body of Christ. It's a gluten-free father. But either way, it, it is the same symbolic sort of gesture. Yeah, so, you're, we're eating Jesus. So if they're doing this, and I know they are quite literally doing it, but it's about the, the symbol of it. Sure. The symbolism. Nobody's getting hurt. Mm. Kind of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, maybe so. Well, we get into it. But before we do, uh, yeah. if there's anything in the show that you want to let us know about, anything that we get wrong, any extra bit of information, or, or if you just want to reach out and just say, hey, this is all gravy, because I get a lot of those too, and I appreciate them. Uh, info at thoseconspiracyguys.com is the email address. Uh, we're on all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Pinterest, Mix, Vero, anything you have, a social media, up oh, Snapchat, anything that's there, I have a fucking account on it. So hit us up somewhere. And uh, keep an eye out. I'll be putting up loads of stuff on the road in America. And there's a secret, a private Instagram page, instagram.com slash TCGTV. That's only for Patreons and for GoFundMe folks. If you want to get all the good crack. Or you can follow us on Instagram and get a few little pictures and bits and bobs from our travels, our journeys and our adventures. Uh, there is a website as well, thoseconspiracyguys.com, that has loads of articles, all the sources, some of the documentaries and uh, all the episodes from the show i know i've been quoting stuff like hey go check out the website for sources but that was four years ago me a man filled with uh you know self-actualization and dreams of of a massive media empire which is only coming to fruition now four years later so all the things i promised that were going to be on the website obviously are not but will be hopefully uh in the future so have a look at that and see if there's something there that you like we are also on discord which i think as of now is probably going to be the central hub of the communication of the show there's over a thousand people on it uh from gofundme and patreon and the general on the street joe soaps coming into discord all the, the channels are split up into all the different episode topics and there's other certain topics like you know um, religion or guns or something goes on in the news people will hop into discord to start sharing some links have a little bit of a chat and it's all topic specific like uh, those old chat rooms of all the yahoo chat rooms and stuff so if you want to come on talk conspiracy off the surface internet you're not on facebook where a lot of cunts are all going, Meh. come into Discord, uh, TCG fans, and have a chat with one another. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel, so youtube.com slash those conspiracy guys. Now, because they're acting the cunt, and cutting people off and censoring people and just generally being uh, soy cunt heads, you can go on to bitshoot.com slash those conspiracy guys and get a, a load of the documentaries that YouTube can't or won't let us have up there. Uh, I'm getting dinged the whole fucking time for content. What, what is it? Community guidelines, copyright, fucking, I don't know what. Banned for 180 days off of YouTube for putting up an episode on Sandy Hook three years ago uh, for some bullshit reason. So I'm, I'm being quite cautious as to what I put up there. So all the episodes will go up there and you can watch this episode on video if you uh, have somewhere you can watch it. You don't want to watch it on audio. 
or listen to it on audio. All the other episodes are up there from season, uh, the end of season six, all of season seven, and going on into the future, they're all going to be streamed uh, live. Uh, so you can watch them on YouTube or on BitChute. And we have a Minds.com page as well, where I'm going to be putting up some articles and sharing a few bits and bobs. And we can chat over there too. The lifeblood of the show is Patreon.com. Uh, Patreon is a crowdfunded system for paying artists for their work. And from small increments, uh, we, we can run the show here. It keeps the lights on, keeps tanning the mugs. And it's, uh, it's my full-time job. So I really, really appreciate and thank all the people that are donating to Patreon uh, every month. Uh, Patreon.com slash Those Conspiracy Guys means you get all the behind-the-scenes stuff. You get extra videos. There's little vlogs and uh, all the stuff from inside the studio, as well as outtakes from the show, bits that are missing from the show, preambles and all this kind of stuff. And then you get notifications about all episodes. You can watch these live, streaming live when we start recording again. And you get access to all of the vlogs from America for uh, early access to the documentaries when they finally get made. And uh, you get access to a live chat where we can all come together in a big chat room and uh, chat about the, the, the week's news or whatever's going on. The documentaries they keep on talking about are part of TCG TV, which is a, a documentary project that Claire and I em- embarked on. We're, we're driving around, <laughs> we're driving around the US uh, making documentaries, a load of daily vlogs and uh, doing some, you know, meetups, some, some, some live stuff, interviewing all the experts that we only talk about here on the show. We're going to actually get to meet them in real life rather than just uh, reading about them on the internet. And you can help that happen and help make documentaries that are those conspiracy guys themed, based and full of the content of me talking to all these people on GoFundMe.com slash TCGTV. If you want to hit that up, like buying me a coffee or a beer, like five bucks. I, I, there's already 1,400 wonderful bastards that have given over 32,000 euros at the time of recording. Like that's an amazing amount for, a, a, you know, a fan base of a, of a small podcast from Ireland to have uh and it's powering this thing forward so if you want to help that out uh you want to see some of that stuff and you want to get some behind the scenes action some uh, early access to the shows and uh access to the discord and the instagram that we talked about earlier on it's gofoamy.com slash tcgtv all the links for all the stuff that i just mentioned is in the description below uh and if you have any questions about that and just hit me up with an email info at those conspiracy guys.com i really appreciate everybody that's donated money to the show i know it's hard earned money for you but it's hard earned on this side too. And, uh, you know, I pay for the stuff that I like and I really appreciate that you do too. It's uh, it's kind of the day and age where you can't just throw stuff up on YouTube and watch the money rolling in. Everybody can't be Jake Paul, you know. And there's a lot of podcasters out there doing shit just for the love of it and getting not a lot of money. I'm very, very, very lucky in the fact that um, this is now my full-time job. Uh, Claire has been here since the very, very start, since 2013, uh, when I came up with this idea and sat for a year and developed the whole thing, came up with all the ideas, planned out the website, planned out the, all the episodes for years in advance. And we've had fights, we've had boxings, we've had, you know, uh, sleepless nights and, and sleepless days, two job, work at two jobs, doing the show, the whole thing. Like you couldn't do it without those Patreon folks. And now this uh, new project off to America, it's taken it to a whole nother level, really. Um, so if you want to be a part of that and you want to see, uh, see this thing succeed, uh, either Patreon or GoFundMe would really make me happy. So I just uh, just want to draw that out there. Some sentimental stuff there for a cannibal show. Uh, so thanks so much <laughs> to all you guys. So we're getting into it now. Yeah. Cannibals. Um, well, let's look at what cannibalism is, really. Uh, it's, uh, it's the eating of a member of your own species. Whatever species you may be, if you cannibalize yourself, if you're a, 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 a mouse and you eat another mouse, you're a cannibal. If you're a mouse and you eat a cat, you're a legend. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? Um, it can be the flesh or the internal organs. 
of that species. And it's one of the, uh, as we said at the top of the show, one of the last great taboos in society. The word cannibal comes from the word cannibalis, the Spanish name for the Caribs, who are a West Indian tribe that practice cannibalism. And uh, cannibalis means uh, savage or now cannibal. So the Spanish people colonized these islands and they were like, oh yeah, we're going to come over here and uh, maybe rape you, take your, take all of your valuable stuff, bring it back home to the king. Hey, are you eating each other? What the fuck? Like they were the ones that were offended. So they call these guys savages. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a weird place to get the name from. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a question of morals. Like they were going over and, you know, breeding the, the natives out of it. They were fucking killing. Taking over. Anybody that rebelled against them, they were killing them with swords, just going, Foom! and they weren't even eating them. They were just killing them and then not even eating the meat. And all the locals were like, what a waste. Yeah, like in that kind of a situation, I think it's a bit much. It's a bit like kicky mare, kicky fall. Yeah, you can't have a lot of people dying and not even be used as meat. Like what well, kind of fucking... You can't come over and kill loads of people and... And call them savages. Take, yeah. Yeah. But it was the justification so as they could come over and kill them. It's like, they're yeah. savages. They're eating people. So, like, that was the whole thing with Columbus where, wasn't it, he was warned yeah. by one tribe to be wary of this other tribe that they're cannibals. And he's like, oh, thanks for, thanks for warning me. But then when he went back home, he's like, all those tribes over there, they're all cannibals. Yeah. Yeah, because it let the the right thinking people of Europe go. Yeah. The lads are. But fucking. he didn't like he didn't pay it forward and like save the actual guys that warned him. Yeah, that well, you don't get your name <laughs> uh, synonymous with discovering America by telling the truth. I guess right. Yeah. So in some societies, cannibalism is like totally fine, and the definition of good taste isn't the same as in the West. You know, we're not looking at those tribes, people with their dicks tied up to their bellies with strings so they don't catch on brambles. We're going, yeah, I mean, we kind of expect that. Mm, and the propaganda yeah. is coming from uh, imperialists and, and settlers, you know, like the Spanish calling them savages. It seems to be like a normal thing if you go like, oh, yeah, you know, they do this thing. And then, you know, they make the children fight naked in a pit and whoever wins gets to survive and the loser dies so that they'll make a very strong species you know like the spartans used to do that shit and have like Mm. 10 year old kids fight each other to the death and if you won yeah then you're you're worthy they essentially had a purge night where they sent everybody out and you had a 12 hour period to do what you wanted and whoever came back was worthy like the purge exactly like the purge (laughs) purge night huh yeah so there are different ways that cannibalism is used i say used i mean utilized and it's rarely for sustenance or nourishment. It's rarely like, you know, they don't farm people and eat them. Well, I mean, not unless like you're, you know, mates with the Clintons or whatever. And, and uh, cannibalism is usually committed to some sort of ritual or ceremony or indeed just to scare the shit out of people that you might not like. Like they'll, they'll eat one of your tribe just to be like, fuck you. Yeah. <clears throat> and just take a bite out of your cousin or something. So, you know. Good method. I mean, intimidating enough, right? So in, in tribal societies in Central and South America, for example, it's totally fine to eat people from your own tribe, but only when they're dead, of course. Uh, this is called endo-cannibalism or internal cannibalism. And they ritually eat the deceased members of the tribe as a mark of respect so they don't get eaten by animals mm. or you know, rot in the forest or attract any predators or just the That's general the smell of... Got. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and like the humidity apparently... Like I was watching one documentary uh, about Papua New Guinea where 
It's very know, mild. Very mild. <laughs> Which is one of the places where, they, well, they had um, a few different types of ca- cannibalism, but, but where tribes had endo-cannibalism, like they called, um, they, they said there was a um, a Western term which was 1990 which was like uh, 90, 90 degrees humidity. and 90 uh, humi- 90% humidity. Yeah, so it's, wow. gra- it's grand if it's eyesight, but it's real bad if it's weather. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you can imagine what a body decomposing would be like. Sure. Can you imagine like what a, a body call. alive would be like? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Everything's already leaking out of it and it's still yeah. alive. Imagine but if it, it was dead. Wouldn't it be like a call to wild animals? It, it, would, it, it would be, be like, a, oh, You'd be broil. Yeah. You'd be broiling in. You know. You'd be li- like for a, a a dead body now when it dies, it starts to fill up with gas, and the and the the, the juices mm. inside start swelling up. So the body will swell and swell, especially and in hot, hot heat. Loads of farts, loads of decomposition inside mm. from the wet stuff, rather than on the outside. And you've often mm. you often see like you know a body left out in the forest for ages, and it bloats mm. and bloats, and then yeah. when it's poked with a stick, when some kids find it on a it train tracks or whatever, it bursts. Yeah, I've watched enough episodes of Bones to know my yeah. uh, stuff about decomposing bodies. So, like, you can imagine that in 1990, like, they're sweating and it's like, it's like kind of just steaming your a yeah. dead person. And then especially if you're in a rainforest where you think yeah. what yeah. the water will do to it. Yeah. As well, You see, like, yeah. bodies when they have been at sea and stuff, it's I, like how they bloat is, like, double because yeah. <laughs> they've been, I guess, starved of oxygen and stuff. Yeah. Mm. It wouldn't it's, even just be, like, predators. It wouldn't be, like, you know, jungle cats or... Or, you know, uh, carnivores that live in the forest. It'd be like insects as well, like carnivorous yeah. insects. But so even you get like loads the of waters, co- like are full of crocodiles. Like you know, crocodiles yeah. be like winner. Don't even have to bother killing it. Winner, like winner. The spread Human of dinner. disease yeah. alone. Like yeah, as well. Yeah. So I mean, you can understand why a bunch mm. of people in a tribe would be just like, I can. We have to eat. Yeah. You know, Uncle Mama. Because I'm not sure how much of a difference. It's what he would have wanted. How much of a difference burying them would really make out there. Yeah. Because it'd just be dug up or it'd, it'd fuck up the water table or whatever if they yeah. had like a little well or something. Because like. You would like, think they would, they would uh, burn them if they didn't eat them. Yeah. Well, that's, that, that, that used to happen too. So there yeah. are different tribes and different kind of ceremonies mm. uh, uh, around the bodies. But they would ritually eat the deceased um, as a mark of respect. And it's also kind of seen by them as a way to guide the soul of the dead uh, back in, kind of into the family and re- reconstitute the knowledge of that person. Say it's like, you know, your, your elderly aunt and in the jungle tribe, she's probably what, in her like mid, mid-30s, mid to late 30s is elderly. And she knows a load, knows a load of stuff real wise. Mm. And they just eat her and they're all like, oh my God. It's like in the Matrix, they're like, oh my God. I know how to make rice pudding now. Like it's just they get they get her wisdom and they get yeah. her essence and they can take it with her. I don't believe that. They get that's what they believe. That's yeah, what they believe. But I'm sure through eating loads of people they realised it was bullshit. Ah, uh, maybe. But also you get a weird feeling when you eat meat, do you know? We had uh Tom the Bear Romani over here for, for a show uh, a little while ago. Who did he eat? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he was talking about uh, eating like fresh caught game. So he goes out, they go out like shooting and they go out bows and arrows, Joe Rogan style. I didn't hear Joe Rogan talking about it too when he eats elk meat and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. If you kill the animal and it's, it's uh, you know, fresh and wild. And when you eat that, it's giving you all sorts of different types of, you know, protoplasmic energy and there's different proteins and there's different stuff in the meat rather than like a fucking depressed 
cow. Well, yeah, like, like he, ambling in and out of a shed, eating old straw and old silage, and coming back in and being like, "Well, you know, like this is a fucking wild deer." He's like, "What's going on?" Like the Burt Reynolds of like deer, it, and you shoot it and eat it. The fucking life force goes into you, so you can only imagine what it'd be like to eat human meat. Well, they talk about how like you eat. Uh, like a grizzly bear that you can taste, like blueberry in the meat and stuff, which oh, is something wow. you wouldn't what get. What about honey? <laughs> it's like, You're not going to yeah, eat like, me. Like honey, that was blueberry. a Jewish poo bear. I didn't know. It was a Jewish Winnie the Pooh. I should have practiced that. Oh, I got him. Love that honey. <laughs> but I guess like... Sorry, Piglet, I can't hang around with you anymore. <laughs> for obvious reasons. I don't know why I made... I'm going to have to practice Winnie the Pooh if I'm going to bring it out. That just came to me. That I happen. like Jewish Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, Jewish Winnie the Pooh. He's hashtag relatable. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have a new t-shirt. Is t- this honey kosher? You're going to have a new t-shirt by the <laughs> yeah, end probably. of this. Probably. <laughs> Saying goodbye to Piglet. Oh. Um, yeah, so you were saying that it, no, it, he g- tastes like blueberries. Well, that's... I mean, but I guess, yeah, it. if you can taste... Yeah. Like... I guess taste nature off them. You can taste what they like. Yeah, you'll taste the salmon off a bear. That you can see how they would sort of put more of a importance on it. Like, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm explaining this well at all. I get you. What, 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 what I watched a documentary and it said like you know um, the cells that are recreated in your body when they break down and when they reconstitute right mm. uh, are made of the foods you eat. So if you're in the gym and you're fucking hopping loads of weights. And your muscles, how you build muscle, you break the muscle and the tissues kind of have a little break and then they get built back up. To, to like there's a bridge built in with the blood and all that stuff. Yeah. So the lads, when they're finishing the gym, hop a lot of protein shakes into them because the body is going, give me the stuff to make this muscle, to heal this muscle. And they give it the best possible fuel. So the muscles grow strong and fast and bigger. Yeah. yeah. So like imagine uh, the example was if you're a cat, so you're what, 70% water maybe. And... All the cells in your body, if you were only fed cat food from when you were a kitten, are basically made up of cat food. Like essentially, mm. your all your cells originally went into your system as cat food and then got metabolized and, you know, reconstituted into growth cells that come from cat food. So if you were to ah, eat a cat, yeah. it taste like cat food. If you were to eat a bear, because the country's eating berries and fish the whole time, and you know, you'd be like, oh yeah, I taste the fish and berries. It's like, it's like marinating the meat in the meat. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like swirling a wine yeah. glass. So you can a imagine a big hint of blueberries. Yeah, yeah. With, uh, a but I touch of salmon. Yeah. Like mentioning wine there, I also wonder because, like, say somebody in Papua New Guinea who's like, you know, their culinary experience is quite limited. Yeah. To whatever they can catch or grow. Yeah, it'd be like some berries and some some bits of meat and Apparently, stuff like that. Yeah, and like like yams or sweet potatoes and caught whatever yeah. and then fruit there's yeah and there's like local probably sweet meat i'd say and and um locally grown uh i can't remember the name of the thing that they eat all the time but um but like can you imagine if they have no like you know they've none of the things that we can buy in the shops no yeah. processed food no processed food at all their meat is probably delicious so even but, yeah, like, so but that's what i was going to say like even Human meat is probably nicer, probably tastes better than it would if it was full of processed crap. Like if I ate Johnny. Yeah, it tastes like spaghetti bolognese and pizza. And vaping, maybe. <laughs> vaping, maybe. And Some beer. Beer and you know, whiskey. Beer battered that daily. sounds kind of nice though. Now yeah. that you... <laughs> you know, but like, it, like, theoretically, your flesh would have a very different flavor. Yeah, yeah. It's a very different flavor to mine. I eat some fried foods. Well, mine would probably taste a lot like bacon. 
if if anything of the smell of my piss goes, like it definitely would taste like bacon. I probably actually just taste like caffeine. Yeah, you like think? most of my diet is just coffee with every meal. Like so. quite sour, quite sour. But like I do, I do well. For, like if you're to make me into like a pork belly or something like that, it'd be just be real nice. Like, but even the fact that they're consuming people who haven't eaten anything processed or have never vaped or have never had beer. Yeah. And also they have never had those things. That's probably a much p- more pure taste. Yeah. And consumption process than we would have in the Western world. I yeah, think. I would imagine so. Yeah, it seems like um, if you're not used to that kind of stuff, like eating somebody now, imagine if you ate like an alcoholic, mm. it would taste like, you know, someone was like pickled or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like my dad always says, because he's a farmer and like a lot of the meat that he eats is farmed fork. Tastes so different. T- so different. Oh, yeah, yeah. The and lamb like, chops that your dad gives to us from the lamb's that like were in a field uh, they were in a field <laughs> and they were all like oh sunshine and their tails are going like sunshine <laughs> lollipops and they're ridiculously happy lambs and then he comes along and just like okay <laughs> no and I, and I like, you cut it, as a teenager laughs. you know as a, <laughs> but as a teenager you know when you think like I can't believe you're going to kill magalagalagalagala which is actually the name of one of our former pet lambs that's what Aww. we called him because that's the noise he made he was so cute he manipulated he manipulated me my sister and my brother to all feed him like so we all thought we were the only ones feeding him he was massive because he'd just go he'd hear somebody and he'd start running and you'd hear him thundering down because he was so fat uh, thundering down the the cobblestone (laughs) driveway and uh, we'd all be like, oh, he's hungry. But little yeah. did we know he had just been fed. <laughs> and he ended up on your plate. And he ended up on this, the Sunday dinner table. And I thought, there is no way. And then I smelt it and I was like, oh, I'm in. <laughs> Sorry, vegan. Just how, quick, <laughs> how quickly it. Yeah. Like, oh, all of my great, you know, um, ideas were gone out the door. Like, and it tasted amazing. Yeah. Like, because you were and friends you, with it, it probably t- tasted better. Because you, t- you were like, oh, I'm going to savor this because I don't want to fucking... You didn't die in vain. I want your life to mean something. Did you taste what you had fed him off his meat? No, I just tasted the most wonderful lamb. But I had a point. And my point was this. Dad would say, like, if we went to a restaurant that was like subpar or didn't buy their meat ethically, he'd be like, I don't know what I'm eating. Like, put a blindfold on me. I have no idea. Oh, what really? Kind of meat it is. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it could be could chicken, be, it could be turkey, it could yeah. be pork, it could be beef. I have no idea. And that's not him exaggerating. Like, he genuinely... Like, he's so spoiled with with good meat products. Yeah. Flavored I believe meat. it. Like, yeah. yeah. With organic, I suppose. Especially Irish meat as well has yeah. a lot of standards and farmer practices here in Ireland means that, like, when you're getting, when you're ordering beef mince, it's actually all beef. It's not like a little bit of horse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, most of the time. Yeah, mom has a quote in our family, which is, if I was blindfolded, I would know how it was. Yeah. You know. And that that happens. I mean, that happens sometimes. I've been in other countries and ordered something, like ordered chicken. I mean, like, that that doesn't taste like chicken. That tastes like the vegetarian chicken you get. Like, you know, the Linda McCarthy sausages (laughs) or something. What's the joke? Like, you know, there's like a trope about Chinese restaurants in America. It's like, oh, you never see, you never see any cats around around the back of that place. (laughs) Because they just take the cat and they just, cut it up and season it loads and just serve it out and you're like yeah well there you go like that's I don't know where that came from if that's a true thing but, but it is a thing say, people like say if like, you're eating if you're eating like a 
dry, hot, and spicy. Or um, could you say it? You could know, you say it definitively? You take oh, the dark meat out of the cat, or, and the way you go. Like, or if you're eating the chef special, and it's a bit of pork, and a bit of chicken, and a bit of prawn, and a bit of beef, you'd be like, easily there could have been other stuff yeah, thrown in there. And you're mostly drunk when you're in Chinese <laughs> restaurants. Just standing up. I eating. don't like Chinese food. Yeah, because it's mostly cat or whatever. Well, no, it's mostly MSG. Yeah. But I just think that it's like, you know, you have to think the about Chinese it. food in Ireland. Yeah. Disclaimer. You have to think about it that way. Like, um, is them them eating their uh, relatives after they die for nourishment? No, it's for ritual. Mm. Yeah. But the energy that you would get, like if you're eating a really nice, fresh piece of, of meat or like elk, like Tom said, he was, uh, there's this company, uh, Irish Wild Game, they're called, and they have, uh, you know, boxes of meat and you can buy it. And it's like proper shot, you know, deer and, and, you know, these kind of animals. And they bring them to these lads and them lads butcher them up and they sell them and you can buy them in supermarkets. And, it's yeah. the, you know, you can get, uh, um, uh, what, what's the meat from a deer? Veal? Veal, no. Yeah. Venison. No. Venison, that's it. Veal is baby cows. Baby cow, yeah. Uh, venison. So you can get venison. Calf, like, we call them calves. Baby cows. <laughs> calves are for the back of your legs. Um, you, get, you can get venison and it's fucking delicious and you eat it and it's not like, rum, 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 rum. it's like Red Bull for your fucking guts. I've had venison. I find it a bit tough. But I'm saying the energies that it's giving you is what I'm saying. They're eating their relatives and they're saying, we, oh, we imbibe the, the, you know, she was always a very vivacious woman and when I ate I her leg. I think that is psychosomatic. It could be, but this is what these people are saying, these mm. anthropologists studying these kind but of like, tribes. What I would want to know is, no more than me eating my, you know, chef special back in the day before I realised I don't like MSG-laden Chinese food. If I hadn't, like, how would I know? Do you know what I mean? So if they had eaten Auntie Mary and they thought it was locally sourced yeah. animal, <laughs> would they be feeling as vibey? Do you know? Would they be like, oh, Auntie Mary. I know I, you're here. I don't know. I feel I feel a lot more energy when I eat magalagalagalagala when your dad drops over seven or eight, you know, lamb chops and I eat uh, that and I'm stop like... Stop exaggerating. My family would get it on to me. Six. Okay, six. <laughs> Maximum. So like... Okay, if, Ronald, Olivia James, Ferrell, Niall, Oliver and Kathian. If, if, <laughs> if we eat them, I'm like, Jesus, that, that was fucking... Come on, let's go do something. Like, it's like, it's good meat and you get a bit of energy out of it. I can see how they would imagine eating your family in a ritual would be like, I feel the buzz now. Like people eating people's brains. You talk about Hannibal and shit like that, mm. where people would eat brains and go like, I want to have the thoughts and memories and knowledge of this person. And that's why they'd fucking scoop their brains out. Like salmon and knowledge. Yeah. But they're scooping people's brains out because they thought if I eat his brains, I know what he knows. Do you believe that? No. No. But I believe that they get energy from it because the proteins and all of that stuff goes into your body and you get fucking crazy calorific yeah. energy. <laughs> They've yeah. got Kuru. And yeah, didn't just... they say like a body is like 8,000 calories? 81,500 calories for a whole body. Sure, even just the energy from that. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, Yeah, yeah. Like if you only had a little piece, you'd be having like like a day's worth of food. Yeah, that's what I mean. So if pe- people are eating these people and going, oh my God, like it's a, a massive source of, of energy. Mm-hmm. And uh, these tribes, they would... Um, Eat their, like, they'd, they'd, you know, have a a ritual and they'd uh, marinate the body maybe for a couple of days under some reeds and uh, bring them back in. Sometimes put them in the fire, burn them up and then make the ash into, uh, like, a drink. Do you think, do you think? (laughs) You can't for the Irish, sir. Do you think that they, um, like, tenderize the meat? Oh. Well, I was wondering, do you think they had, like. What did they die from? Do you think they had, like, in in these. 
Yeah. With the with the hammer eel. Do you think they had like a head chef in these trials? Like somebody <sighs> who was very good at like who just knew what yeah. to do with the body. Like just how much garlic. Yeah, yeah. Man versus food or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't overpowering. I'm sure there's an Anthony Bourdain episode of him going out I liked Johnny, there. but I don't know. Too much garlic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not enough vapes. <laughs> beer beer batter daily. Well, Herodotus, the Greek historian, mentions funeral cannibalism uh, among the uh, Kalitiae, who were a tribe in India, and another Indian tribe called the Agori. I think, Claire, we watched a little thing about the mm. Agori, those lads are from northern India and they're a tribe who want to do impure things like drink piss and eat shit and eat uh, human meat. Um, the whole caste system in India has set a, a precedent where the people who work at the bottom, like the untouchables who clean the sewers and do all that kind of uh, dirty work, uh, are very much separated from the upper classes like the Brahmin who are the priests and the, the high elders and stuff. And this Agori tribe want to kind of break that and go look at we don't have to be super pure and not sully our bodies to get into heaven. We can eat, eat shit and drink our piss and fucking... Why would you want to go? <laughs> yeah, because they want to do it to the extreme of whatever the human body can do to prove a point to yeah. their caste society that is totally socially uh, like truncated. Like It's totally inverted where the people at the top think I have to be pure and not touch anything or not do any bad work, not do anything, basically, that would impurify me so that I don't go to heaven. So all the priests never touch a, a thing and all the people on the bottom have to work really hard and then they never get into heaven. So it's like a fucked up thing. So these guys are doing a protest against that going, well, I'm going to heaven because I'm a holy man and I just had a Ferrero Rocher size nugget of my own shite. <laughs> just like, oh, look, <laughs> roll it nuts and hump. So these guys are eating each other. They're eating... Uh, somebody dies there's a video online and you watch it and your man's like <laughs> pulling pulling bits of meat off a jawbone and you can still see the teeth and all in it and there's still oh, food wow. stuck in the teeth of the jawbone oh, that this lad is eating oh my God. it's rough man but it's like you know these lads do it they also like burn the bodies and they get uh the the ashes and then like they cover their face with ash and that, they yeah. fucking snort they make like milkshakes make milkshakes they they grind up gallstones and they snort at like lines of cocaine and they're fucking bananas. Yet somehow that seems better than eating your own shit. I don't get the eating the shit thing I mean, and drinking the pee thing. That's a real like eating your hand to spite your face kind of. Eating your shit to spite your face. <laughs> yeah. I just don't get that. I, I mean, it's just to prove a point. I don't get how, what well, look, it. Johnny Knoxville is a fucking millionaire because of it. Yeah. Do you know, that kind of carry on. So, uh, yeah, the Agora used to do uh, uh, totally impure stuff. And uh, Herodotus even wrote about them way back then. There's other South American tribes like the uh, Mayoruna who were cannibals and the famed head shrinkers. So they were the same kind of cannibals as the lads in Papua New Guinea who used to eat their uh, relatives after they died. Or the head shrinkers, you know, these head hunters. WWF tag team from the 80s, I believe. <laughs> these head shrinker guys. Do you know what that, do you know what that shit is? As far it, as I read, it's not like a punishment or it's not like voodoo or it's not like magic. It's them preserving the memory of their dead relatives yeah, yeah so they'd go in and they'd take the skull out of the head and then they'd pickle the head until it went down so they'd have like a little face and they'd hang it up by the hair and they'd eat yeah. the rest of the body but keep the head and go like oh yeah i remember fucking like uncle as a hearing Manto. huh like as a hearing or yeah something. kind of like a, a house ornament like would you believe yeah, my dog? Hard, like over the doorway and stuff yeah to keep them to keep them safe 
So it's not like a voodoo the thing. The holy water. Yeah. The thing that we the thing that we have been brought up on is that the head shrinkers or the head hunters they'll cut off your head and, and you know they'll punish your body and they'll keep your and you know you don't want to go there to the to the wild man of Borneo because he'll fucking steal your head and you'll never have peace. Yeah, yeah. But it's not that. It's like they only do it for their own people. It's mad. They, to they think wouldn't that, give right? an en- and when you think about it, it's like well, of course, because they wouldn't give an enemy that much attention. No, the amount no. of effort that goes into something exactly. like that. Not at all. So the pick of the heads. It's like making a mummy or something. Uh, exactly, a, it's a head mummy. Yeah. And then the uh, the Amahuaca Indians of Peru and the Yano Mamo from uh, the Amazon uh, near Venezuela on the border of Venezuela and Peru. Uh, these are the lads who who take the bodies back in. They leave it out in the, out in the jungle for a day or two, say a few prayers, and they're all like, Uncle, you know, Uncle John, Auntie Mary, they, they died. And they bring them in, and they eat some of them, little bits, and then whatever's left, they burn it for ages and ages and ages. And then they take all the bones, and they smash up all the bone fragments into a massive powder, and they gather all the stuff up, and then they put it into a, a, a drink. A protein check. Yeah, it's like a gruel, uh, like a like a kind of a um, a bone soup yeah, and it turns into like a gloopy mess and then they drink all that stuff and they're like oh yeah I have the power of Uncle John it's inside like fight me. milk yeah fight milk <laughs> you know I, I'm able to do uh, I'm able to build a bamboo house now because I, I drank Uncle John I, I, will, I think that's absolutely a placebo effect and if they were drinking owl shite from the road they wouldn't know the difference I think we should do like a you know a Pepsi Max challenge or something on them just be like <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were We're here in the darkest jungles of Africa doing the bone milkshake challenge. Now, Mungonto, you're going to drink glass A. (laughs) That tastes like my Uncle John. It's not your Uncle John. It's new recipe fight milk. And then he has to fucking hold his head in shame for the rest of the time. And they win those big massive plastic tank drums of protein powder. Yeah, that's all it is. It's just a fucking big scam. It's just a big scam. They're not there. Like, why Isn't would that they? What little Miss Spider had. L- little Miss Muffet. Little Miss Muffet. She had curds and whey, yeah. Yeah. So it was just like po- porridge because they hadn't separated. Oh. But the whole thing is they're eating their relatives to get the power, but also so they don't leave them out in the forest. Like it's noble in its weird way, right? It's like something well, like I can understand why you're not supposed to open up an umbrella in a house. Yeah. And it's not because it's bad luck. Yeah, it's, it's cause because you get water you'll, everywhere. You'll get water everywhere or you'll take somebody's eye out. Yeah. So like, I get why they were doing it and I get why they made it so that it was a religious thing. Or, yeah. Or a faith. There's loads of them though, isn't there? You're thing? not supposed to put your shoes on the table. It's bad luck. Also, there might be shit on your shoes. Especially dog and, shit. And then you'll eat the shit and get yeah. like Toxocara. Or uh, my my mom's favorite one was like, it's bad luck to whistle inside because I used to just go around whistling as a kid. It's probably not bad luck. It was just probably really annoying. <laughs> yeah like yeah it's annoying yeah I thought you were going to come out with some really interesting reason <laughs> no, why that was bad just still researching <laughs> yeah <laughs> like why 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 do those things come up like how many more can the audience come up with try and get info at thoseconspiracyguys.com or hit me up on Facebook with all of your old uh, in Ireland superstitions well that, in the west of Ireland they're called pishrogs pishrogs you're not supposed to walk under a ladder because it's bad luck Probably because the ladder at the top of the ladder might drop the bucket of whatever he's or painted the, on. People are notorious for not securing their ladders before they get up on them, so the yeah. ladder could fall on you, yeah. as well mm. as the bucket and the man. Yeah, the whole lot. Um, Hashtag fish rugs. There's, there's, or you might yeah. just give the guy on the ladder a fright, and he might <laughs> yeah. fall <laughs> off. P-I-S-H-R-O-G. I think, yeah. Let's make a hashtag and try and get as many fish rugs together as we can. Mm. Um, your father loved that. He would. Yeah, big time. 
So that's that's a <laughs> that's a mission now for TCG audience. Try and find as many of those as you can. Uh, so yeah, the lads, the uh, Yanomamo would cremate the body, and uh, they thought that if somebody died in their tribe, that it couldn't be from natural causes because they were all immortals. Oh. Well, it makes sense when you think about it. But you're only immortal until you die. And the only reason you would die is from a curse from a a neighboring tribe. So in order to banish the curse from that body and from the tribe, they would, you know, eat the body and cremate the the bones and then take the powder and drink the powder. And this was the only way to make the soul of the dead person at peace Mm. and to take revenge on the other tribe. Now, what they do then is mixing a little bit of, you know, a bit of alcohol or a bit of fucking, you know, mad jungle leaves that give you a bit of fucking get up and go and a bit of zizaz. And they'd go and do a revenge attack on the other tribe. So if anyone in their tribe died for whatever reason, they'd even drink if their bone. Like malaria or something. They'd like drink even their if they bones see and where the guy's just walking and he trips and falls over and dies. Possibly not then. Head injury. <laughs> How dare you? But but it was like because they believed that the other the other tribe had put a curse on that guy. Yeah. So they're like, go to fight the Yamamamis. Wow. Um yeah, so they uh the Wari tribe from Brazil roast their dead whole. They cut them from <laughs> from from cock to throat and empty them all out and then put them in the put them in the fire to roast. Uh, and they'd eat the entire thing. And if anybody in the village didn't have a little bit of Uncle John, uh, it would be the height of disrespect to the family. Mm-hmm. So everyone in the village had to have a little bit of them. Talk about finger food. <laughs> but and would there be a punishment for it, or would it just no, be, just be like you'd just hang your head scolded. in shame? Yeah, yeah. Like, like it'll be going around village, like, did you hear Johnny didn't have yeah. It's like if you don't tip here. Mm. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Or if you don't say thanks to the bus driver when you get off the bus. So like, people would silently judge you, and you're all like... How dare you just pay for this public transport service <laughs> and get on and then get off when you need to. Uh, most of the tribes that practice endo-cannibalism don't see it as unnatural. They see it as the evil shame and, like I said, sending an evil spirit to kill somebody. And uh, eating a person absolves the soul of the dead person uh, because it's absorbed back into a part of the soul of the person that eats them. And uh, it resolves this issue uh, rather than, you know, leaving the body out to decompose and some animals might eat it and stuff. They don't dig graves in the jungle or in any of these uh, places where they still practice uh, ritualistic cannibalism. Uh, they, you know, you'd end up with a load of fucking cockroaches or something. Some rotten smells. Now, exo-cannibalism is the consumption of someone from an, from an outside source, from outside the tribe. And it's usually done, it's much rarer than endo-cannibalism, but it's usually done as an intimidation technique. So practices like exo-cannibalism uh, have come from tribes like the Aztecs in Mexico and the Carib and uh, Tupin Amba from South America. And it's often used in uh, types of guerrilla warfare where they'd kidnap one of the children of the opposing tribe and uh, cook and eat them and then uh, put the bones on their shields and on their armor when they go to fight them the next time. It's like, this is your son. This is your son. I'm going to bait you with the leg bone of your own son. Like, it's psychological intimidation. It's pretty, uh, yeah. Fucking it's up there in, in terms of psyching out. It's intense, yeah. man. Yeah. Also could have the reverse effect too. Like where you could really bring on the the, the brunt of the other force where like, this guy's taunting me with the bones of my child. I've got nothing yeah, to lose I mean, now. That's the mm. thing. That's real Game of Thrones type of shit. Like. Yeah. They were, th- th- these lads were mad about the death though. They were, like their, their whole culture is based around death. Yeah, like the yeah. gods of death and all are all around them all the time. 
Did you ever hear the Aztec screaming whistle? No, I don't believe so. Okay, we're going to take like a small break on the live stream because I have to let the lads listen and then we wait till you see this. So they used to have like 200 of these and they'd blow them on their way into battle with oh, their okay. their enemy's son's bones attached to their fucking right. shields. whistle made out of their bones, is it? Sometimes, sometimes. Uh, but this is made, th- these are made specifically to sound like this. Wait till you hear it. You ready for this shit? Yeah. Oh, shit. Can you imagine 400 of them going over the fucking hill? It sounds like in Skyrim when you go down to the... Oh, wow. And there's madder ones. It sounds like screaming. Yeah, that... That sounds like hell. That sounds... Yeah. I think there's a reason why oh. you're not supposed to do that. Oh. It sounds like like that sounds like a Clive Barker movie when they go to hell and you hear the screaming. The other one sounds like in in Skyrim when you go down to fight the whites. Yeah. And wh- when you when you kill them and they just scream as they vanish. But that was like a, like fucking torture. That's scream, terrifying. Right? So yeah, I'm gonna put a clip in of the Aztec uh, death whistle or the the screaming whistle. It's it. We just listened to it. It's creepy, right? It's the most terrifying thing I've ever heard. <laughs> It sounds like uh, what I've always imagined, like, you know, when you see all this, like you see images of what people think hell looks like. Yeah. And there's all these people like, it's like the sound of that. It's fucked. So these guys are mad about that stuff. They're mad about death. So like to steal somebody from another tribe and eat them out of spite. Come back to their family with that playing yeah and you're holding like the yeah. skeletal remains of it's pretty children. intimidating pretty intimidating that's yeah now not to judge the people that are there now but i've seen some live leak shit i'm you know i'm on i'm online and there's a lot of um indiscriminate killing in countries like that but not just like oh yeah some guy just shot by the cops or you know some drug dealers shot each other this is like gang warfare and some lad from a gang gets nabbed they put a bag over his head and they bring him over i watched one recently uh it's called funky town is the name of it and in the background it's like you're gonna make you funky town it's the song playing in the whole background and the video is a guy who has already as the video started got his hands chopped off his whole face is removed and his eyes have been plucked out and then they're using a fucking box cutter to do tiny little slices on his neck to cut his head off and he's screaming the whole time and at one point you think he's dead and then he reaches out and he goes hang and all he sees is his teeth and up until then you don't realise he's not he doesn't have any skin or flesh on his face <laughs> and he grabs the knife that your man is cutting his his neck with and they all all the lads that are doing that to him are laughing and then they have to stand on his chest and pull it out of his mouth and then the other lad comes along and gets a stick and puts it in his mouth so he can't do it again and then you're just like <laughs> cutting his head off and i'm like this is fucking fucked and it's a mexican gang that are doing this thing and somebody videoed it to the sounds of and you gave me to funky town can you imagine getting that happening to you to that song so they all they still have somewhere in that area this massive fascination with very graphic gruesome death yeah. and i think it's from that ancestral aztec and death fascination you know and Gordo, but do they go on like, to eat them no. Well, I mean, who knows? Maybe they take a bite out of their heart but, like an apple. But it's an intimidation technique to the other tribe, to the other gang where they're going, yeah. 
don't fuck with me I say and it's very violent and it's very graphic and based around that so I mean maybe someone from Mexico or somebody in in that uh, uh, I guess cultural uh, landscape will be able to inform me a bit better most of the time you see those things it's either from like Brazil or it's from Mexico and I know it's because of like poverty and <laughs> most crime most of the times I don't see them because I'm not a lunatic yeah but I just watch them sometimes for the crack just yeah. to, just to oh. know what's going well, on want, like, Claire you, you should sorry. get like parental controls no, on seriously. your <laughs> yeah Sorry. Gordo is watching YouTube. <laughs> Shut it down. Well, I think that uh, it's really like um, morbid fascination with that. And where would you get those kind of like ritualistic killings? Like why would a gang of lads go, if I do this to him and film it and send it to the other lads? Like that's basically like I'm stealing someone from your tribe, killing them and eating them and, and putting their bones on live leak and then blowing it, blowing the death whistle. Like, like it's using, the same behavior. Using modern technology is really like going like we are currently doing this. Yeah. They're live Videoing streaming it, doing yeah. it. So if the Aztecs could have done it like. But that's not cannibalism. No, but it's the reason that exocannibalism exists. It's to intimidate. Like it was the forbidden thing that you're supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, like, like I've seen a lot of cases in Papua New Guinea where it was like one tribe, you know, like say sometimes it was it seemed to be purely coincidental like. Johnny could come over to visit Gordo. And then that night, Gordo has a heart attack and dies. God forbid. And uh, they are like, okay, Johnny killed Gordo. He's a magic man. Yeah. So now we have to kill Johnny. Yeah. So it's like the witch trials. I wasn't here any of the nights Gordo was alive. The night I'm here, he dies. It must have been me. So then they go after you, they kidnap you, and they kill you, and then they eat you. And then they're like, take that, Johnny's tribe. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the same thing that's going on with this gang warfare, except they're doing it on the internet and streaming it on. And not eating them. Something and not, not just not eating them, which is the, like the last taboo. But what they're doing is fucking torturing them but, and taking their skin off, it, and like, do it, the, which is a taboo in itself. The so only it's, reason they don't really need to go as far as cannibalism is because they've got such a direct route yeah. to yeah. getting the message across. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, this is already fucked up enough. Exactly. We don't need to. Yeah. Because in Papua New Guinea, you got to the point where, like, say... It wouldn't be the same thing if there was like a lad sketching somebody eating somebody else's heart on like no. the back of a piece of slate <laughs> no, and posting no, it to them. Well, there was no sketching even because they had no slate, but it got to the point where if somebody was coming like to another village just to visit friend, like in a friendly way mm. from about a mile outside the village, they had to start making noises to say like, it's just me. Don't kill me. So they ha- yeah, they'd have a sound for yeah, so they'd be like, a friend Arr! coming, Arr! Like, like a screaming for whistle. a mile, and then and then when, nice when they got into the village, then they'd be greeted by dancing and music to show that like we're like we knew it was you, we know your sound, right. we know we're not going to kill each other. That yeah. sounds kind of nice. Hmm. I'd like to every time I enter a village. It's nice to dance until for you me. realize why it's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if not, we like this lads coming over here. To steal somebody to eat them. Yeah, like if not, they're like, I fancy some Johnny's Jew. Do you? <laughs> Laying Johnny's Jew. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's it's mad. Cannibalism was uh, practiced in this Wari tribe and uh, who were in uh, South America, and it was also practiced in the Lendu tribes in Africa, the Batak and Dayak in Asia, Wari in South America, and even the lads in Fiji and the Maori in New Zealand. Get out. Even practice. You're rotter, get out. Yeah. So it's this intimidation, this intimidation carry on. Um, it, it was for guerrilla warfare. So, I mean, they wanted to instill that predator prey kind of thing in the other, in the other side. And, and 
I don't think the eating of it was for nourishment. I think just think it's like, you know, when you look at um the 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 warlords of Liberia during the nineties, yeah, yeah. like those lads were just getting somebody and cutting out their heart and taking the bite out of it. They weren't eating the whole heart or anything. It was just like to go like I just, I just took a bite out of his heart. Like it was. They weren't getting the, fucking, the the nutrition. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a whole thing. It was just like. An intimidation thing to see the blood on like your that, mouth that and all. Scene yeah. from um, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where he puts the heart in the doggy bag. <laughs> I saw her sitting in and the rain. And then he rain. goes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the most recent examples of exo cannibalism were for, from a tribe called the Mianmin in Papua New Guinea. Uh, they used to hunt and eat the lesser tribe of Atbalmans, who lived just outside of their uh, their village confines. So the Atbalmans were like a caste system uh, and a lower class of the Myanmans. And uh, the Atbalmans, when, when the anthropologists went in to interview all the Myanmans, they said like, oh yeah, them lads, lads live outside and they don't really have houses. Right? Like they're kind of thick and uh, they don't take part in any of the village stuff. They're just like living on the outside. And we just couldn't hunt them for the crack at the weekends or whatever. They were considered good meat by the Myanmans and were hunted and eaten often. And uh, during World War II, Chinese military would eat the flesh of their enemies. It was an intimidation practice. They get these lads into the prisons and uh, they'd uh, bait the shit out of them and eat them in front of other prisoners. Uh, but at that stage, in like in the forties, it was illegalized everywhere. Um, there was yeah, still- I think it was slow to catch on, as in the 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 fact that it wasn't allowed. Like it seemed yeah. like in some parts of Papua New Guinea, like it was up until the seventies and eighties, basically until they were until able today. to film it. Yeah. And now they're very suspicious. Like I watched a, um, a Nat Geo documentary and it was like, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, no, no, we haven't done that for years and years and years. And then, your man, and then your man was like, but have you ever eaten human meat? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Yeah, when I was a young lad. Yeah. But, but, still but that- like since we've had Christianity, God, no, we're not allowed to do that anymore. Yeah. But we do. Yeah, we you totally know? do. Like it was a really like. No, only on special occasions. Body of Christ, jeez, about or time. There's still that thing where they'll be interviewing one tribe and like, oh no, we haven't practiced that in, in decades. Yeah. But that tribe over across the river, they still do. And yeah. then they go over to them and like, oh no, we wouldn't be doing that. But that, those guys yeah. over there, it's like, well, somebody's doing it. Yeah. yeah. Or everybody's doing it. Or everybody's doing it. Yeah. it. It's usually the way. Um, exocannibalism is also used by psychopathic murderers and people with a terrorist agenda. Uh, it's like Dahmer and stuff like that. But in 1934, get this one, 2,000 white Americans from the South captured a man by the name of Claude Neal, N-E-A-L, and uh, intended to publicly sacrifice him. They caught him in Jackson County, Florida. Uh, They cut off his dick and balls and made Claude eat his own dick and balls. And then other parts of him were cut off for consumption and were pulled off the bones raw and eaten by the baying crowd. And then what was left of him was skinned and he was still alive without his arms and legs. Skinned him, took all his skin off, down to the skull, all his body skin, and then they hung him up and then they burned his body. Guess what colour Claude was? Oh, I assume he was white, of course. What mm. colour could he be? Yeah. I believe they also took part of him for trophies. Yeah. They took his ears, took his teeth, took his fingers and kept them. Not cool, now, man. what did... What did he do to make them that anger? I think he was just born, born the wrong color. Yeah. They were clan, essentially, just they were clan members. Really? 2,000 yeah. 2, white supremacists. So he did nothing, and they were just like, you're the color yeah. that we don't like. Yeah. 
Oh, God. And this is around about the time in our KKK episode, we talked about the second wave of KKK after the uh, Birth of a Nation movie came out in the late 20s. And there was a, a kind of a resurgence mm. up until uh, the war times when it kind of faded away and then came back again in the 50s, late 50s and 60s. So around about this time was the time that all of those statues were being put up that you saw famously being torn down uh, last yeah. year or the summer before yeah. last, like Charlottesville and all that stuff. So these are these guys. They're pretty extreme and they didn't give any fucks. And well, in fairness, slavery was gone, knew, but there was like, still a, a uh, member of your family had had been treated like that. And then one of the people who had who had done that had a statue of them erected. Yeah, you get it. Yeah. Yeah. Not even somebody your family, but somebody who just looked like you. And the reason that they did it was just because the way they looked wasn't yeah. for any reason. Like then you would <laughs> wonder why that stuff isn't being put up on the news yeah. If CNN are talking about fake news, why not tell the very true story of Claude Neal? Yeah. yeah. Instead of going, oh, yeah, these bronze just, statues it, and blah, blah, blah. When things get too extreme, people are like, well, we just we can't talk about it. Yeah, why? that's, that's I, the problem. I don't understand it. Yeah, it's like, well, that's the problem. you would think it would actually help well, of to course. make the point. But. Of course. So uh, we've also done uh, shows on like the likes of Albert Fish, who was a cannibal. We did one on Chikatilo, the Russian cannibal who used to eat the Pull the tits off of his victims, bite the nipples off him and chew him like Wrigley's. So he said, like, yeah, I like that. There was one such who escaped from a mental institution and hasn't been found. Gooey. Really? Yeah. Jesus. I'll, I don't know I'll his name. find his name in the break. Yeah. <laughs> the way you said that was like, Jesus, I, I don't know his name. Yeah. <laughs> no, I never, never heard of this yeah, before. Yeah, I came across somebody where I was like, he had escaped from like three different um, mental institutions. I don't know why he wasn't under like serious security sanctions, but obviously he wasn't. Yeah, it sounds like a guy that should be if he keeps you on would, getting. Yeah, yeah, you would think the cannibals would be I'll the ones. I'll get back to you on that. All right, chalk it down. So I was watching this mm. documentary on Netflix about this Russian prison. And they have like four or five cannibals in there. And this is four or five. Four or five. It's yeah. Russia. I mean, that's probably a small number for one prison. But the amount of security kept on them, like they don't, even when they're brought out for exercise, mm. they wheel in like mo this mobile sort of, I guess, just mobile cages to that attaches to their main cell. So it's just so as they can walk outside, they're still in this other cell. Oh, like right. a game of snake that they're just walking around. Ah, I get you, yeah. I kind of get that. Like a movable box. Essentially, they have no... I don't think I want to be... They never have any contact with humans. They go for food. They're allowed into the canteen, but they, they're given their own cage corridor that's wheeled out for them. Well, definitely. You don't... I mean, whatever about walking out in the yard, but if there's a lad coming in for dinner, he's probably hungry anyway. <laughs> you don't want him next time you want to take no. a fucking lump of your arm. But if easier. you're a prison guard and there's five cannibals, like, you're not going to be like, oh, hi, how, how's your day going? Yeah. Yeah. Like, but you would think the easier solution would just be bring the food to them. But I don't know. Maybe it's more humane to let them... I think it's more... Yeah, it's more humane. They yeah. want to... They're, they're allowing them freedom, kind of, mm. but not having yeah. them interact with any other it's humans. It's humane, but it's not justice or whatever. But it's also being I, humane to everybody else. Yeah. The fuck. I can, yeah. See, can you imagine those Russian cannibals, like just five of them sitting at a table segregated from everyone else with like some fucking chocolate pudding and mashed potatoes and apple pie <laughs> on, in their tray and they're just pushing their potatoes around their plate, like looking at the 150 lads in the, ca in the canteen going, Oh, Dimitri, what I wouldn't give. 
just bite that guy's ass right now. Like, it must be so annoying if they're, yeah, and you, you know, in the prison. Yeah. And you wonder what it's like but when they, they get together. But do they crave human meat like that? Like, I've heard it's the sweetest meat. As soon as you have it, you want more. I, that's what I've heard. From whom? Charlie, Charlie Day. But I think it... <laughs> but I think it, it, Yeah, Charlie Kelly. Is it like any other form of like taboo mixed with mental illness that once they act on it they just want more i'm sure it's like when we talked about in the golden state killer episode Johnny, yeah that lad he got away with doing some something mad tit lit and and it was a crazy you know escapade broke into people's houses yeah, tied he them up, up to it. but it was building up and building up and building up and ended up getting so ostentatious that so he had to move to another town. He got a different name. Yeah. So like if you're doing, if you're doing eating people and Once shit. Once he crossed the line. Yeah. He, he's dead. Yeah. And you would try and. Cross it. Yeah. Uh, similar to a drug. Like you take the drug for the first time and it's like woof. And then you're trying to look for that again. And you build up a tolerance and you need more and more. And you know, eventually you end up doing something crazy. Mm. Do you know? <sighs> but there is cannibalism, not just in humans, but also in the animal kingdom. And it's not that rare in the animal kingdom either, to be fair. Uh, it's sometimes a necessary source of nutrition. Uh, in a time of little nourishment for an animal that might be like, she's fucking starving. One of the kids, call one of the kids over here. Um, hippopotamuses resort to cannibalism for their dead and dying friends uh, in Kruger National Park in South Africa, which has one of the most amazing videos I've ever seen. Do you ever see Kruger National Park? It's no. just the Battle of... Battle of Kruger. Yeah. Yeah, so there's like a, a whole amazing. bunch of lions, a whole bunch of buffalo and a whole bunch of crocodiles. And they're all, really? they're all fighting over this one like baby buffalo calf. And it's pretty fucking. It's incredible. Slick. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's like you the Lion King in real life. No, it's it's amazing. So yeah. in, in Kruger, they've been um, observed cannibalizing their own people. Now hippopotamuses are predominantly, uh, you know, vegetarian, yeah. vegan if they can make it, and uh, but they have the largest pounds, uh, largest amount of pounds of pressure in their bite. They have a hundred and fifty degree angle on their chomp and they kill more people than uh great white sharks every year really yeah well, great can, white sharks kill very little people don't they yeah so, but i mean you would think sharks yeah, are really dangerous but hippopotamus perception hippopotamuses yeah. are way more dangerous now is the plural hippopotamuses i think it's hippopotami i think it might be as well and i think that's why people call them hippos because they don't want to get it wrong yeah, oh. well, Liam Neeson has a very special set of skills where he can... Uh, know the plural of... He knows the plural of... Words that end with S. Yeah, it's been in episodes before. I don't know if you've heard them yet. He he knows that the plural of hippopotamus is hippopotami. <laughs> What's the plural of penis? It's a very good Liam or penises. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Are both of them acceptable? It depends on who the penises belong to. <laughs> I have to go now. You Thanks, got, Liam. You got too Belfasty there at the end. <laughs> Who the fuck is this one? <laughs> so yeah, the hippopotamuses, <laughs> hippopotamuses are, are notoriously aggressive as well. You'd think they'd be like, you yeah, know, soft like, and lovely and, oh, hi, I'm a hippopotamus. Save with me in Ulster Bank. The, yeah. the image I have of hippos is them just, see, I don't, I just don't know hippos instead of hippos. You can say hippos. But um, floating around. Just floating around birds. Yeah. Just stand, standing just on their heads. Just half in water, yeah. half out. Doing that thing with their nostrils. Like, no, man. If you get close to them, they'll be like, hum. Fucking bite your arm off. There's loads of people disfigured by hippos every year. They'll eat a human. They'll even eat their own dying people. Why so they, aren't people talking about <laughs> it? We need to stop them. They're fucking dangerous, man, these guys. So mm. like in water as well, they'll be as fast as a boat. 
So if you if you're in the water and they're in the water, right. there's no fucking swimming away from them. I have seen videos of that. Of they can charge how fast. They can actually move. They can run really fast on land, but they only amble and kind of waddle around, like uh, you know, yeah, some look, overweight woman in Walmart they on they a look fucking quite rascal. Cumbersome, yeah, cumbersome because they have shorter legs and they're quite you know rotund. Mm. but they can get up to like 30 kilometers an hour in a run on land and faster in water like it's fucking bananas right mm. so if you have a dead or dying hippopotamus that's kind of floating around the other lads will be like Shh, say nothing I took a bite out of Henry like they just start eating him while he's floating in the water because he'd be like oh, dying so just start eating his ass like it's crazy isn't it yeah hippopotamus is mad they're all about that cannibalism there was the board game warning us all these years yeah. hungry hungry hippos we weren't paying attention those little white balls were parts of other hippos <laughs> <were> bone marrow <laughs> uh mother bears can also eat their offspring out of uh, uh stress or like johnny said earlier on uh to kind of a defense mechanism yeah to make sure that there's not a, a male bear that's going to kill everybody or they'll just eat them if they're afraid that the baby bear might grow up to be gay or something like that they're quite, <laughs> bears are quite bigoted um, yeah, they're very big. Oh, notoriously. Yeah. Mm. Did you never hear of bareback? That's how they don't. That's Even though, know. like, bear is very popular. Bear yeah, is popular in the, sec- yeah. in the, in the yeah, gay community. Yeah, they, they really resent that classification of, oh, of fat, hairy men. And oh, they don't like being associated. Oh. Them and otters. Otters are <laughs> cultural such appropriation fucking, of bears. Such bigots, man. And bareback, as well as the term, they're like, no, I don't want to be associated with what causes AIDS if you're not careful. Like, come on. So they eat their kids in case they turn gay. Uh, the Australian redneck <laughs> spider also eats the male after mating. And strangely enough, the a male... A lot of spiders do stuff. A lot of spiders do, but the yeah. male in the Australian redback does it in a very particular way. Like, y- you know, you know the, uh, the story, the male spider, the female spider is much bigger, more colourful, and the male mm. spider is a little small lad, and he just creeps up and goes like, Pwing! and gives his fucking spider jizz. Imagine and- if a man could jizz like Spider-Man jizzes. Like, like but Spider-Man doesn't jizz. He throws out his web from his hands but imagine if a man did that you haven't seen the videos that i've seen yet, <laughs> i haven't no. but i i have parental controls on my youtube so yeah. I don't. um and i don't know why you're looking on youtube i'll, I'll we, we look at them later so the, the, you know you have these uh spiders that would go up and go like and the they'd man the spider man is inside the woman mm. and then the female spiders go like thanks for that hum and like eat him and the male spider is happy enough to let that happen because he's given the female spider protein so that when, yeah, when she's, when she's pregnant with all the spider babies that uh, they can all bear his genes. And you're talking about like a few dozen, if not up to like a hundred or depending on the size of the, the spider, a couple of hundred spider babies are going to come so out. So all those male spiders are like, it's worth it. Yeah, it's totally worth it. And yeah. the Australian redback thinks it's so worth it that when he's finished jizzing up his missus, he goes around the front of her and he jumps into her mouth he, and there's like he, an acrobatic jump and your one goes hum with her her uh, uh, mandibles hum, and she wow. she chops off his his thorax she chops off his abdomen and uh, sometimes the males survive and they get to scuttle away without an abdomen and their abdomen grows back and they live to inseminate another day and sometimes they die and uh you know, they're the top half so of their they're body. just like really into femdom just love kinda. it they're love it they're little cooks man they're just wow. like jumping <laughs> into the mouth of of the woman going like eat my ass and he she's like hump because i'd heard with the black widow it's kind of the opposite yeah. where she's essentially raped by the male and that's why she eats them yeah, mo- that's mostly what happens in spider them yeah right 
that they're going like, come on, ride me. And then at the last minute, they're all like, no, I said no. But the, the spider's like, we've already started now. So you just go with it. Right. And then afterwards, he's finished and he's like. <sighs> and she's like, you're Thanks. dead. And she's like, you're Literally. dead now. Like, Hum. Yeah. If I'm going to have your baby, you're not going to live to be the father. Proper Wow. Yeah. Hashtag me too of the spider world. And uh, I mean, if you were the Australian Redback, would you jump into the, the willing mouth of your newly impregnated spider bride? Like these <laughs> lads get to go off and do it again, maybe. It's like a, a look at the draw. Maybe they get to go off and do yeah. it again, maybe. It's the look at the draw. They jump in and the woman goes, hum. Imagine if like a spider was going up to a, a woman spider. And uh, <laughs> like as a lion, he was like, five times. Yeah. Survive five times. Five times it's grown back. That's <laughs> the kind of stuff I'm going to be putting into your babies. Yeah. I'm, I'm the Pretty best. good genetics. Yeah, yeah. She'd probably be like, you had me at five. <laughs> Mad for it. Um, crocodiles often eat each other too. But it seems to be out of ignorance more than malice. Uh, you know, the trashing seething water of a of a so frenzied crocodile feed as humans with being able to tell the difference between crocodiles yeah. and alligators it's like yeah. some crazy gangbang after a while though yeah. <laughs> uh they're just biting at stuff and sometimes you know they bite and then they do this roll to kind of separate the the limb from its sinew so they'll bite on a an antelope's head and then go and just start spinning like a washing machine do you ever see those yeah, yeah. it's fucking demented scary right so they're doing that and there's three or four crocodiles going at the one thing. And sometimes if you don't mind your legs, your mate will get a call to your leg and it's like, I got something in my mouth. And then just start twisting. And he's like, ah, Paul, they're taking my leg off. Sorry, Brian. Like, raging. Um, but they eat the arm. They don't like spit it out. <laughs> they're <laughs> they're just like, it. while I'm here. Yeah, they don't spit it out. Might Already well. done the damage. Yeah. Might as well okay. gain from it. Yeah. Don't hit my arm go to ice, Brian. Um, <laughs> sharks are the weirdest this is the weirdest thing the baby shark lives in the womb of the mother shark with a few of his brothers or sisters and as they gestate and grow big enough to eat they start eating each other in the womb so they could start off with five and then one would just be like hum and then the other one would eat the other one hum and then the third one would eat both of them and then he be's the winner and then he comes out victorious and siblingless with a taste for blood, and he has a big, strong load of protein in him, and he's like the biggest and strongest wow. shark to come out. So it starts off with five. Does that happen all the time? All or the just time. Sometimes? All the time. That, that's the process. That's the pro- Apparently, Apparently so. that sometimes happens babies, like twins. Yeah, they, they get resorb- <laughs> resorbed. Like, like Dennis and Dee and all of a sudden, wasn't that? Yeah. <laughs> there was a third. They were meant to be triplets. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a resorbed twin. So the sharks come out and they start eat. Like, so the womb is big enough for five baby sharks, and then they all start eating each other in the womb, and then like the womb becomes big enough for one shark that gestates large enough to eat the but rest. Is and that's that just like, how it happens. Is and that the, because yeah. otherwise wow. the shark would have five real ba- wake babies? Wake babies that wouldn't survive. Like yeah, it's yeah. a better to have, to have its own one. food inside. Because yeah. I'd never heard that before, but I had heard. I didn't either. I saw it on the YouTube video. I had it might heard be that bullshit. They only actually gave birth to one. Yeah. So it kind of lines up with other stuff yeah. I've heard. That's I didn't know madness. until I looked it up in, 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 in with, with, cannibalism is the context i was like that's fucked up man yeah. like it's probably a few species because there's so many species sure. of sharks but it's mad either way Don't know, that's man. crazy yeah it's a it's a <laughs> it's a harsh way to start out man you're already born with like the guilt of eating your three or four brothers and sisters and then you know like i was just born to kill yeah, but- that's why they have such like 
forlorn looking have, eyes. Yeah, they don't seem to have guilt. They seem to have dead eyes. Where, yeah, but the, that's just because they're broken but where inside. where does life mm. begin? Did they, they technically kill? Already maybe they have disassociative identity disorder. Yeah. Because maybe they have all of those personalities of all those sharks and one of them was sound oh. and one of them was a serial killer and one of them was like weird. Yeah. One of them was like an artist. And then so like they're like, so sometimes they're swimming around. They're like, you know, what's great. <laughs> and then two minutes later, they're like, dinner, dinner. Yeah. <laughs> dinner, dinner. I love chia seeds <laughs> and murder. Oh, you had me at chia seeds. Yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah, it's weird, man. Chimps also eat each other. But they only do it in acts of terrorism against warring territory chimps. And not to, like, in any kind of a racist connotation, but very similar kind of actions go on in the tribes of South America, where they will go to kidnap another chimp from another group and pull the chimp apart and eat it as an intimidation tactic uh, and uh, show the bones (laughs) And the skin and the face to the enemy when they're going over to their part of the jungle to go like, fuck off out of here. This is our place. Chimps. Chimps do that shit. Chimpanzees do that shit. That's some murderous monkey bullshit. They also will kill and eat their leader. If the leader of the, what's it, what's a a collection of chimps? It's like a, I don't know. A school of chimps. No, I don't think it's school. Is it like a, a bananaing of chimps? Champion. Is it a champion of chimps? No, I just think that'd be cool if it was. Because of yeah, the alliteration. Well, a troop of chimpanzees is oh. what it is. Yeah, a troop. That sounds so, a bit happy for, for animals that could kill you. Animals are cannibals. So the troop, if the, if the leader of the troop ends up getting ousted, you know, like in Planet like of the Apes. Like the leader that, of a, a Girl Scout group also called? Like a, a yeah, group troop, of Girl Scouts troop leader. called? Troop. So cute sounding. A troop of chimps. Yeah, isn't it? Right. Yeah, no. I think it's a bit misleading. Or they have cute. like a fascination of because I expect them to be marching and shit. Actually. Yeah, like have you? S- well, um, I was watching a few videos of chimps going mad, and and they are very scary. Yeah, yeah, super strong as well. Well, they start doing that. They start doing the war cries and stuff yeah. when and they kill each other. The yeah, and yeah, madness. Yeah, madness. So they uh, they eat their leaders if the leader gets ousted by some kind of internal chimpanzee politics. Hmm. you're out in your arse and uh, hamsters also eat their young like rabbits do um whole and uh, <laughs> if you spend too long around a hungry hamster uh, you'll be likely to lose a, a paw or a tail if you have two hamsters in the cage at the same time and they're the same age and one of them just stops moving for a while the other guy come over and be like hum I've seen that happen yeah really? I've seen yeah. it happen in cages and they My eat their paws had, or eat their tails had hamsters and it was one day I think it was just like out of the shower yeah and I was just like in a room getting changed and I just saw one of the hamsters like attack the other one and eat its tail they do that yeah and if they see them as weak it's like hamster bullies and the more like if you if one hamster attacks the other one and eats his paw the lad with no paws like oh fuck and at any point the other hamster would be like I fucking ate your paw son I'm gonna do it again what what He'll fucking eat your paw and he's like bullying him the whole time and then he might eat another paw off the back or eat a bit of his tail and they just start picking on that guy then and it becomes like a real predatory thing maybe it's from their their natural uh, you know they're from South America so maybe it's like the country's there that mm. you have to defend your territory yeah, or whatever yeah. it's like you're in this fucking box with me this is my box like rats rats will rats always eat each other all which is rats will do a lot of things yeah. 
But yeah. rats, if a rat dies, the other rats will be just like, oh, I'll be terrible yeah. not to. You've heard about that rat ship them. that's been traveling across. No. What <laughs> do you tell? There's so, uh, I wish I had no. I'm notes. fascinated and absolutely terrified by rats. There's a there's a ship. Uh, I think it's from World War Two. I think it was a German ship, and then the Canadians took control of it for a while. Post World War Two, I, I I wish I had the notes on this. For whatever reason, it was too expensive to keep, so they decided to just cut the anchor and just lay it off to sea. This back in the fifties. No way. Yeah. And it's just been roaming around since. How is it not crashed into something? Yeah. It's being piloted by rats. (laughs) There's an article I'll show you after this. The Rat King. About two years ago, it was off the coast of Ireland. And there was a worry it was going to crash. And put all the rats into Ireland. And there's just, for, for like 50 years, there's been rats living on it. Just their own ecosystem based on just each other. Oh my god, what kind of fucking mutant crazy shit is that? They're each other, giving birth, the circle of life. Dude, that's demented. It's it's horrifying. That is demented. Like, what kind of mad disease must they have? We're going to talk later on about prions and what Mm. uh, bad proteins for your brains can do. But what the fuck is that, Johnny? It's an amazing movie, just waiting to be made. Yeah, because I absolutely, like, I'm terrified of rats. <laughs> With the rock a and rat, Vin yeah, Diesel. Yeah. A rat attacked my neck once, I won't And Gilbert Gottfried. And another rat went at my ankle down by the canal in Minnesota when I was going to college. Yeah, yeah. And I actually took flight, I had never seen The Matrix, but people said <laughs> I looked like somebody from The Matrix. Anyway. It was but like I, that ad- when you hear about like the adrenaline when somebody can like yeah. lift a car I off ca- a child. I lifted myself up off the ground so that he wouldn't get at my ankle. Wow. Because I was wearing fabulous Capri pants. <laughs> but. Was this like you jumped then? Yeah. But oh. I was like in midair for oh, you were what levitating. seemed. Yeah. Blow it. Like long moments. And the rat went away and then I, I landed back down on earth. You know when they go for your neck you think that rats are going for your neck? When you like open a box. Yeah, and they one, jump out at one you. One did go for my neck, yeah. Yeah, but you know, they're not actually going for your neck. They're just trying to get away. Yeah, and they look at the space of your torso, so your shoulders are are square, so they know they're not going to get out under your arm, and then your head is this much, and then you have like 20% either side. Oh, that's okay. the same width as your shoulders. So, so when that's you, what they're aiming for. Yeah, if you open a cold bucket, they look up and go, uh, and they can just see the sky, and they're like, I'm going to jump out past the side of your face, so it looks like you're jumping at your face, but really... They're going for the only guaranteed space to get out. They're not really going for your yeah. neck. But that That's rat some quick reflexes. Neck. Yeah, but he'd be jumping on your neck to like get out past your head. I thought he was going to die of Wiles disease or Wheels disease or whatever you call that thing. Wheels disease, disease yeah. is from the piss and then Lyme disease is the... Hmm. Well, anyway, I didn't die. The bad stuff. But I was reading um, Bill Bryson. Yeah. And uh, he kind of gave me like a bit of a fascination slash respect for rats. Because they're ridiculously good at working together for the greater good. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like the thing. The psychology. The, there's like a, there's like a, a, yeah. a hive mind between them. and. So I'm not surprised they're all living on that ship. Yeah. Because they're probably like, Johnny, it's time for you to go. We're all going to eat you. But it's okay because you've got a million grandbabies on the yeah, ship. I'd love to throw a lot of cameras in there and actually do like a. Here we see oh God, the rat I would ship. never watch that. Like a new planet like Earth where it's just um, following the rat amazing. ship around the world. Be better than fucking Big Brother. Yeah. Like, can you imagine that shit? <laughs> this week on the rat ship, like, bananas, man. 
And then you hear about the king rats down the sewers that like have 40 rats connected to them. Because their tails, tails. Their tails yeah. all get stuck together. <gasps> disgusting. But I, I can't, I can't, I can't get the, th- the thought of like the cartoon rats and they all kind of morph together, you know, like in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something. They're able to morph together into a, a human type thing and they're able to like turn the wheel of the ship so they're not crashing. Like I can't see how it doesn't crash into. Have you ever heard of the, an experiment called Universe 25? No. No. It's interesting. It was an experiment they done on overpopulation and they used rats as the basis. I'm not sure the number that, but they essentially built this sort of, built a paradise for rats. Put like. Oh, yeah. I've heard about that. Rat City, yeah. Rat City, yeah, yeah. They put a couple of hundred in and they just treat. There are no captain rats. <laughs> and they just like, <laughs> they had food whenever they wanted it. They were all treated like kings. And then one day they just like took it away just to see how they'd react and it was to see what it would be like if society just crumbled. Right. And almost instantly, they all just separated into groups. Yeah, the black lads were over here and the white lads were over here and the Hispanics were over here. That's not even, that's pretty much what happened. Yeah. Certain colours went with each other. Yeah. Ones that were seen as being like, there was ones that had like better hair and they all joined together and the, the genetically the, similar the right? researchers referred to them as the beautiful people that's great they, turned into san quentin they man. even ended up like because they built like these apartments for them and the ones they called the beautiful people ended up going to the top like almost like they were overlooking they were allowed yeah, they yeah. were allowed to go like nobody else challenged them or some whatever. of them turned to cannibalism some of them tried to escape it was mad like but I don't know what this has got to do with. Were well, there's cannibal, on, were, it's cannibalism. It's animal there. cannibals. Were any of them on Instagram going unfollow? <laughs> no, <laughs> possibly. Ha- hashtag but, penthouse life. But it was like that, and yeah, and well, What's some of them it turned to uni- Universe Twenty Five. Universe Twenty Five. The reason Chocolate it's down. called the reason it's called Universe Twenty Five is because they'd done the experiment twenty five times, and it ended up the exact same, the same results every time. Holy which is shit! Don't tell, us, don't tell us. Spoiler alert. Oh, sorry. Well, that was the spot early. Yeah, they yeah. already said it. So what happened to all the super poorest rats? Like, did they ever revolt and get their justice and kill the, they, they're the, the bourgeoisie? Ones, and They're the ones that ate each other. The beautiful people ended up just dying of starvation. The, the ones. Way after the like, other ones. And they were like, at least though. I'm 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That's, um, I wonder, is there, any, is there any... have a tangent No, not at all. <laughs> just talking I'm, about I'm rats. Like, that's what the good money is. Fascinated slash terrified. Well, I wonder, is like... Or universe 25 of people i don't think that's uh ethical maybe they're doing it but they're just not telling you that was what like I was venezuela feels like a little bit of universe 25 at the moment if you're talking about that story yeah where yeah. literally like they just removed everything and then all the people started eating out of bins like i'd say if there's any kind of that's outbreak a really of, good comparison of, of yeah. modern cannibalism like localized cannibalism is going to happen like in uh we're going to talk about some of the the famines over the last couple of hundred years where the people of the country were just resorted to, fuck it, there's no fucking food, I'm just going to have to eat my mm. dead relatives. Venezuela is probably the closest place yeah. to that happening. But is there anybody like able to report from Venezuela? I haven't seen anything. Yeah, loads of people, but they're not doing anything about it. Because <laughs> that's it. That's just the way it is until they do as they're told and stop being communists. That'll be the type of thing we'll know everything about it 10 years from now. Mm. Yeah. Or we know a lot about it now and no one's doing nothing about it. Yeah. That everyone will know about it in 10 years. Yeah. yeah. But right now we know, but nobody wants to know because it's too fucked up. Mm. 
and I was talking about that like two years ago on the podcast going them lads are starting to go trouble now like, and then a year ago it was like they're eating out of bins and now it's like okay they're a gee hair away from starting to fucking actually eat each other like let's see what happens polar bears now did you know are starting to resort to cannibalism because there's such low food supply uh, mm. in their habitat that they were starting to starve and you see you know these um, uh, what is it WWF the uh, it's WWE now but. well the, the World Wildlife <laughs> Federation they have these like pictures and it's all like real skinny polar bear being like yeah we got a sandwich I'm after running out of coke like and <laughs> they can't find any seals they can't find any penguins there's nobody that can there's nobody that can eat so they're starting to fucking eat each other for the first time in history starting to have fucking polar bear cannibalism but they're being sound about it are they they're attacking each other they're not even waiting until their friends die like the hippopotamuses these lads are all like you're nearly dead I'm nearly dead there's a good bit of meat in you I'm gonna fucking eat you and it'll do me, and then I'll hibernate, and it'll be all right, and hopefully there'll be seals next year. So it's like a last resort shit. Shit, and even... They're starting to eat each other, like. And even at that, like, there's not many polar bears, so they can't even... Like, they could wipe themselves out just by, by eating, eating each other. Each yeah. other. That's just crazy. To make a rule, like, just don't eat anybody that you can fuck. To be careful. Mm. You know, men eat men, and... Who, who knows? We might end up with gay polar bears this time next I year. I thought they were only eating, like... The weak and dying. Like, they weren't eating... They're all weak and dying, is the thing. Yeah. By that stage. Yeah. So, like, it's me or yeah, you, Yeah, none of them are, are... If there's no food around, they're yeah. all in the same boat. Yeah. And there are some genetic... I mean, in the animal kingdom, there are some genetic benefits to being a cannibal. We have salamanders, who uh, some, some of whom are uh, cannibalistic. And the ones that are just eating flies or insects or, or, or you know, foliage, uh, those guys have smaller jaws than the lads who eat their own kind. Because they don't have to have the chomping power. So the salamanders that are cannibalistic evolve to have a better eating mechanism. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I know we're going to talk about it later, but like apparently like some tribes that were notorious for cannibalism started started to have the basically started to genetically um, oh, have an immunity. Have to, an immunity, yeah. yeah, against the brain. The prion disease. Yeah. Or, we'll, yeah I know yeah. we're going to talk about the prion yeah, disease yeah. later, but like, you can see, kind of Salam- yeah, they yeah. just, uh, nature adapts, man. That's the yeah. whole thing, you know. Um, so, uh, there are, there are places around the world, and uh, Claire's going to tell us uh, of a few of them. Um, yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's not unheard of to have, you know, cannibals roaming around today no. and, Certain tribes and cultures still practice cannibalism. The lads in Fiji uh, live in the Nahihe caves and they still do a bit of ritual cannibalism. Uh, but it was known as Cannibal Island up until the 19th century. So there must be something to it. They must be doing a fair bit of cannibalism. Mm. Um, Papua New Guinea as well, Claire, you mentioned a few times. Yeah. It's probably the place where you're going to find cannibalism most likely in the modern day. 4,000 people of the Korowai tribe consume human flesh on a regular basis. They only, uh, they don't just do it out of spite though, because there's um, this thing called katakwa, which kills uh, somebody, it's an evil spirit, or a witch man, uh, kills somebody in their tribe, and they have to uh, eat their body to avenge the dead. Yeah. And in the, in the Congo, you have the Mabuti pygmies, they were chomped up by the Congolese rebels, and that came to the UN, where people are like, what's going on in the fucking Congo? Mm. And the lads are like, man, them, them Congolese rebels are eating the fucking local indigenous pygmy tribes. They're killing them and eating them and taking their land. But not only are they killing them, but they're eating them and taking their land. Like, uh, it was out of intimidation, but it was during the Second Congo War. And uh, some of the lads that were doing that were up in front of the UN for war crimes at some stage. 
similarly in Liberia, and we talked about that lad Charles Taylor and uh, the the warlords general butt naked. We've talked about them on shows before. Mm. Uh, you can watch a Vice documentary with Shane. Uh, he goes to to Liberia, and it's a little bit. Yeah, the couple of generals, generals Bin Laden. Yeah, General Bin Laden, General Rambo, mm. um, General yeah. Mosquito, and a lad came out of him. For them, it seemed Mosquito very much spray. like an, an intimidatory thing. Like it was yeah. like. I'm eating your heart, but it wasn't like I have nothing else to eat. Yeah. Or yeah. They weren't eating it so I much. I want your spirit to be with me. Yeah, they weren't getting prion disease. No. It wasn't a, c- a continual thing. Yeah. It was just, I'd murder a cunt and then take a bite of his heart like an apple. And it seemed like it was a way to, because they would bring children, sh- soldiers in. Yeah. And uh, like they would get them to eat a heart. An initiation and it was kind of, Yeah. Like, a trauma thing as well. Trauma-based well, tra- mind yeah. control as well. Um, yeah, so these cannibal warlords were eating hearts of their enemies in Cambodia. During the rebellion of the Khmer Rouge in the 70s, the Cambodian troops ate the hearts and livers out of the chests of the dead Khmer Rouge soldiers as a thumbing to uh, the leadership to say, like, no, you're not getting this. You're not getting this fucking country. Uh, sometimes they even brought home uh, a few old shanks of Khmer Rouge soldier to eat for dinner because they actually had no grub. They were balls to the wall for uh, uh, a bit of mate. So that's um, survival cannibalism at that yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know? Tibetan Buddhists would eat flesh pills, believe it or not, made from the flesh of their dead holy men. So their monk brothers who knew loads of stuff, they used to cut them up in tiny little bits and make little flesh pills, little uh, little dumplings, and then just mm-hmm. eat them like body of Christ or whatever, hoping to imbibe the knowledge of these learned and uh, pious monks. So imagine that, some really old, like 100-year-old Tibetan monk dies and they're just like, but cut him into like 4,000 pieces and we'll freeze it. And we just have like one every day. So we'd be a little bit more enlightened every day. The Tibetan monks do that shit. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Did you? I no? didn't know that, but I'm not surprised by it. I'm not surprised because I've heard similar stuff where like even when they first started to discover mummies in Egypt, they've yeah. done the same where they would ground them up and make pills. But you're talking mm-hmm. like thousands of years old at that point. It's crazy, right? Well, maybe North works, Korea. Though. We don't know. Well, yeah, <laughs> the Egyptians had loads of stuff, right? <laughs> Uh, North Korea then they had to crack down on cannibalism uh, because the famine there in the 90s forced people into eating each other. And as recent as 2006, some people were arrested in North Korea for selling human flesh in markets for human consumption, including one man who uh, killed and butchered and sold his own children for food. Yeah, that's rough. Was arrested in 2006. Mm. Pretty fucking rough. So, Claire, we were looking into uh, a load of different cases of cannibalism mm. through history. Uh, some of the ones we found, some are grim. Johnny got a couple too. Um, famous, I guess, cases of people at the end of their rope mm. with their backs to the wall at the edge of humanity going, fuck, I'm just going to have to. All done through duress. You know, some murderers like Dahmer and, and Albert Fish and stuff would be like, mmm, yummy. But uh, most of the people like in the tribes are doing it be, kind of because it's it's all there is left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the last option. So we uh, we were talking about the Ukrainian famine today. Yeah, us. the famine in the Ukraine uh, in the ni- in the nineteen thirties uh, saw around seven million people die of starvation as grain stocks were left and rotted and fields were left fallow. Um, by the basically by Joseph Stalin and. You know, he kind of created, yeah, um, a bit of a an economic crisis. Yeah, he basically said, here, Ukraine, you're giving food to the rest of us because you have loads of spuds and corn. 
and none of you are going to get to eat it. So go fuck yourselves. Yeah. But he made a choice to go like, yeah, they can all die. I'm good. I don't mm-hmm. want to have to feed them. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, Pretty rough. Yeah. The Soviet forces were um, out to get the Ukrainians and make sure they weren't hiding anything food wise. Um, and they would commandeer food and stores of produce and like any stores that they found. Yeah. They'd even go around and they had sticks. And they used to poke sticks into the ground, into soft, into turned dirt. So if you had any tilled earth, they were like poking the sticks into it to see if you were after hiding or burying any grain. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, bats. So the people were reduced to eating their clothes, shoes, grass and flowers, tree bark, their pets, frogs, birds, even worms and soil. Yeah, I'd love it. I got a little bit of soil soup. <laughs> no, but like any of that is kind of reminiscent of like, you'll notice there's a bit of a crossover in a lot of the stories of where people were starving. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, we're kind of. And it's horrible because. Had no choice but to turn to cannibalism. Because like if you're going tree bark, soil. I yeah. need a person before tree bark and soil, to be honest. Yeah, but the t- at that point. Not until they died. When they're, yeah. eating, when they're eating tree bark, they know that they're not getting any real nutritional value yeah. from yeah. it it's just like they just want something, something to, go to into their stomach just so as your stomach's not eating itself yeah. just you want that hour of grace where your stomach isn't trying to eat itself i said we're all in ketosis to fuck and there were like real smelly burps and ketosis and they were all just ripped for about like a two-week period before they started fading away they were like oh man i feel just so oh yeah, but then very, very quickly that turns to, I feel so, uh, yeah. like I'm really weak. I always wondered why Hurley from uh, Lost <laughs> never lost as much weight as he should have. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I feel myself up as far as Hurley standards now, as far as like, you know, sweaty t-shirts and stuff. Maybe I'm not that big. I'm not like Samoan big. No, near. But like, no, I mean, weight wise, yeah, probably up past the 300 pound mark, but like. I know that if I was moving, I was on a hot island yeah, yeah, yeah. and you were doing work every day and you weren't like lying around watching Netflix. Uh, well, Netflix wasn't made back then, but listening to your Walkman or just looking at the fucking sky. What were they eating on Lost? I never watched it. Well, for the first two seasons, they were just eating berries and nuts and then they found the, the, the hatch and there was loads rations, of fucking rations yeah. and chocolate bars and everything down there. But it was still distributed evenly. Yeah, so Harley like had as much as yeah. everybody else. I don't know how the fuck he stayed that big. So, I mean, you know, if you're in the Ukraine or even in Ireland, you know, there was people in Ireland for the famine in Ireland where they were offered to convert their religion for soup that the English had brought. And they were like, we're starving. Please give us the soup. And they smell the soup. Everyone was like, convert to Protestantism and we'll give you the soup. And they were like, I do, I do. I renounce Catholicism and all its stuff. And they took the soup. And now that's a thing of like, you're, you betrayed your country. You took the soup. It's a phrase now. You took like, the soup. Like drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you took the soup. You betrayed your country. Um, I'd have taken the soup. Just saying. Just putting it out there. So besides soil and frogs and clothes and shoes, etc. Yeah. It's like Werner Herzog. <laughs> yeah, so doctors weren't allowed to help uh, the sick and dying. No one was allowed to feed the Ukrainian villagers. Yeah. Cannibalism... Uh, Obviously kicked in. I think that's kind of a no-brainer in that situation. Yeah, because it's not. It wasn't like a natural famine. This was a, an no. induced famine yeah, yeah. from the Soviet like uh, forces. Hmm. They so were it's taking culling. food from people. It was. Yeah, yeah, they were taking food from people, 
And I presume if they weren't doing that, that people could have got on a bit more. Like in Ireland, we were you know, rationing, out, rationing out stuff and it wasn't as bad Getting as... Getting on boats by the bucket load. Yeah, but as well, like the food that was there, we'd make it stretch and there was, mm. you know, little bits of other stuff that, that you'd make, like every bit of the animal was used and it mm. wasn't... But this way, the Russian soldiers were actually coming and taking... Yeah, so it wasn't... Yeah, yeah. The stuff. Yeah. Um, so the dead were consumed by the people who were almost dead, basically. So you kind of be like, fair enough, you know? Yeah. Um... Children were abducted and cooked by neighbours and soon people were actually killing and eating older people who had no family left, who had nobody watching out for them. Yeah. Which is a bit scary. Uh, the Soviets were executing people for cannibalism and over 1,000 people were still in internment camps at the end of the war on the White Sea because of cannibalism. So it was a major issue, but I'm kind of like, what do you expect? Yeah. yeah. Do they yeah. expect like people to just go down... You. Do you know, just go, okay, I'm starving, okay, I'm dead. Like, obviously, you're going to be backed into a corner. You're going to... Yeah. You know, if you see people dying around you, you're going to be like, well, if there's any chance that that dead person will save me, then I'm going to do it. Yeah. It, there's a misnomer of, you know, the Irish famine being made by potato blight. And we are going to do an episode on the Irish famine at some point in the future. Hopefully with uh, the lads from... The famine. Irish <laughs> history podcast um, which is a great show you should go look that up check it out yeah it's uh, very good really really good if you want to know all about Ireland uh, Irish history podcast is called so he has a few shows about the famine and there's the true story of the famine where you know you got the potato blight but the story that the rest of the world hears is Irish lads love fucking potatoes. They love potatoes. We ran out of potatoes. And then their potatoes got sick. And they the ran Simpsons out of potatoes. when you two came to Springfield? And Homer was trying to get in backstage. And he dressed up as basically very similar to how you're looking now, Johnny, with your hat. Oh, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot I was even wearing this. <laughs> your flat cap. And uh, he had a big sack on his back. And he was like, potato man. And their response was, it's about time. <laughs> They love, love potatoes that. so much. No, I, I get it. I love potatoes. I'm an Irishman. It's a thing, you know. We love drinking. We love potatoes. And something to do with gingers. I don't know. But the story that's sold to the world is that we had a lot of potatoes and then they all got sick in the ground and turned black. And then we couldn't eat anything anymore because the whole country was made out of potatoes. We only ate potatoes. And once they went... <laughs> they didn't say it. about the, the English army like t- taking stuff or refusing to allow us to to have our own stuff to, to implement in laws where we can't communicate with our own language and kind of subjugating us, uh, taking our land and making our, making our farming system so fragmented that we couldn't like properly actualize the resources that we had to make food yeah. uh, like, and distribute it properly. Like it was all, it, the whole thing is a propaganda to save face for the English when they really came in and like fucked some shit up. Same as happening in the Ukraine. Like, you think that these people were just on, like, spuds and corn. You would survive without spuds and corn. A natural famine, like something that happens in Ethiopia because of desertification and because of political, I guess, political forces that were happening between Eritrea and Ethiopia when it was changing over at the time. Some shit went on where some poor people couldn't get some food and Bob Geldof and Bono had to go over and go, you got to give us the spuds, man. Make the plumpy nut for these people. Look, he's got flies in his eyes. Flies in his eyes. Flies! 
in his eye. like it was a fucking you know they did live aid for for flies in his eyes you know and it was a naturally occurring thing because they couldn't farm mm. but also a little bit of political stuff that was like okay we're not gonna let you make that food same happened in ireland same happened in the ukraine and people think like oh yeah it's just a famine like when there's a famine, it's just like people run out of food or whatever, and you're like, yeah. how, "How does? How do you think a famine happens?" Like man? the yeah. blight, the blight on the potato didn't like that. Didn't like it wasn't like a dark cloud over the whole yeah. of Ireland for for like we just 20 woke up in the years. morning and all the food was gone off. Like nothing, all the animals were gone. Like it was just the potato, but. Yeah, like there was a lot of other factors. Well, yeah, that like that the the potato blight was like the midpoint of the story, yeah. and they ignored the part where we were left with only that option. Yeah, mm. and then that was taken away. Yeah, yeah. So you can you can kind of get the Ukrainian people when they're going like, so they've taken everything. We're literally eating the fucking bark off trees mm. and out catching frogs after it rains and boiling frogs and then you know having frog legs. Oh, fancy. But it's all we actually have. Mm. Tastes like chicken. Like, you can understand how they would snap, especially with a military force all around them all yeah. at all times. Taking their shit. Like, they're about to eat something. They're like, don't, you don't eat this. Yeah. You're not allowed to eat this. Sticking their fucking, sticking like, their knives. And maybe sticking that's their, how things like escargot and caviar were um, discovered. Well, all the southern soul food, chitlins and yeah. pig's feet and all this stuff. And people are just like, Oh my God, this is really nice. And then the next thing, the soldiers, they're going, give it to us now. Yeah. We're going to charge a million bajillion for it. American yeah. soul food is all based around the meat mm. that was left over after the good meat was butchered off the pig. Well, I think it's, a, it's, it's awful. I think a lot of really like, you know, food that people are like, this is home from wherever they're from. Yeah. Is the pavo, the pavo food. Yeah. So in Dublin, yeah. you have coddle. Yeah. Which is like. Potato Especially stew with the most the most upsetting food I think <laughs> yeah, I've ever it seen. It looks like someone vomited on Sunday evening after Sunday dinner at lunchtime. After having loads of white pudding, white pudding, and a few spuds for dinner, and then a few pints, and then they got sick about seven o'clock, and you still see the steam coming off, and it's half digested, and it's like lumpy spuds. Very salty. Do you know? Have you ever but had cuddle? I don't think so. Heard a lot about. I've it, never eaten it. I don't think I've had. So I've seen gross. it. I've seen it. It looks yeah, like vomit. There's a lot of Dubliners now going, how yeah, fucking yeah. dare you? How dare you from Wexford to- with your fucking <laughs> tinkers and strawberries? And what do you have? What do you have? That's tinkers weird. and strawberries. No, you have something else that somebody mentioned. Rissoles. Yeah, never heard of them. They're just potato cakes. Just potato cakes with little, you can get battered ones or breadcrumb ones. They're very, that's very big down in Offaly, but we just call them potato, potato cakes. cakes. Yeah. We have potato cakes um The Rissoles in Dublin Eve, have meat. But we call them potato cakes. Yeah, yeah. same. No, well, ours are not, that ours are totally different well then what are they they're potato cakes they're mashed potatoes yeah with like certain spices and stuff made into a little cake and then you dip it in breadcrumbs and then you deep fry it yeah but if you dip it in breadcrumbs and deep fry it it's oh, no longer a potato yeah cake. we don't like yeah that's no wonder it that's why it's called a rissole I was just gonna okay say. yeah yeah no sense. wonder it has but you have rissoles here where it's like potatoes and meat mixed together in a patty covered in batter and fried and they call it a rissole in dublin mm. but it's a rassole it's not the same don't like it down to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wexford Rissoles are the best you can get. Mm. The best you can get. Can you imagine going into a chipper in Wexford and asking for a bag of chips and three Rissoles? So it's like, can I have a bag of chopped up potatoes, please? Oh, and can you get some potatoes and put them in cakes and then put them in batter and then fry them as well? Because I'm going to have them as my meat. So you're literally having a whole bag of fried potatoes. 
in and different forms. Gordon and I have recently discovered that we're uh, semi-allergic to potatoes. If I oh, eat a really? bag of chips, I'd fall asleep like a Xanax. Yeah. Like you My gut reacts to it. That doesn't sound like an allergic reaction. No, that sounds like a good time. Well, you wouldn't need a sleeping tablet. Well, it's the same. It's like very, 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 very mild anaphylactic shock. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I'm slowly not able or to. Or some people might call so, it a carb coma. Carb coma, yeah. Wh- when you were drinking, like, did you ever get a bag of chips no. on the way home? No. Mm-hmm. I would, yeah. Like, i get a kebab. I wouldn't be fond of chips. Okay. But I'd, I'd get a kebab to go like, oh, yeah, no, I need to eat loads or uh, I won't fall asleep. And then I wake up in the morning and I'd be after rolling around in the bed with the kebab and I'd be covered in kebab and the bed would be covered in kebab. <laughs> and I'd be after taking two, I'd find the, the pita bread with just two bites taken out of it. And I was all like, I didn't eat the whole thing. <laughs> but I'd get into the bed with the kebab and be like, <laughs> and fall asleep. I couldn't, I couldn't eat a kebab in bed. That's mental. You met after he stopped yeah. drinking you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. It wasn't obvious at all. Now I wake up in the morning and there's just clear all over the inside of the bed. What? Like a cuddle? In a cuddle? cuddle. No. Okay, the Bay of Pigs survivors. (laughs) So, uh, the Bay of Pigs story was there were 22 people who uh, were involved in the Bay of Pigs and basically realized, like, like one of them even had shrapnel in his body as, as he looked out to the sea and went, come here, we're either, like, in, in Castro's prison or we're on that fishing boat that's there in the sea. So let's swim out to the sea and see how we get on. So they swam, oh, out, swam yeah. out to this little fishing boat and they were kind of feeling okay about it because they could see the American ship. So mm. they were like, we'll be grand. So the Bay of Pigs fiasco is from uh, the, the military maneuvers in Cuba to try and take over and... There was a miscommunication and JFK was blamed for it in 1961 mm. because the American government was supposed to give support to the local Cubans and the embedded American soldiers to have some kind of a, I guess, an insurgency against Castro's forces. And there was ships on the outside that were supposed to give them cover. There was planes supposed to give them cover as they stormed the beach and did all this stuff. It eventually ended up, they got destroyed because the American military at the last minute withdrew support. And they got absolutely destroyed. And there was a consternation about like JFK giving support or not giving support. And there's this whole thing from there's tapes and everything like there's a, mm. the Bay of Pigs fiasco is, is a massive uh, uh, like you can't just say like Bay of Pigs thing. Like it's a huge, it's huge a thing. Story, but the yeah. fact that those those ships were out on the coast, they were instructed don't have anything to do <laughs> with what's going on on that beach. Because right. then we're, we're declaring war and the, the Russians right. and all this kind of stuff. And it was like one minute to midnight and all this. Uh, you know, if, if the Americans had helped those guys do that thing, then Russia would have been launching nuclear bombs. Which and, was fair enough. But that hadn't been communicated to no, the lads on the beach. These lads on the beach were like, cool. these lads on the <laughs> beach were like, yeah. I'm, I'm fighting for the freedom of, of yeah. my Cuba. I want my Cuba back. And then they got left fucked. But also I've been told that I'm being supported by those ships that I can physically see (laughs) almost within an arm's reach. So they got on the fishing boat. So they're on the fishing boat going, we're grand. They drank all the water. They ate all the food on the boat going just until we get there. there. Yeah, they're only a couple of miles from salvation. Yeah. And then they went for a little nap And when they woke up, there was nothing on the sea but them. And oh they were like, God. where is our ship? 
that we just we thought, thought we were floating towards. We, we thought this ship was going to at least come in t- to us to pick us up. So they were basically <laughs> like, worst case scenario, we have to r- like waft over to them. Yeah, yeah. And they realized they were on their own. And they spent 16 days in that little boat with nothing but the sizzling hot sun. Raging. Uh, so obvs, some people did not make it. There were people who were just like, I cannot. Like there were people who were jumping into the sea. They were so dehydrated. Just going, I don't care. It looks yeah, really nice. You know, and obviously getting more dehydrated from the salt water of the sea. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then dying. And then, so the, the survivors were like, we pushed the people overboard, you know, who died. And then as the days passed, they were like, eventually, one of them said, eventually we were like, yeah, no, like we won't actually survive if we don't do something. So somebody passed away. They never named the person they said they never will. For the family, for the families of all those who died on the boat, they were like, we'll never say, but yeah, we did have to eat somebody. And not long after they ate one of the deceased, they were rescued. Imagine they were just like their first bite. They were like, oh, it wasn't that close. I don't think. Just hiding, <laughs> hiding behind their back too. Like. like, obviously that was ma- majorly traumatic to yeah. like, especially considering how far they'd survived and then, and then they were rescued. So I think like a couple of the survivors were like, I don't know what those people are on about. That never happened. I must have been asleep. I certainly didn't see anything. I certainly didn't eat anybody. That didn't happen. And then don't ask, like, don't tell. Yeah. And then <laughs> there was like three men who were like talking about it on a documentary going, yeah, we had to. <laughs> Obviously. They were just telling everybody yeah. about it. But, then they, but they were like, but we absolutely will never say who it was. The way I they can were appreciate telling, yeah. that. That's, Me too. Yeah. The way they were telling the story was like, <laughs> when the first lads died, they were like, oh, fuck. And he was like, <sighs> and Brady's last breath. And they were like, okay, okay, Jose, see ya. And they popped him over the side. We don't know if it's Jose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, statistically, it's, you know. Um, so they popped him over the side real quick. And then they said after a few more lads started dying out of respect, they left them sit in the boat. For a few days. For a day or two. Mm. Now. To crisp up in the sun. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. <laughs> nice sun-dried. Um, yeah, sun-dried, sun-dried Cuban. Having a, cu- having a Cubano. A little bit of pickle. Toast of bread either side. Cuban in the middle. It just that seems. That sounds like a cocktail. A sun-dried <laughs> yeah. Cuban. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like rum and, and vinegary tomatoes. It's just rotten. No. Um. Yeah, so they, they waited two days yeah. and then they'd let them gently, I would let them gently slip over the side of the boat into the sea. And you're like, why'd you leave them there for two days though, man? And then he's like, and then when they guys started to die after that, I mean, <laughs> do you ever watch the cartoons when Tuppy Duck is very hungry and he looks at Pork Pig and Pork Pig looks like a cooked pork chop? That's what it was like on the boat, man. And you're like, really? That's not what he said. But like, that's kind of what was into me. How many like, hours is 16 days? It's a lot of hours mm. to be just like 
Especially they, when you had loads of food and you fucking had it all in they, the first place. Well, they didn't have yeah. loads. Right? No, they were only like dropping the water in the between the food. But if they rationed it, it would have yeah. lasted. Yeah. But they didn't, they as were, far as they knew, they didn't need They to, had wafted so. 700 miles. Fuck. <laughs> oh, raging. That's a long way. Yeah. And it's a long time. Well, you can't turn back. You know, like. so I don't know. I think I, I think I really do think for the Bay of Pigs people, I think fair enough. Yeah. Now, I think in most cases, it does seem in most survival. The only thing stories, that they all seem to agree on is they're very mad. They were very mad at one man. Who, who was that man, Greta? Jeff. Jeff. They were mad at him. Oh, Jeff K. Jeff K. They were like, because Jeff if called it wasn't all, for him, I wouldn't have back. eaten nobody. Yeah. It was a bit of an old fast packs like to yeah. be fair do you know we will do a whole show uh on the the cuban revolution and uh obviously the bay of pig stuff as well uh that's that's a You'll whole show to work to come. on your cuban accent before that okay um, oh my moving god on. the cheek of this one <laughs> what's your kennedy accent well it's huh? very similar to your mexican and no, any kind of no cuban is, is very different like i heard the cubans talking on the documentary you don't say i have a very like sore them. throat and my cuban is excellent. i thought your cuban there was very he doesn't say Albuc- anything like that it was albacino and scarface yeah. which is acceptable it's very good i thought you're a harsh judge too um <laughs> <laughs> all i'm saying is sure for that episode that you're doing. Yeah, when I'm not doing four episodes a week, I'll practice my accents. <laughs> like, I don't want to talk about my accent anymore. Yeah. When I'm not doing four episodes a week, I'll try it. Okay. I tried to do Winnie the Pooh we earlier. We can practice while I'm driving you around America. How about that? Sure. I tried to do Winnie the Pooh earlier on in the end of sounding like, what was it? Like a fucking <laughs> Jewish, like a Jewish shopkeeper. Like, come on. Fair enough. My I- brain is not working. I'm barely able to fucking recall memories. I'm after doing a 70 hour week last week, 70 hour week the week before. This is my third <laughs> show of this week. That's my third 15-hour day. Give me a break. So, the people in accent. the Uruguayan football team, otherwise known as Ethan Hawke in Alive, oh. an airplane chartered by a Uruguayan amateur rugby team that crashed in the Andes Mountains in Argentina on October 13th, 1972. I was not born in 1972. <laughs> but still, it's a it's another link to Ethan yeah. Hawke. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> tenuous, but I like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The crash initially killed 12 people, leaving 33 survivors, a number of whom were injured. And at an altitude of approximately 11,500 feet, the group faced snow and freezing temperatures. A small amount of food supplies, consisting mostly chocolate bars and wine that were rationed out, lasted only a week. The wine would have only lasted me a day. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a perfect plane crash. I'd be like... Winner! <laughs> I know. Uh, that's a joke. Find me in a week. I think that was a thing in the movie, though. I remember there being a lot more wine than there was chocolate. Yeah. Like, they got drunk a few nights, but they only had, like, one square of chocolate each a day. But they had loads of... Enough but wine, wine to always get makes me want to eat more loads. Like, I'd be well, mansion into the life, people, if probably, I was drinking That's that. probably why they resorted to it. And that's worse even when you're hammered on, a, on bottles of wine. Yeah. And you'd be all like, she said, love a bag of chips. And then yeah. you have nothing to eat, so you'd be like... John's asleep there. <laughs> he looks like he's dead. I, ju- I just get kind of an emotional on wine, so <laughs> it'd have been terrible. <laughs> to be all licking the tears off your face <laughs> yeah. for the salt. Just crying in a shower. Before you eat a bag of chips for all this salt. Um, so anyways, plenty of wine for, well, it didn't last them that long either. So over the next um, few weeks, six others died. So like they were there probably for a lot longer than they thought they would be, I'd say. Um, further hardship struck on October 29th when an avalanche buried the remainder of the plane in snow, 
causing eight more deaths. That was a lot of people. On December 12th. Yeah, they're there so for like 70 days months. or something, aren't they? Yeah. It's two months. Yeah. With just 16 people still alive, three expeditionaries set out for help and one eventually found a group of Chilean farmers and they sent for help. They could have done that in October, to be fair. I know, they were probably afraid of dying. Yeah. They're rugby lads, though. They weren't fucking mm. exactly unfit. It wasn't like, again, Hurley and Lost, so, land on a fucking island. I know, but I, I do wonder, like, if you're, like, you don't know the area. You don't know how deep the snow is. You don't know, like, if you're actually stepping off the side of a mountain or not. And you're probably going, should somebody come real quick? Like, our plane went down, hello. You're not going to think you're there yeah, for two months. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you would. But when you're like, there for a month, you might think, month is a bit long, isn't it? Lads, it's been I wonder, a month since my birthday. <laughs> we finished all the wine. What are we at? <laughs> I wonder how long before you kind of lose your concept of time, though. Yeah. Ah, oh, they must have been counting it. Yeah, but like how easy is it to just miss a day here and there mm. and then eventually just not be sure? Where you're like, oh, I know we're 20 days, but also it could I, be 50. The only reason I know what day it is, like I have the same thing in the same room. Oh, the only reason I know what day it is because of the computer. Like I couldn't tell you what day it is. Don't eat me! <laughs> I can I can I, tell you what day of the week today is. I know what day of the week it is. Do you, do you honestly not know what day? It's like a Friday or a Saturday, isn't Friday. it? Friday. Friday. I knew the day, but like date wise, it could go. I'm a three days either way. Mm. I have a rough idea, but yeah, I can see they might not know. Like <laughs> they're looking outside and it's real snowy, and it's like kind of feels like about Christmas. We probably should go and look for What's somebody. It? But yeah, but that's it. The ta- ha- Halloween. How, how many hours of daylight do they have there? Like, does it blend? Does everything just blend in so quickly? That do you think they did trick or treating on the mountain if they had a load of chocolate and they were just like <laughs> pretending to go around and going trick or treat? Here's a bottle of wine. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I remember what when I seen that film. Like that's what like has stayed like i remember very little about that film yeah bar the fact that when they were rationing out the chocolate they were all given one square a day for some reason that has had a profound impact on my life where i still imagine living off a square of cabri's chocolate a day that's fucking bleak imagine lasting for two months on just a square of cabri's chocolate a day i don't know why that's not the cabri's chocolate ads (laughs) but i i would wonder like did they suck it or did they bite it did they go <laughs> and eat it real quick or did they like suck it around in their <laughs> mouth and save it you'd have to, yeah I mean. yeah but like i'd wonder like how many of them were like were grand give us another fucking glass of wine yeah were grand the black box would be found we'll be out yeah. in no time and then like as the days are ticking by those people are like we could have had a half of a square of chocolate a day. <laughs> but uh, it went from like a square of chocolate a day and some wine and waiting around to let's eat our friends and then let's walk up a mountain that we might die on. So the desperation started yeah. to kick in, I guess. Now, they don't, uh, and I'm only going by the movie, but I assume this is all based on fact. Like they had some like kind of good ideas where I remember at one point, I think it was Ethan Hawke's character. Of course. <laughs> um, where he realized, like he broke off he broke off parts of the plane and he climbed up a peak and he set them out so as because it was still very warm <gasps> so they could out. be seen no it was so oh. it's like the snow he put snow in them and because it was still quite warm against the metal it melt and they had a constant water supply oh. well legend which is quite genius that's good thinking oh ethan once again <laughs> Not the real person, but <laughs> the actor who yeah. played him. Just like in your letter, 
Well, okay, it was a postcard. But that's the type of shit. I'm not sure in that scenario. I'm not sure I think of that. But yeah, I'd be I'd be looking around for some stuff going like. I'd let anyone, an engineering person do it. Yeah, has anyone got a phone? I'd be Can like, does anybody want to like, hear a song? At least now, having seen the film, I'd be like, oh well, I saw this. I saw Ethan Hawke do this in a live. Mm. But, yeah. But I think you'd want to have an engineering head on you, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think survival guys have have that kind of training or whatever you'd have, have to you ever done that, that game where you had the, like the 10 or 12 items and you had to put them into order of importance and you were in a playing survival thing yeah i was in the scouts for years so we did loads of that kind of stuff yeah like bivouacking and learning how to make a shelter so that you don't get fucked out of it by the rain and learning how to gather fresh water using tarpaulin or a plastic sheet and yeah. You know, being able to make fire from scratch in five different ways or, you know, all of this kind of stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, it's it just, it's in there deep in because I learned when I was a kid. So, like, if you're stuck like that, you just go, okay, uh, we got to start a fire. Uh, we got to get water. They're the two things we have to do now. And then and then later on, we get wind and water and heart and Captain Planet will save us. <laughs> but first of all, fire and water, do you know? Like, I used to do that exercise with students. Um, And yet, like... If I was young and somebody was like, you have to be in this group where you have to do stuff like this, I would have been like, this is child abuse. Yeah, I, I, it's something you have to think about. Like, you, you never know when you get. Mm. I mean, in Ireland, maybe not. You go into a forest, you just have to pick a direction and just walk straight for 40 minutes and you'll end up at a centre. I don't know. Do you know I saw I mean? a Bear Grylls episode. And in Ireland? Did, did you not see that? No. Oh, it's amazing because he completely ignores everything Gordo just said. He's minutes away from a petrol station. Did he eat nuggets of his own shit? Like he found <laughs> like a dead sheep washed up on the shore and anything and shit like this and made like a sleeping bag out of it. Yeah, I'm sure he bought <laughs> that like, fucking sheep in a butcher's. Ten, you're 10 minutes away from a Londis. I have to say, yeah. I don't believe him at all anyway. No. But, there's, but especially not in Ireland. There's forests no. or there's mountains in America. Like you go into some of the forests in America and that's your ass, man. When, when you know, we, you're fucked. You, you start walking and you get lost, you lose your shit and you don't have any way to get out. <gasps> what was that? What, when what we, was that film we watched um, where James Franco cut off his own arm? 127 hours. That was in America. It was, but he was trapped there. Like that was like, that's a yeah, pretty, he was trapped between a rock. that's a pretty pedestrian uh, place. Like people can walk there, but there are forests that you go into and it's like 50 miles either way. Yeah. Right. Like the hundred mile wilderness. Yeah. Like, but like w- when we went camping last year in the Wicklow Mountains, technically we were in the most like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Remote. Remote. <laughs> Remote uh, place in Ireland. And yet when we were driving to our second campsite, a lo- uh, Tesco delivery van passed us. Yeah. You don't see that in it other It took countries. away from the whole re- remoteness of it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think like, uh, you know, if you're in like the, Russia, man, the fucking forests are vast, dense. Like you're not getting out of that shit. China, like Asia, the same. Like you go to India, and you get up into the mountains in India, uh, that's your ass, man. There's nothing there, like, and there's no one to save you. And if you, like, you know, get fucking stuck on the side of something, and you can't get up and you can't get down, to mm. you know, mm. start eating your mates. Yeah. So like uh, these uh, alive lads, like, had, ended up eating their mates. Then right? Yeah, they had no choice really. Well, I mean, they did have a choice because they ended up going and getting help off Chilean farmers. Why didn't they try that first before eating their friends? That seems well. I think that even that was out of desperation. It was when the avalanche yeah. hit because I think they were living in the what was left of the plane, and once there was an avalanche, right, right, that, right. they were like, "We, where we've nowhere to live we, now." We also, they die. were probably living in what was left of hope. And yeah. then when oh. eight more died, 
they were while like, they were trying to survive. They were I'd like, say that dinner time. Yeah. <laughs> no, yes. but I would say that that was a big. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Let's Are just we all anything. just dead here? Yeah. Like, you know? but I guess it's that, that just now that you mention that, that is kind of a, because once they set out to find help, I think it was only like 10 days before they found help. Yeah. So that would fuck with you where you'd be like, we've been here two months. No. We just ate all our mates. We lost another if eight. We, we ate the first six. The, eight more died. Yeah. And then we're after finding a load of Chilean farmers. And I actually was planning on eating Pablo. <laughs> and I'm but, really addicted to human. Because yeah, apparently once you start, you can't stop. Yeah. Well, actually, I might be wrong on this, but I think I've heard that when they were finally rescued, the first thing they were given was Human like, meat. <laughs> I was like, just to wean no, them off no, it. but they were given they were just given like big like steak dinners oh. and apparently that fucked with them like that's what done like psychological damage really? that they were brought home they were finally safe and the first thing they were given was just like huge meals of meat and, the, and they were the last meat they had was human meat of course of no friends. no johnny that's not why they got traumatized because they were <laughs> fucking going oh yeah can i eat the steak <laughs> It's not as nice, man. <laughs> it's not as nice. I, he's like Joe Pantoliano on, on The Matrix. It's like, I know it's steak, but it's not human steak. I want human steak. Put me back in. Put me back into The Matrix. That's what it is. Um, the quintessential uh, quintessential cannibalism story. Uh, four men in a boat. Four men in a boat. Tell us, Johnny, about uh, Richard Parker. So in 1884, four sailors, Thomas Dudley, Edward Brooks, Edwin Stevens and Richard Parker All were very Protestant names there. <laughs> yeah. right. Dudley. They, they were commissioned to deliver a yacht to Australia and they ran into a fairly severe storm while at sea, barely escaping with their lives. So trapped in a lifeboat, the men survived for 18 days on rations, but it wasn't enough. So the yacht capsized and they're stuck in a lifeboat? Yeah. Fuck. Um, on the 19th day, it was decided that Richard Parker, who was the youngest of the crew, who's just 19. He would be the most delicious. Mm-hmm. He was also the weakest oh, right. at the time. Well, actually, and also he, he had uh, succumbed to drinking seawater. Oh, always a big mistake. He just yeah. couldn't. He couldn't hold back. And then obviously when you cut him up and cook him, he'd, he'd already be he'd kind be of nice seasoned. nice and salty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, because he was very ill at this point, they decided that once he uh, faded they would eat him. But they didn't wait until he actually faded. They ended up killing him. They were too fucking hungry, Uh, I'd say. Yeah. And (laughs) I can't blame anybody for eating somebody, but like the idea of killing somebody for me, not down with that. Yeah, well, if he's nearly dead and they're going to eat him anyway, where where do you draw the moral line, man? Where do you draw the line? To win their heart stops. Yeah, but I mean, maybe their brain is still alive then for a minute or two afterwards, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I guess in a way you could argue at that point are they putting him out of his misery yeah, as well? That's what I'd be thinking. Yeah, that's If you're going to eat the cunt anyway, if you're looking at him like Daffy Duck looks at Porky Piggy like a pork chop and you're like, oh, he's still breathing, fuck. Like imagine being the guy who's like, as soon as I stop breathing, you're going to eat me. <laughs> like, I still think you want to stop breathing though. Before you eat somebody. Like as it, yeah, I just... Ah. That's like, do we turn do we turn off the machine or not? No, it's not. And then eat the cunt. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same because you don't know how how the person's health is really. You just know that they're not well at the moment. Yeah, but if he's like nearly dead, you know, you just have to just close his nose. Then why didn't they just wait? Mm, maybe they're too hungry. 
But either way, Richard Parker ended up being eaten by them anyway. And it sustained them, but just about barely. And within five days, they were actually rescued. And that, that, that maybe that meal of Richard Parker got them over that five days. Probably, because as they, the ship that rescued them, the crew members of that described them as living skeletons when Jeez. they got on board. So, But it's funny because this story is often mistold. So you've heard the, the old fable story about the sailors lost at sea in a lifeboat yeah. and they all draw straws. And the man with the short straw gets his ass you will, you will often hear this story told as Richard Parker decided we should draw straws. And ironically... And he draws the last straw and is yeah. eaten. It's very, it's always told like that. Yeah. That's not true. Like that never had, the, the version I told is what happened. But for some reason, the short straw story has always been what's told. The reason for this possibly is because Edgar Allan Poe, a couple of decades beforehand, wrote a story called The Narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym. And in this story, at one point, Pym is trapped in a lifeboat with five other sailors. And one of the sailors proposes that idea that they should draw straws. The man who suggests it ends up being the one who draws the short straw. Yeah, so it's a it's a so that that's it's a moral quandary, yeah. like it's a, a karma kind of a thing. But I can see why people confuse the two. Yeah, because in the Edgar Allan Poe story, the man who ends up being eaten is named Richard Parker. Is it fuck? That's really weird. Is isn't it? Yeah. That's fucking weird. It, it'd man. be like it'd be weird enough if the story had been written like two hundred years before that, but it was a couple of decades. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit like Stranger Than Fiction. It's like somebody's writing something that's about to happen. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it was like I think eight. So wow. eighteen eighty four when Richard Parker. I think it was like nineteen forty four when Edgar Allan Poe wrote, or eighteen eighty four when. So yeah. forty years. Not it's not a huge gap. Still though. I think actually in the life of Pi, I think, is the tiger, I think the tiger's named Richard Parker. I think, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that a spoiler alert for the I've film? never seen the life of Pi. <laughs> and now that I know that there's a tiger in it, it's the same Richard Parker, well. I'd probably leave it off, to be honest. It's a book as well. <laughs> so before we go too much further, I just want to say thanks to Keeps for sponsoring this episode of Those Conspiracy Guys. Keeps is a hair loss treatment product for men, and if, like me, you're getting thin in the only place that you don't want to, then Keeps could be for you. Two out of three men will experience hair loss by the time they're 35, and if that's you, you can avail of the steal the Keeps are offering listeners of those conspiracy guys. You can get your first month for free by visiting keeps.com TCG, and getting started is super easy. You can sign up for the whole thing in five minutes, and all you have to do is send some photos of your hair and answer a few questions. Your information will be reviewed by a licensed physician and they recommend the right treatment for you and get your order shipped right to your door every three months. It's easy. These types of FDA approved products usually cost so much, but Keeps can make it easy and way cheaper to take care of your hair. Keeps is only $10 to $35 per month, depending on treatment, and you can get the TCG offer now by visiting keeps.com slash TCG to get your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot C-O-M slash tcg and the link is also in the description below here today here tomorrow thanks keeps tell us about um the famous story of the pioneers 
in the wilderness in uh, America. This is this was made into a comedy movie called Cannibal the Musical by the oh. lads from South Park. It's one of their very first movies. Alfred Packer. Cannibal the Musical. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Brilliant crack. Great film. Great film. Uh, kind of a, not so much a funny, well, it, it's kind of a funny story. Kind of a funny story. <laughs> it shouldn't be, but it is. So in, in 1874, during the gold rush, Alfred Packer uh, left a camp in Colorado with a group of five prospectors bent on finding gold in the Beckenridge Mountains. Packer, having only weaseled his way into the group after claiming to know the area and being uh, a seasoned tracker. Yeah, bullshitter. He wasn't. <laughs> yeah. He had no idea what he was doing. He was just a, yeah, he was, he was a seasoned bullshitter. And when it went off, they shortly vanished. Or sh- shortly got lost, I guess. In April, a very uh, stout-looking packer returned. <laughs> I love, I love that detail. Yeah. A very stout looking yeah. packer. There was nobody stout in 1874. <laughs> and he wandered into a camp and just claimed that a storm had hit uh, and all the others that he had went off with had wandered off in search of food never to be seen again. Uh, the, the story seemed fishy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he was swiftly, he was swiftly arrested. Uh, and eventually he admitted that one of the men had actually died of starvation or exposure yeah. or whatever, and the rest of them had eaten him. Uh, but the three other men just died of natural causes. Right. And weren't eaten Weren't eaten at all. He claimed they weren't. They just died right. of natural causes. And he magically stayed stout. He stayed stout. But another man... Another man on the group tried to kill Packer, and Packer had no choice but to kill him in self-defense. This uh, was his story. So and he didn't come up with this until he was arrested, right? He did, uh, yes. Yeah. This, this was his second, st- his second version of the story. Great story, Al. <laughs> guy, Great story. The guy that he killed in self-defense was, was like, delicious. how could you eat my friend? <laughs> um, but, but more details of what happened started to emerge when the, the campsite was discovered. And there was just loads of shish kebab skewers and burger, <laughs> burger buns just discarded everywhere. Not quite that far, but they did find that all the bodies were in the same vicinity. Yeah. So nobody wandered off after yeah, a storm. Yeah. Um, they, they, I don't know how much evidence there was that there was murder or cannibalism at this point, but they at least knew that. Well, the first story was definitely bullshit. Yeah. The second story, most, most likely bullshit. Well. But by this time, Packer had escaped from prison. And it would be nine years before they found him again. And he was even stouter. <laughs> <laughs> and there was nobody left in the prison. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they did eventually... I'm not locked in here with you. <laughs> You're locked in here with me. <laughs> All right, Packer. But after nine years, they did eventually catch up with him. And this time, his story changed again. <laughs> Which I don't even know at, why at this point they're even listening to him. Yeah, just like, <laughs> we caught you, you cannibal fucker. So now his story changed, and he claimed that one of the men had actually killed all the others to eat them. Right. While Parker was out looking for firewood. Oh, as you do, yeah. Yeah. The and- only time he wasn't there. <laughs> I was looking for good human roasting firewood. <laughs> and it was only... Some maybe oak, right? like a nice 
<laughs> nice smoky oak on my human knees. Like, he's like trying to make himself sound like the hero. Yeah. <laughs> so he was out. He looking, had nine years to think about it. Yeah. He was out looking for firewood, and when he came back to the camp, he saw like three dead bodies. Three people had been killed, and he saw the last surviving man over the other butchering him, and that's when Packer stepped in, and they got into everybody. a tussle and shot him. And he killed him in self-defense. And then, they, then he ate everyone. And then he, he did at least admit to living off those corpses for right. the next two That's months. That's all you need, yeah. But yeah. his point was he only murdered one person and it was in self-defense and the rest were all killed by the person he killed. He ate a piece of <laughs> Can you imagine like sitting there for two months with fuck all else to do only looking out at the white snow in the forest, <laughs> having a little fire, making a fire every day, collecting a bit of firewood as you go around. And then coming back every evening to five dead bodies that you're slowly taking chunks off and eating. I've just been like, who am I having today? Um, oh, I just fancy a bit of Gordo. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, ugh, I, had, I had Johnny yesterday and I'm not going to have... It's more of a Wednesday days, kind of a thing. Two days yeah. in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then on Saturday, just make like an amuse-bouche of every... Like just like a set of different pick-and-mix toes or something. Just toes and fingers. So... Like popcorn. Like popcorn chicken. <laughs> Um, that's 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 a bit rough, and you would wonder like how he's going out. Like I'm just thinking of the logistics of getting stuck like that. Like how how are you getting firewood the whole time? Are you chopping down trees? Yeah. Are you burning calories to chop down trees? Are you going to collect another firewood? Eventually, you'd run out of trees in your immediate vicinity, and you'd have to keep widening and widening the circle. Mm. So towards the end, he was walking the furthest away from his camp, chopping down the most trees, using up all that energy, and having to drag them all the way back to chop them up for fire. So, like, the weaker you get, the more energy you have to exert to keep yourself yeah, warm. Yeah. So, if I got stuck in that situation, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to get firewood. I'm going to start the furthest away I can walk while I have the energy now. Yeah. Which means your energy is deplete quicker. But when you're weak towards the end, you only have to look beside you and you have the trees beside you. So, you work from the outside in. Like, that's what I'd be doing. Now, Hashtag scouts. <laughs> the thing with this group, like, they, so they left on a long expedition looking for gold. So, they had supplies with them. They, they, weren't, they wouldn't have been starving straight away. So it does seem like Packer resorted to cannibalism very quickly. Quite quickly. Like, he didn't waste any time. It was like, whatever, whatever happened, we don't know exactly what happened. Maybe they started getting ticked with him and started pushing him around going, you said you were a tracker and you're a fucking dickhead and they were going to kill him and he just started defending Quite possibly, himself. yeah. Or he was just, maybe he was leading them to their deaths anyway. Yeah. Who knows? But either way, it seems like it took no time for him to decide, I'm going to eat these people Yum. so they probably still had quite a lot of uh muscle and flesh on them so you probably could live off them for quite a long time yeah two months seems like a long time i mean if you're two months in a boat probably not but if he's able to get snow and turn it into water and you know you might even get a few berries or something some some winter berries well in 1886 he was convicted on five counts of manslaughter and sentenced to 40 years Eight for each count of murder. So at the time, this was the longest custodial sentence in U.S. history. Forty years was the longest custodial sentence. At this point, anyway. But um, I think actually he ended up marrying his lawyer as well. Well, if she was, and then did he eat her? (laughs) (laughs) If she's lucky. I mean, in the cannibal. (laughs) (laughs) And I think he he died in he died in prison. So so I guess not. Well, I mean, did they have were, were they allowed those kind of visits back then? Well, if he only got um, 40 years total for that many people, I'm sure they were allowed conjugal yeah, visits. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Packer was a bell pup. 
Yeah, belt pop. I mean, supporting up mildly. He, yeah. was, he, he seemed like... There was intention there. Seemed like a bit of a laugh, though. Yeah. <laughs> seemed to have a bit of good humour about him. I mean, if you ever walk back into town, fit as a fiddle, <laughs> with nobody that you left town with. But, like, those descriptions of him arriving back to camp looking very stout. No. Yeah. That's a very old-timey way of reporting it i'm sure he didn't like he just came back looking normally it was it was fake news of the time <laughs> he probably came back not looking starving yeah yeah and, that and was he was enough. he was well you know like the guy in last yeah like people were like i i find I, my suspension of disbelief is <laughs> yeah i'm doubting your starvation yeah. uh, there was also uh some wartime uh cannibalism right you're probably referring to the siege of leningrad indeed i am uh, so this was nearly a three-year bombardment by uh, the, the German Nazi forces against the city of what we now know as St. Petersburg. Yeah. Uh, the Russian population didn't just face a daily barrage here of bombing and just fucking horrible violence. Yeah. A million people died in the siege. It lasted for 900 days. That's a really long time. And forced most of the population to starve to death. Uh, they had rations. But it was, they, they had a ration of a loaf of bread, but wasn't a real loaf, wasn't what we know as a loaf. It amounted to the weight of a chocolate bar. Right. That was what they had as a daily supply. So with that, pretty soon rumors of cannibalism within the city started to spread. Kids getting nabbed like in the Ukraine. Pretty much. It yeah. was so ripe that people started to like lock their doors and just not allow their children out under any circumstances. Of course. Children are the easiest prey. And the most delicious. <laughs> are they? I mean, you never hear of men getting abducted and eaten by the Clintons. I think they were just easier to capture, maybe. Clinton, yeah. The Clintons could have anybody they wanted, sure. Yeah, but to kill for telling on them. I mean, like, to eat. Mm. Are you talking about like chicken wings come off little chickens? Yeah, it's like veal, you know? It's like mm. the nicest stuff comes from the youngest, like lamb. Yeah, maybe. Do you know? Yeah. <laughs> who'd, who'd have mutton when you can have lamb? But uh, the Soviets kind of denied that cannibalism existed. Sure here. they did. Of course they did. Sure, when they had George Bernard Shaw come over to have a look at Moscow, Stalin had five streets specially made, like full yeah. of stuff and all, and wouldn't let him look down any side streets. It was like, Look, George Bernard Shaw, we have many things in Russia. Propaganda is wrong <laughs> in, the, in uh, England and US about how we treat our people. And literally, like, there was lads holding up, like, pictures of nice streets at the end of other streets. And behind them, there was, like, dozens of people who were all, like, ah, like, fucking walking dead behind them. And yeah. bits dying for a sandwich. But, yeah, in recent years, it's actually evidence has shown that not only was cannibalism ripe in St. Petersburg at the time, but the Soviets actually had to set up an entire police force to try and stop the practice. Yes. And they reckon... And, this is only and what's that's in, a fucking movie. Imagine, imagine having to set up a police force just to go out and stop yeah. cannibalism. Inglorious yeah. Bastards what's 2. What's the SI TV show would that be like? <laughs> yeah. Cannibalism <laughs> Police International. Yeah. Um, it, and at least 260 people were arrested for it. And it is weird that in that, in that, they're like being bombarded by another army and they're setting up a police force to yeah. arrest people within their city resorting to cannibalism. And at the same time, they had soldiers on the front who were going, I, I can't handle this anymore. And as they started to walk away, their, su their superior officers were shooting them in the back as they yeah. left. 
And they're making stew out of them. Well, I mean, they weren't not making stew out of them. <laughs> Do you know? Like, it ha- like, people sometimes need to eat people. It sometimes needs to happen. Because otherwise they would die. We're not ready for the off defense yet. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> but, I mean, shit, I, if you're I, fucking 900 days and your whole city is being stuck and you can't get that in or out. But I guess the, the issue with in this instance wasn't just, wasn't that they were, it was people eating people. It was that they were actively killing, killing. people. Yeah. Like that there was kids disappearing and stuff. Hmm. So like, that, that's not cool. Yeah, but similarly to the bears eating their own kids so that the men bears <laughs> wouldn't come in and be all like, hey, I hear there's some bitches over here. What's going on? Yeah, but I think in, the, in this case, it's more like men, male bears coming in, kidnapping the younger bear, taking them out and eating them. Yeah. So, and then killing everybody like yeah, ma- yeah. as well, you know, like killing the mother bears and all that. So, so, so the mother bears yeah, are like, yeah. I'm going to eat this bear so I can live long enough to yeah, but make in this, more baby bears. Yeah, yeah. Only in this version, the mother bear doesn't, doesn't take that precaution, I guess. Not that yeah. you would want to, but... No, you wouldn't because it's inhumane, but at <laughs> yeah. the same time, delicious children. I mean, fuck's sake, like, they, like you said, Claire, they're the most vulnerable. They are easy to catch. They taste delicious, like you said. I mean, this is, you can understand Well, it. I didn't say they taste delicious. <laughs> you did not say it. <laughs> I said, uh, I know people like veal and people like little baby chicken wings. Yeah. I didn't say it. Children are wow, the most we, we can read between the lines. Yeah, we know what you mean. Um, then there, there is another uh, one of these expeditions. We have two more expedition stories. Uh, one of them is the Franklin expedition that you were looking into. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the Franklin expedition. So, in 1845, there was an expedition of 129 men led by Sir John Franklin. I bet you he ate half the men. <laughs> so, what happened? Close. Close. Um, I left Great Britain for the Canadian Arctic in search of the Northwest Passage. Their ships, the HMS Ebrus and the HMS Terror, which was... Uh, what a fucking ominous of name. Of course. Why wouldn't you name your ship The HMS that? Airbus sounds weird. That's like they're yeah, getting like Ryanair a, a to, the, to the Northwest Passage yeah. or something. Well, believe it or not, neither ship's would ever return to British shores. I believe it. <laughs> One of them now sails the Irish Sea on its own, piloted exclusively by rats. <laughs> on September 12th, uh, 1846, the sea froze around both ships, north of King William Island, signalling the start of winter. Those who had survived the first stage of the ordeal abandoned the ships on foot, also never to be seen again. Yeah, I mean... When you abandon stuff on foot and walk off into snowy nighttime, say goodbye to people because that's the last yeah. time you're ever going to be seen. Like, it's a fucking guarantee. It is, but which would you rather, that or just be frozen in a river on a ship called the Terror? <laughs> that's a cooler <laughs> way to go than lost forever in a forest that no one knows the name of under snow. And then when the yeah. snow melts, get your fucking ass eaten out by a bear. Yeah, I'd probably actually, yeah, I'd probably agree with you there. Yeah. yeah. The, the funny thing about this is the, the, the team had no shortage of food. Huh? They're, like, so wait, wait till you hear this. Altogether, the crew had three years worth of canned food. They had 33,289 pounds of meat. Human meat. 
<laughs> no. All right. Not Regu- on regular good meat. What the fuck? 20,463 pints of soup. Human soup. <laughs> or normal soup. And 8,900 pounds of preserved vegetables. All in canned food. Uh, long shelf life. So like Lost. They had the bunker. They had everything they'd need. But they abandoned it. What the fuck? They, for, for, ha- for most of their travel, they, they, they'd ate some of it. They got through about half of it. But the rest of it, like when, when people found these ships, half of that supply was still on it. These people abandoned the ship. That sounds fishy And didn't bring out, it's crazy. Fishy clear. Mm. Have you seen, the, there's a TV series called The Terror based on it? But no. the whole supernatural thing about this beast that was... Were they ordered, do you think, by Sir John off the ship to go find stuff? Because it's very strange that very. they would have taken off on a hike with, and left all the supplies behind. There's a few theories to why they might have been acting a bit funny. Well, here's one. Okay, so, so the provider of the canned food, he was actually caught up in a scandal just a couple of years later regarding the safety of his food. One report from 1853 said a ship needed to throw out more than 1,500 pounds of putrid canned food overboard. So his, his canned food wasn't keeping... So you think what, that the half the food that the lads had on the They were the expedition, it and it was just gone off and they couldn't so eat it. So they were just like, the rest of us must be gone off, I'm out of here. That's one theory, mm-hmm. but um, there was a, a report in, in the 1920s or a study, concluded that the canned meat found at the site was actually good to eat. Still it, in the 20s? In, yeah, so this was decades after. What the fuck? But in the early 1980s, a Canadian anthropologist named Owen Beatty, him and his research team ex- exhumed three bodies of crew members who had died during the expedition for forensic testing, and they found very high levels of lead in all three bodies. So they were eating the meat out of the cans and got lead poison and went crazy. How it was soldered shut or whatever. They reckon that. So this is the early days of so canned food. they might have taken off because they were mental. They think they had lead poisoning. Oh. And that's why they would just be like, we're abandoning ship and leaving everything behind. And wow. just... With lead poisoning and with silver poisoning, yet your skin turns blue. Mm. Do you ever, ever know that? No. Yeah, your skin turns blue. And uh, uh, maybe they were all starting to turn blue and the lads were like, dude, you're fucking, you're blue. I'm tripping. This place haunted. Let's get out of here. <laughs> That'd be weird, what? right? Mm. That explains the, in the in the TV show, they all think that there's like this monster haunting them. I guess lead poisoning would explain that. Yeah, fucking hell. The TV show is completely fictional, though. Right, right, right. But um, so where cannibalism comes into it, there was... No real evidence of cannibalism early on. Ah, Johnny. Don't worry. It comes okay. At, yeah, okay. okay, okay. <laughs> um, but there was some rumours of it. There was a, a bunch of interviews were conducted with Inuits from the region in 1854. And they had said that uh, during the Franklin expedition, because they had seen these people going around, because they were going, they, it wasn't like, they weren't completely... Unknown to the Inuits, they were yeah. going to like trading posts and stuff before they got trapped. They actually had some Inuit guides, so they knew that these these white men were around. Yeah, and then they just stopped seeing them for about a year, and then they started finding bones on the same routes they had right. been using, and they were all like cut up and stacked. They, 
they weren't just people that had fallen and died of natural causes. Like. Yeah. But that was the only real rumors of cannibalism came from that. But uh, BE and his team, they actually found more evidence when they exhumed the bodies. They found uh, knife marks. On the bones. On the bones. From scraping the meat off them. Apparently. Yes. And, and further examination of 35 new bones showed signs of breakage and heating, implying that they had been boiled to uh, extract the marrow or whatever. Uh, Jesus. There's no more evidence after that, but it seems very likely based on that, that they cooked at least some of the crew members. I wonder, did they actually contract any lead poisoning by... Eating the lads who had lead poisoning? I would imagine so. Made it even worse. Doubled down, as it were. Mm. Well, we have some crazy... Like, that's pretty crazy. You have a lead poisoning, you act act a bit mental. We have a story from Florida that Claire is going to regale us with. Yeah. About a man called Ronald Popo, who um, lost a head, as it were. He lost it. He did. Yeah. Known as the Miami zombie attack. And you know, I'm not into zombies, but I found this intriguing. (laughs) Uh, In May 2012, a lad in the nip called Rudy Eugene attacked (laughs) attacked Ronald Popo on the MacArthur Causeway and basically ate his whole face off. I'm sure people have heard about this. It was on everything everything yeah, yeah. yeah. the news Big report had had the lads uh had the camera like i was whoa. yeah yeah uh rudy um rudy what you doing eating that man's face over there under the bridge did you not eat up your whole dinner rudy thought papa stole his bible and jumped on him ate his eyes pulled off ronald's face with his teeth and ate his nose and it was all caught on security camera at the time. But the face eating couldn't be seen. Yeah. It was just Ronald Popo lying on his back with his legs jittering. And then Rudy, Rudy, oh, on top of him. I'm kind of happy it couldn't be seen. With be his bare arse yeah. out to the world. Yeah. Kneeling over him, eating his fucking face, man. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing looked really 28 days later. It was very fucking like, like he jumped over the partition and caught. Ronald Popo and stuck him to the ground and started going <laughs> like I was I remember watching on the news and being like that's it now it's zombie apocalypse yeah you that's see I'm not into zombie apocalypses so I just thought those are two humans who aren't interacting normally I don't know it's 2012 May 2012 we're looking forward to the end of the world of on course. December 21st like of course of course you're gonna think shit man yeah. this is the fucking start of it well you'll be know. happy I'm, to I'm know apocalypse stuff either no <laughs> not at all <laughs> you'll be happy to know that Ronald is doing well fair play Ronald uh, turn the other cheek now he does look a bit like Skeletor but he seems in good form yeah you seem playing guitar and smiling and, and apparently oh, really? bath salts were to blame yeah they said that for this young lad doing this gruesome thing um, maybe if you've taken them, you know they're not great for you. Yeah, they're not. I don't know. I haven't. Um, I mean, I've put bath salts into my bath. That's why I, I thought you meant originally. I was like, well, how, yeah. how would bath yeah. salts? Yeah, no. It's, it's methadrone. It's called M-E-P-H. Mm-hmm. It's like a Chinese plant food job. Uh, mm. They know it as black cat or meow meow. And it's a, I've heard of meow meow. Yeah, it's an artificial kind of a, a amphetamine. Mm. But it's fucking demented. You yeah. take it and it's like... You're gone for a good while, yeah. two days. Like you're fucking delusional. Uh, it's crazy. You're, you know, loads of fucking garning and making loads of faces like you're on crazy, right. strong pills and 
But this fella had only cannabis in his system when the toxicology report came back. Yeah. So Remember in the news, it was all like, bath salts made yeah, this man chew your man's trying, face off. They were trying to use bath salts as the next, well, like Meth or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They were, you know, they were scaremongering for obvious reasons. Yeah. But it was actually just cannabis he had in his system. Um, so it's cannabis that made him do it. But as it, well. could, <laughs> it could have been some new d- designer version of like a... Um, you know, a synth- synthetic cannabis or yeah. something. And they can't well, test was, for everything. It, yeah, it was a, it was a, could have been, do you know the way like with methadone, they make it legal and then they barely change the chemical component so it has yeah. the same effect. Yeah. But the chemical is not illegal anymore. That's mm. why all so, those head shops were able to be open in Ireland. Because yeah. they had drugs that hadn't been ruled illegal yeah, yet, but yeah. they were still making people do crazy things. Yeah. And then the, the law would go, okay, that version of it is, mm. is illegal. And then they go, okay, and slightly change the chemical compound. Yeah. It still did the same thing. So in the evolution of the different changes of the drug, it ended up being like super strong. And people were like looking at that going, yeah, I mean, bath salts. I mean, you know, anyone that's taking them would be like, I wouldn't need anyone's face, but you do go a bit mental. And you overheat and you take off all your clothes and your mom was naked when he jumped it's on. It's like getting hypothermia. Like. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fucked up, man. It's, it's wow. a crazy drug. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine like... Yeah, I've got um, no desire to do that. No. <laughs> I, 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 would, I, like, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. No. Ever, 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 ever. You know, it's really bad. Taking but, like, somebody's Bible. E- yeah, because <laughs> then you get some mad going to age your face. So. Um, so yeah, I mean, Rudy's, uh, Rudy's in the slammer, but it's, um, it's a battle, battle jaunt for Ronald Popo because now he hasn't got a face. Like, he's I blind. They, he, he had a beard. Oh. had a full, full beard. Lost his beard. Uh, no, he kept his beard. Oh, that was okay. the only bit of his face that oh, wasn't eaten. Okay. Well then, <laughs> but if he had, it's fine that he can't see. <laughs> but if he hadn't got a beard, he would have lost the whole bottom of his face as well. Like Rudy didn't need his lips or anything, but he ate. So the beard saved. Beard him. saved half his face. So he pulled off all his forehead skin and his nose and bit his nose off and pulled out two of his eyes and ate them like grapes, <laughs> popping them. And now you look at Rudy and it's just like he caught his face on the belt sander. Like the uh-huh. whole the whole of his face is gone. But he's got his beard, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's another man called Rick Gibson that had a weird, weird little art experiment, Claire, you were looking into. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of people saying, oh, this random weird thing I'm doing is an art installation. Yeah. This guy, Rick Gibson, ate human tonsils under the name of an art installation because cannibalism is actually not illegal in England. Yeah, by law. Really? Mm. Yeah. In they, no terms, like, Obviously, if you kill somebody. Well, yeah, yeah. But I know, because in a lot of places, it's like cannibalism. Cannibalism isn't illegal, but desecration of a corpse is. And that's how they get. Oh, maybe so, yeah. But anyway, sorry. Well, these were donated to him. So I suppose he wasn't desecrating anything. Um, He cooked and ate them. And then a year later, ate a testicle in London, too. We've all been there. (laughs) (laughs) Have we? I mean, like, who hasn't ate a testicle in London? Me. I have to go to London, so. Um, he tried it in Vancouver and uh, he had the meat taken off him because of indecency. But the court ruled that it was fine and he ate the testicle on the steps of the courthouse. Oh like God. a badass mofo. <laughs> yeah, took it off the, off the uh, evidence table and went out and just went, so I'm allowed to eat this, am I? Hum. Yeah, it's rotten, but I proved my point. So I suppose no laws probably apply if it's like an art piece. It's like smoking. You can't smoke in the workplace here, but you can smoke on stage if it's in a play. Yeah, there was a woman who 
she has some art installation where she put like a box over her tits and it was like a mirror box and it had a camera inside and she had someone film her so she was naked and the people had put their hands into oh. the box and squeeze her tits and yeah. she had another one for her fanny and Lala just put his hand into the box and give her a little feed the, feed the pony or whatever but uh, she'd just take randomers off the street but it was an art installation yeah so. it was an art installation to, to uh, draw attention to the concept of consent she was just like yeah you can do that and those lads went up to her and were just like, like on, the, on the street. And she let them. But it was her body, her choice or whatever. But an art installation. And then she got done for indecency. Oh, so she did? Get, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. In England, um, anthropologists have recently found that um, around the time of the Neolithic era, era, there were cannibals who were like uh, mesoliths. Oh, yeah. Right. And they were not fans of the farmers coming and, you know, they were like hunter-gatherers. They didn't want the farming thing to take. Yeah. Coming and settling. So up in the Dales, in the Yorkshire Dales, um, they found bones of babies and stuff that has been proven to be um, the result of cannibalism. And they think that that was like... An, um, Exo-cannibalistic Yeah, measure, that yeah. it was like... Trying to intimidate the Neoliths going, fuck off with your farm or we'll take your babies. Wow. Or maybe and that the babies are just delicious. <laughs> That's the thing going you have back to keep to remembering. Back to that chicken wing <laughs> argument. Just saying, like a baby's little arms. Little it seems like arms. definitely a good way to uh, scare off a new, yeah. a new of tribe course. or a new species. Massively from But also, how how do you start a new era if you've no humans to start? Well, you yeah. Know, but if even, all your young humans are being stolen and eaten. But even if you weren't cannibalizing people, mm. just spreading that, just but, having people fear you as being a cannibal. Yeah, yeah you don't have to eat all the babies. You just have to eat one that, yeah. very famous baby. Yeah. The study of the bones would suggest that they did make it a practice. It, it, you know. Yeah. Now, there is one uh, particularly magnificent story, a very, very uh, famous widespread known story uh, that Claire was looking into about a lovely German man who oh, loves yeah. a bit of cock. This lad is a bit fucked. Yeah, but he really likes being weird. Yeah. I mean, He's all like, I'm the weirdest. In the place, <laughs> I know this story, but yeah, in the whole of Rothenburg, wasn't it Rothenburg or somewhere like that? So Arwen May was ate um the penis and then the rest. <laughs> so when I say the penis and then the rest, his um willing victim was was conscious when he cut off and cooked his penis. So he had taken load of painkillers to like like anesthetize him against the pain of the removing of the penis. But he was definitely a willing victim. So wait, what, like, go back for a second. So yeah. what, he like put an ad on Craigslist? He, not, on, online, yeah, yeah. What's... So um, so Bernard Jürgen uh, Brandis, uh, as part of their shared sexual fantasy, they met on a website called, wait for it, The Cannibal Cafe. Oh yeah, they were, they were really They were really into the dark net. <laughs> it wasn't even darknet. That was like surface net. Yeah, shit. Like, <laughs> that was a dot com. Uh, what yeah. they call it? Um, oh, well, I we want to get the SEO hits. So that's <laughs> a cannibal in there somewhere. I can meet people, but also I want to let them know that I want to eat, literally eat the people. I want to eat and meet the people. Yeah, Cannibal Cafe. 
It was going to be peoplepanini.com, but they changed it. <laughs> so at the Cannibal Cafe uh, was where cannibals would congregate to share so- stories and get like, you know, just get like, weird with it. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, they so like, these two ever, lads, did you ever, Arwen mm. and Burned, uh, met on the 9th of March, two thousand one. Like, let's just put that into perspective. Not a million years ago. No, it was, I mean, it was a pre nine eleven world now, so that is a different story. Mm. Do you know, pre nine eleven, there was different shit happening. Mm. Do you know? Yeah, it We're was talking about pre, Spice Girls are at the top of the yeah. charts. Pre Akla Merkel, like, Germany, what? maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, six months pre nine eleven or something. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a different world. <laughs> Do you know? It's so, just Germans just walking around, offering to cut off, cook, eat their dicks for people. Like it's a different kind of existence. So this is probably around the same year I saw Alive for the first time. Just thousand one, really. Just going by whatever age I said I was at the oh. start. Yeah, around about the same time. It was okay. like, maybe these lads saw it and went, oh, that looks like a, a weird weekend. <laughs> well, no, Erwin um, was a fan. Like, he had been fantasizing about this since he was about eight, since his dad and his stepbrothers left him with his very controlling mom. Oh, right. Yeah, so, like, he had been That's... fantasizing about having, first of all, he'd had a, an imaginary brother. And then he started an like imaginary brother, not an imaginary friend, no, but yeah, an imaginary he brother. His brother so much. Wow! And then did he, he kill his imaginary brother or an imaginary even? <laughs> well, no, because he once he started to have like sexual thoughts, he started to think about like, I love my imaginary brother so much. Do you know what I really love? If he was a part of me forever, and how could I do that? Oh yeah, I could eat him. Oh my god! But also, if he's imaginary, I can't eat him. So I have to find somebody real that I can eat. What the fuck? How would you get there? Like, uh, that's a whole true crime episode in its own. Yeah, you yeah. make those connections. So, anyways, on the 9th of March, two thousand one, he, uh, your man Brand- Bernard Jürgen Brandis, that met Arwen, um, was, uh, that they, they, they met at the Cannibal Cafe. So your man showed up at its farmhouse, and so they actually videotaped everything. So, like, when when the police were tipped off years later. They actually found videotapes the whole process. From start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they videotaped themselves cutting off the penis and then cooking and they both ate it. So so the the guy cut off his own dick and balls. The guy who responded to this ad. He consented to having them cut off. He helped to cut them off. And so he's been given painkiller. He's not feeling anything. Well, yeah. So this is like, you've seen Hannibal. Yeah. This is like the scene in Hannibal where Hannibal cuts open Ray was brain and lobotomizes him. Yeah. And he feeds him his brain. Yeah. He wasn't willing in that, but it's the same. That's, I haven't heard this. That's so fucked up. Do you know what he did with yeah. his dick? Brandis helped to cut off his own penis and then put like a big blanket on the hole where it was so what, he wouldn't bleed out immediately. And then they cut dick in half and Brandis went to eat one half. And Mavis was eating the other half. And Brandis chewing it. And he's like, oh, it's raw, man. I can't really eat it. So then Mavis said, okay, give it to me. Spit it out. And he spat it back out into his hand. And he cut it up into small lumps. And he squished it together with some garlic and some salt. And fried it in a pan with a little few onions. And he gave it back to him as like a little kind of a mousse bouche in a small bowl. Oh, my God. And Brandis ate his own dick. And then the other bit that was left over, uh, they cooked it. And Mavis left it on the frying pan too long and it ended up getting burnt. So he just fed that to his dog. So your man Brandis ended up watching the tip of his penis 
getting burnt in the frying pan. Like the one chance you have a, a, a in your whole life to cook and eat somebody's dick and you leave it in the pan too long and you burn it and you have to give it to your dog. Like I've burnt... I've burnt your takeaway. <laughs> yeah. I've burnt like pork chops before. Come on, guys. And they're like five ninety nine or whatever for a couple in the shit. Like I am absolutely raging that I burnt them. Imagine if it was a man's penis. Now on the cannibalcafe.com, there's a banner that says, careful guys, penises burn real quick. Yeah, pe- penis meat <laughs> needs to be watched constantly and yeah. properly seasoned. So Brandis was killed and dismembered and left in the freezer. Now he consented to the killing. To all of it. Yeah. Well, he was dying. He was dying from blood loss. And yeah. he went, can, can you help me get into the bath? I just want to pass away in the bath. Mm. But and then the, but he got into he... the bath and he was bleeding out because his dick and balls were missing mm. out of a hole in him because they scooped out loads of stuff, right? And he was like hitching his breath and he started to suffer. Mm. And Mavis went, I don't want to, I don't want to let you suffer. Do you want me to finish you off? And Ram Brown is like, yeah. So he went and he dug into his neck and he cut just across his, his windpipe and everything. So just to go back. So when he replied to the ad, it was just about. I want to have a really complicated suicide, basically. So, but that's why, so he did, mm. the, the agreement was that he would die yeah. going yeah, there. It wasn't just about eating his penis. No, no. no. Okay. And he also, he wanted, he thought he could live on in somebody who ate him. Right. Yeah. So he thought, like, he did believe that, that like his spirit would be connected like the tribes, forever. Yeah. Yeah. With, and so, and Arwen believed that as well. So, believe it or not, um, Myra's went on to eat nearly all of them before he was caught. Like he ate 44 kilos of meat of him um, before he got nabbed. In 2004, he was convicted of manslaughter and he got only, he only served eight years in prison. He, he, over the course of a year, he ate this lad and then he only got eight years. Yeah. So how did he get caught? Just He, he was well, actually yeah, in touch with another guy. I think he was from Switzerland. Greedy. And, and the other guy was like, come here, guards. There's this weirdo living in this massive farmhouse in this place. And I think he has actually right. killed somebody in the past. They went to check and like immediately, like first thing was like, we think this guy has like killed somebody and frozen him wow. and put him in the freezer. They checked the freezer. There's a false bottom. And then there's a load of mate under the false bottom. He had, he had big oh, giant. That's proper Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, yeah. He had, he had like, four giant that? pizza boxes at the bottom of the thing covering the lumps of the man meat. Yeah. So when you look in the bottom, it's like, oh yeah, the whole bottom is filled with frozen wow. pizza. Yeah. And then they're like, what's that? And he's like, pork. Tastes like pork. <laughs> That's like Jeffrey Dahmer, didn't he claim yeah. it was like movie props he had in the yeah. fridge or something. So in 2006, because of the videotape that your man had and the cruel intent, um, they retried him for murder. And now... He's serving life in prison. Okay. He'll never get out. So it's kind of like, you know, like you, double jeopardy. You can't be tried for a crime, but apparently you can be tried for a crime that you hadn't been tried for before. Well, it was so a re- even though he'd already served eight years, you're like, actually, more serious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I yeah, don't think double jeopardy applies if. Um, no, that's what I mean. It was like, yeah, minus double jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. Minus Jefferson. But it wasn't any, it wasn't any like new information. It was just a, re, a, a reassessment of. Yeah. The, the seriousness. The seriousness. Because he yeah. was about to be released and they're like, come here. I don't think eight years is enough for yeah, that. Yeah. Like, they were he, like, we may have fucked this up. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Um, Great liar the first time. Shit liar the second time, maybe. Yeah. 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 He, apparently he's a vegetarian now. Oh, yeah. You'd want to be. 
you'd fucking want to be. Especially if you're hoping for Scottish. He's got a PR. Maybe agent maybe he him. was a vegetarian at the time that he was being retried. I'm not sure. <laughs> That's fucked up. Like yeah. who who replies like the person who replied to that ad is as sick as him. Mm. Oh, like well, that's I mean, what's mad. This lad was wanting to kill himself and yeah. just did so in a very interesting and now but he was. famous, I think it's a bit infamous more way. than him wanting to kill yeah, himself, though. Well, he didn't want to live anymore. That might have been a part of it, a lot but of obviously... people don't want to live anywhere, but they're not like, can you cut off my penis, please? Especially um, the fact all of you guys haven't obviously seen the Pain Olympics on the internet because there's fucking dozens and dozens <laughs> of people who sit on a camera and f- mutilate their genitals or, and or yeah. kill themselves live on camera for people but to watch. But that's more than just being suicidal. Like, there's something else at play there. It's self-destruction. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. And this, well, this lab was self-destructing with somebody else. Like, I've seen, I I've seen a, dudes I, I do that, like, cut their that. dicks and balls off and then, like, chop them up and... Yeah, but I would say there's some weird sexual fetish going on there, too. As well, yeah. yeah. But that's what that's all I mean is that yeah. it's not just somebody. But it's just the same as somebody going like, "I want you to fuck me and I want you to choke me as well." Like it's like it's not the same. Yeah. It's... Um, I want you to jump up and down on my balls wearing stilettos for some kind of sexual release. It could it's permanently... closer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but they generally but... have a safe word. Like the idea of the finality of you're going to eat a part of me I won't get to use anymore. Yeah, and like it'll ultimately said, kill me. It's like, like I said, Pan Olympics, lads. Those fucking guys are. I never want to see that. Mm, yeah, probably not. Like I've seen bits of it, but yeah, I don't want to go further. Not great. I've seen a lad like do you know the way a professional chef a, a cut like a cucumber. <laughs> I've seen a lad do that to his dick, and it's not cool. <laughs> While it's still attached to him. Yeah, they have one last wank sometimes. And then just go while it's still kind of full and go. <laughs> Again, you need that parental control. Get <laughs> away from this stuff. That's what the internet is made for, man. Come on. To see the weirdest no, shit. No, well, that's made and, for cute cats. That and Netflix puppy. and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, Johnny, there is one more uh, epic tale of uh, when expeditions go wrong. <laughs> uh, and it's the cannibalized. Uh, it's the cannibal story that gave us the name for the very, very famous uh, uh, the m- meat pita, uh, the Donner Kebab. This is the, the Donner Party yeah. expedition. I believe that's historically accurate. I think that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Donner Party. Are you, how familiar are you with the Donner Party? I watched a small documentary that let me know that it's real hard out in them there hills. Which it is, yes. It is. Um, so for people that don't know, the Donner Party was a, a wagon train that uh, set out from Springfield, Illinois in um, the 1840s. Uh, this was a time of Great Depression in, in America. Sure. There was a, a crippling economic crash in 1837. And um, a lot of people on the East were feeling the brunt of that. But the West was the promised land. Sure. Out to Palo Alto and they just get into some startup and away you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also there was... There's an app for that. Yeah. <laughs> it, w- it wasn't just like that there was de- a depression, but there was also this philosophy of the time called the Manifest Destiny. Yeah, which is like, hey, Indians, go fuck off to where you don't come from. Exactly. And you have those mechanical spiders that Will Smith was able to ride through the desert with Calvin Klein. Wow, there wow, was that Wes. too. Like, that was to be seen. There was also 
cholera outbreaks and yeah, yeah. stuff like that on the east. Mormons murdering people dressed as Indians. We all know the crack. But the east was a bad place to live at the time mm. just because there was so many people had come over and there just wasn't, enough, white people and wasn't enough to go around. Those are paddies and Italians and... <laughs> Taking about the fucking area. So in Illinois, there was a guy called James Reed who had uh, read a book by Lanford W. Hastings. And in this book, so the track out, out west was pretty severe. Yeah. Took, I'm not sure the exact number, but it was something like six, seven months. Essentially, you could only do it if you were super rich. Yeah. Rich at the time. Reed probably could have done it. He was a successful businessman. He had uh, served in the, the, Haw- the Hawk War, I think it was called. He served alongside Abraham Lincoln. Oh, yeah. Um, and he was a successful businessman, so he probably could have done it. But there was, in the time, there was no point taking, you, well, you couldn't take this journey by yourself. You needed like a, a posse. You needed essentially a village, because if you're going out west and you wanted to make a new life for yourself, you wanted yeah. to build a village. But he read this book by Lanford Hastings. And in this, he talked about this, uh, he call, called it the Hastings Cut-Off, which was the shortcut through the, the Great Salt Lakes, or the Great Salt, Great Salt Lake, the, yeah. Or the, the so I think the Great Basin is what they called it. Yeah. It was a shortcut that would take you off the Oregon Trail through that, and it would cut like a month off your journey. Yeah, deadly. Which made it a lot more... Ap- appealing to people who won't be able to afford to do the journey normally this is the hastings book um moving out west for dummies <laughs> <laughs> it had loads of helpful shortcuts and it had uh, a little pioneer guy you turn up in the corner of the page and every so often it'd be all like you look like you need help yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think it was called the the, Im- the immigrant's guide to california and oregon right but I, I believe what you said was the, the subtitle. Yeah. But that's the book he wrote. And uh, Reed read this and thought, okay, this looks promising. I could greatly improve my fortune by doing this. And also I'd be able to uh, convince people who wouldn't typically be able to afford it. Yeah. I'd be, I'll be able to convince more people to come out and, and do yeah, it. Yeah, they're like, we'll do it a month sooner. And everyone's like, yeah, sure, fuck it then. Yeah. Um, now... Reed was actually in financial trouble at the time. He ended up pouring everything he had into this wagon train that would set out west. Because it was his life. It was kind of like his Hail Mary. Yeah. And the only reason he was able to do it was because an old friend helped him out. Helped, you know, an accountant who helped him do some of the maths, helped him squander away some money. Yeah, back in the old days, there was like extra numbers. Yeah. yeah. And then you were able to like fiddle them around a little bit. And the guy... No, two numbers, there was two numbers between five and six <laughs> and another one between eight and nine and... You just kind of move them around a bit. You like this. The guy who helped him, like, work the numbers so as they could fund the trip. Yeah. He was actually going to go on the trip with him. Apparently, up until the day they left, he was going to join them. But his wife convinced him not to because he had a, you know, a promising career in politics. Smart woman. Can you give a guess who, uh, who this man was? Andrew Jackson. Abraham Lincoln. Fuck. Flip. Off. It was gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very retro 90s Irish curse word there. Oh, yeah. Flip off, yeah, Johnny. You caught me there, Johnny. I so, was like, probably won't know him. Go on. <laughs> so Mary Todd convinced him not to go. Yeah, she thought it was just said, uh, it's too Smart risky. It's going to be four months on the road. But Abraham, you're, getting you're older. too tall for California. 
And the thing is, when you... When that didn't sound like Mary Todd as well, by the way. That was really bad. Just in case you were... That was the worst Mary Todd impersonation ever. I've ever heard. That was worse than my you Jewish have, Winnie the Pooh. You could have gotten away with that. I would never have questioned My Jewish Winnie the Pooh and my... What was it? My Spanish Cubans. Cuban. Cuban was too Spanish. Abraham Lincoln was was almost a member of the Donner Party. Yeah, imagine. And when you hear about what happens... Imagine if they ate Abraham Lincoln. Well, when you hear about oh, what happens to... When you hear about what happens to people on it, oh. it was all... <laughs> you said, when you hear what happens to people on it, I was like, oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's all like people like old Honest Abe they're the ones that don't make it because they're the ones that are expected to you know abraham lincoln's known as being like you know he fought in war but but he was like the manly man he was the one Mm. that will go out and hold the bear and stuff he'd probably oh i'm gonna spoil it again no it's not a spoiler no okay he was probably the guy who would have fixed the axle if you know what i mean wink yeah (laughs) (laughs) so he would sustain an injury and probably Abe wouldn't have made it because <laughs> he was Abraham Lincoln and he yeah. would have. He was a good guy. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, like, it's not mad. Like, can you imagine how different American history would be if Abe Lincoln was if Abraham on? Lincoln had to go et. <laughs> Slavery would have been there for w- way longer. And it probably wouldn't have been called the Donner Party. It'd be called the Lincoln Party because yeah. he would have yeah. ended up being elected leader. Yeah, man. Because that's the thing. It's called the Donner Party. Though George Donner didn't form it, it was James Reed. I wonder if Abraham Lincoln had went on it and then some people had ate Abraham Lincoln. When they had a shit in the morning, would those have been called Lincoln Logs? I guess they would have. Yeah, that's where we're going with that. (laughs) I wonder if Lincoln and Mary weren't talking for a while afterwards because he was still a bit pissed off. Because he was like, sunny California, you ruined my dream. Yeah, maybe. And then I was going to go out there and be a movie star. Yeah, and then he hears about what happened, and he's like, "Mary, I love you." Oh yeah, I can you imagine, imagine so. how how yeah. much how many apologies he had to make? Yeah, yeah. and she'd have been like, "Hmm, Abraham Lincoln, you need to go to California with that Donner party as much as you need a hole in the head." <laughs> now that's a good Mary Todd impression. Thank you. I worked Locked on it. Down. I worked on it for ages, but um. So the book he read, anyway, by Lanford W. Hastings, this spoke of the Hastings cut-off is what yeah. became known. Uh, the shortcut. Yeah, and Hastings was a trained lawyer with an eye, an eye on politics as well, mm. like old Abe. And he wanted to encourage people to come out to California and settle uh, so as he, they could essentially, like you said earlier, overpower the, the Mexican population. Yeah. Cause something of a bloodless revolution. Yeah, subjugate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just take over by sheer numbers. And what was in it for him was that if he was the one that brought them all here. He'd be the leader. Of course. Yeah. He, Governor he of becomes, California. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's what they all want. Not a bla- bad plan. I mean, as far as like <laughs> imperialism in the country that you already live in goes. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I mean, just because all the land is stuck together doesn't mean it has to be the same country. But <laughs> Americans go, yeah, no, it does. Yeah. You know? Um, so he, he was leading them all to this place called Sutter's Fort, which is modern day Sacramento. Oh, nice. Home of the Golden State Killer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and one of the routes he promoted to encourage more people to make the journey uh, would bring immigrants through the Wasatch Mountains and across the Great Basin. And he claimed it would save them 350 to 400 miles. It's a lot if you're 
huge wagon training yeah uh now there's debate over how much he promoted this some people point out that the fact that in the book he wrote that read red there's only actually one line that mentions this i'll just read the line quickly the most direct path would be to leave the oregon route about 200 miles east of fort hall hence bearing west south west to the salt lake and hence continuing down to the bay of san francisco that's the only line fuck me that's very vague that's like yeah turn left but the sky turns blue so that's what a lot of people say that that like people were reading into it by saying that oh he was telling them to take this shortcut but it sounds like he was covering his ass sure because he didn't just write about it in his book he used to actually um hang around at the forts on the route and advertise his cut off hastings would yeah yeah he he mentioned it briefly in his book but he would like that's really weird and was there a toll to pass through this mm. cut off per chance no toll he just wanted to get people there quickly right he, he was planning on making money once people arrived right um well now it was actually so he didn't hang around is there a road through that valley now or whatever I'm sure there's loads there of is, roads yeah. in there. Yeah. I mean, maybe you could, you could visit it when you're over. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, there was a place called Fort Bridger. And that was when the, the Oregon Trail, when it separated between the road less traveled and the road most usually traveled. Sure. Fort Bridger was at, at the fork in the road. And he would stay there and advertise the road less traveled. But he used to also send couriers with letters to other forts on the trail, advertising his cut off. Uh, so he definitely was actively promoting it. Even though his book was very... It was very vague, but that's... Yeah, uh, well, I mean... It sounds... To me, it sounds like he was protecting himself by he just... He ended up on briefly. the right side of history. Well, mm. he, he would have. Oh. <laughs> uh, there, was, there was a few problems with his cut-off. The, the main one being that he had never taken it. Oh, what, what? a motherfucker. How many people had got on this thing? More than the Donner Party no, or was the Donner Party no, no, nearly first? Uh, people had done it on horseback. But not with a wagon train. That's bad. He did eventually do it on horseback, but not until the spring of 1846. And ironically, the first, the first day he actually set out to take the trail himself was the day the Donner Party left for it. But he was doing it east, or he was doing it west to east. Right. And they were coming east to west. Oh, so he right. was doing it in the height of early summer. Yeah. And they were coming. They were going to make, they were going to get to where he was. Yeah. At but the end of summer. he was on one horse. He was on one horse. He had a few people with him, but yeah, they weren't bringing wagons. Yeah. Um, but that was and the he was f- going and when children. there was no snow. <laughs> Little children. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They get a wagon train back then. It was like, you're, yeah. you're bringing everything you own. You're yeah. bringing every item of clothing. You're they bringing plates. Like, Sorry? They had plates and yeah, cups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like their farm, they were bringing like ox and stuff. Mm. Like the Donner Party had something like 87 oxes when they left. Yeah. And guess how many they had at the end? None. <laughs> <laughs> um, but isn't that mad? So mad. this guy, but, but that's what how, a cunt. But that's how much he, he just saw power in bringing people over. Sure. So um, it was ego. Yeah. Ego and money and just... Send them over through my pass. I don't get... I've got the best pass. It's a tremendous pass. You just have to go there. Uh, you're in the Sacramento. I mean, Sutter's, Sutter's <laughs> Pass. And Why you guys can be there. when you go that exactly. way? Exactly. You're wasting lots of time. Summertime over here. You get a great tan. Tremendous pass. 
But I don't understand how he was going to make money from when the people had got there. Because he'd make a little town. Well, it was because they were and charged I guess, taxes. Like, you're and coming to like a set, like he's established Sutter's Fort, I, and I don't think he like owned Sutter's Fort. Or no, anything, yeah, but, but he, he has was a hand in all the business. He set up a base well. there, so once everybody comes there, he'd be the one that showed them around. Made they'd, in the shade. They'd, he'd set if if there was like traders. Yeah, he'd be, if they set up a post, he'd be the one to arrange like, that for them. He 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 becomes default only, mayor, kind of. But they would only get there via his shortcut. They wouldn't end up there if they went the other way. Well, they would, but the the other way would take longer. So they might not be. It was a way to entice them to get there. Like, as in competition, like if you get there first, was well, it's more because like it might take you a, on on the other route. I don't know the exact number. But let's say it took eight months. A lot mm. of people couldn't afford to take eight months out of their life mm. just to travel this route. Whereas the 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 shortcut he promoted have that. Right. So people are like, well, we can we can close the farm for four months and get to California, this California, this new promised land. Yeah. It just became more enticing for them. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Like it's a scumbag move, but it the is. thing is, like he he. But he wasn't the only one. Like we did in the Mormons episode, we talked about those kind of lads everywhere, everywhere across America at this point, trying to make like little Mormon enclaves and trying yeah. to make towns, and only dealing with other Mormon people. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. And like obviously he didn't. He wasn't expecting, nor obviously did he want people to die on it because like the goal for him was to bring as much people mm. over as possible. But he just, he was doing it without thinking about what could go wrong. Because he just looked at a map and saw the Great Basin and was like, yeah, that looks like it's only 20 miles. You could get through that in a week. But he, but like. He hadn't traversed the ter- terrain himself. And plus it like, was a map. Like we, we talked yeah. about this on the Flat Earth episode. Like Pretty shitty map. How can you look at a map from the, the, the 1840s yeah. and even to assume that it's an accurate depiction of what the terrain's like? Yeah. Like, think about America at the time. I put up, there's a a little gif I have of the growth of America in the American states. Like, Missouri was the furthest west that America, the actual, like, states of America went at that point. So you're talking about, like, the Colorado Territory, the Utah Territory. What was New Mexico was actually, like, part of Mexico. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But Texas is Mexico at this point. Yeah, like, it's it's not defined. It's the Badlands. It's filled with Native Americans. It's filled with danger everywhere. There's no proper roads. There's no, there's a few forts out there like to mine you or to make sure that fucking you don't get scalped by Indians and loads of, loads of people were getting attacked, you know, going through these sep- different passes. They'll go down through the north and down this way or they go through Utah like these lads and fucking Mormons are coming dressed as Indians and take all your shit and then say, oh, the Indians did it, but it's white lads with war paint on that look like Indians wow. and they used to fucking attack people. Because they went, they got fucked out of America because of polygamy and because of all this other stuff. And they moved out to Utah. And that's where they have this massive stronghold in Utah that when they made a deal then with the federal government and Utah got adopted into the United States of America, that the Mormons still had quite a, uh, you know, substantial political and and financial foothold in the state. So like these people, if you got out to California at this time and you made a town you were a billionaire. You were fucking set to go. Like, you were at yeah, least a millionaire. Yeah. Mm. Because this is the first time, like, that people were going to be going out there. 
I remember in the Patton Oswalt comedy special, he's like, I'm from Burbank, California. It was named that because it was founded by John Burbank. <laughs> and he just landed out there and just went, this is called Burbank. And we all live here now. Now it's one of the most affluent places yeah, you know, yeah. around. Well, it's like there's so many towns that just sprang up when they were building like the train, the train yeah. line through California. <laughs> there was towns that just sprang. It would be like one shop just sold water to people working on it and towns start to spring up around it. Yeah. But the guy who started selling the water was the guy who ran the town. Yeah. It's madness. But that's how it was in the Old West. Oh, so this lad is dying to get these people, sending them through a bad traversed uh, uh, mountain pass to get over here. But they set out on it anyway. Reed is just determined and like his business is failing. So he kind of needs it. So he he recruits his, well, so him, he's also Reed's 45 at this point. Right. So not a young man, especially Old West times. Yeah. He recruits his friend, George Donner, who is 62. Fuck off. Oh, yeah. that's old. Yeah, nobody's like, yeah, George Donner was an old man. Back then, yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's like ancient for 1840. Yeah. He also had five children. And I'd say his hips were wrecked. <laughs> Reed had, actually, I think he had five children with his current wife. This is his second wife. He might have had a few with the other. I think they were on the journey too. Yeah, I think they might have had 12. Yeah, I think that's yeah, in total. Yeah. yeah. So he had five in his second marriage as yeah. an old an older man. And he had the other seven just in case they needed a snack if they got <laughs> stuck in the mountains. And there was also Jacob. Delicious children. Ja- Jacob Donner was George's younger brother. Uh, and he had also read Hastings book and he was I think it was him and Reed that kind of convinced George to to Jesus pack up man. their life and come out come along. This seems like a whole bunch of lads just having a midlife crisis <laughs> and they're just like, you want to do that? Yeah, sure. And I'll just go buy jet skis or something. Well, you're not too off there because, me. because Reed actually, this became like a, a point of contention within the group. Reed, they all came on like, you know, your classic Western wagons, you see. Mm. Reed had a double decker wagon with like a stove on, on each floor. He was really? living like a king and he had like, he had hired servants. So they brought two spare wagons behind. Is that what they called teamsters? <laughs> yeah. Were they servants? Yeah. All right. Well, well like hi- hired, sir. They weren't, not slaves or anything mm. though, but they had hired mm. servants. They're lads that carry stuff and they still have those guys today. <laughs> they do, they're the teamsters. <laughs> so, no, the teamsters, they're like a teamsters union. So yeah, if they yeah. want. Like in a ca- carnival. Yeah, if you want sure. stuff moved, the teamsters do that. Mm. So read. Re- <laughs> they're synonymous <laughs> with. Mafia organizations and stuff like that. Because the, the mafia got into the unions, and the unions were the Teamsters. And if the Teamsters decided to stop working, nothing got done on the docks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then Batman comes along. And yeah, then, yeah. But so uh, Reed convinced the Donners anyway, and t- together they gathered another eight families, uh, as well as seven Teamsters with uh, with loads and loads of delicious children. Well, the, the Teamsters, a number of the Teamsters would have been bachelors, mostly bachelors. No, I mean, the families had well, the families all children. had. Well, they all had like it, the olden times, like the infant mortali- mortality rate was so high, you had to have loads of children. Yeah. In case you ran out at <laughs> um, Thanksgiving. Altogether, the initial group included 32 men, women and children, but it grew. Uh, of the families, and some of these names are worth remembering just for future reference. So the Graves family. The Breens, Murphys, William Eddy and his family, the McCutcheons, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, and a man named Louis Kaisberg or Keysberg. That's a, that last name is really important. 
the Lewis Keysburg. Remember that. We're going to come back okay, to that. Okay, okay. Uh, so in mid-April, they set out um, on all these brand new wagons, estimating it would take four months for the journey across the plains, desert, rivers, mountains, everything. And it went pretty well. Like, there was no real problems. There was a woman called Sarah Keys. She died in the first month. And they ate her. <laughs> and that's when the cannibalism started. No, she was an old woman who actually, they kind of, when she came, her family knew she was going to die. Oh, so they brought her along for food, like. <laughs> they were just like, here, I want you to see the rest of America before yeah, you croak. before it. you die and before you eat. No, they were like, like, they were leaving for California. So they're like, you're never going to see your family again. Right. She wanted to, she knew she was going to die. And she's like, I would rather die on the road with you than just never see you again. Which I can understand that. Oh yeah. And uh, 4% of people that took these, uh, these kind of routes back in the day died anyway. So losing one person in the first few weeks, not a big deal. Yeah. Just taking the weight off the stats for the rest of the people then. Yeah. <laughs> so eventually they stopped off at Fort Laramie and James Reed ran into an old friend from Illinois who had just traveled a new route the Hastings had been talking about. Mm. And when he met Reed, he warned him that this route isn't what Hastings has claimed it is and said, just don't take it. What was it? Well, just it wasn't. Nobody had traveled it before. Oh, there was right. no routes marked. You will just be cutting down trees. That it will. It won't be as. It looks like a short route on the map, but because nobody's crossed it before, you're just not going to make it. And a lot of people will point out that Reed probably should have taken this advice now. I mean, yeah, like the lot the diminishing returns and all that. Put a couple of months on it and actually get there, or go through the pass and everyone dies. Yeah, but the thing yeah, is, yeah, but now, they didn't think about that at that time. But also, they're. Still a month away from having to make the choice, but the 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 part right. where the road crosses is still a month away. Mm. So Reed's like, I think Reed actually took his advice on board, but he's like, well, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Literally, yeah, literally. Um, but he did. I think he did take heed. But so he moved on anyway. So I don't think Reed necessarily ignored the advice, but he just moved yeah. on anyway. Yeah. So they went on, and it wasn't so bad. Eventually. They got to the, the cross in the road. This is where they'd have to make the choice. And it was here Reed met a courier who brought with him a letter from Hastings who had said he was going to join them on the cutoff and lead them on the route himself. To be assured of their yeah. cooperation. So, of course, at this point, Reed's like, well, now there's... If he's going to meet us, yeah, we'll definitely we're go. fine. So he's like... Yeah, I can see how you wouldn't doubt it then if the fella who... Yeah. found it like went and said so they took it I'm going to take the risk with you yeah absolutely mm. it makes sense so they took it anyway and it was a the early stages were a bit worse than the the thought originally yeah. but it wasn't too bad and they're like well Hastings is meeting us now so it's going to be fine they got to the point to, to the next fort where Hastings was meant to meet them and there was just a note nailed to a tree oh fuck saying he had uh, met another group oh no and he went on ahead but they're only about three days ahead, so Reed's group could catch up with them. But, but so Reed's like, well, they're only three days away. What a cock. <laughs> so, but they did meet up with them. Well, actually, they kind of did. So a uh, few so, days so later. So you're getting to a place where you're supposed to meet a lad where the fate of 150 yeah. people lies in the balance. And this lad is like, yeah, I was there and I waited around for a while and he just didn't turn up. So I just went on ahead. It's not 150 people now, I don't think, is it? 
No, what? we're still at 80. Or no, it's, it's, they've picked up quite a bit at this point. Yeah. Mm. Now, it's not just people that have cared. Like, other people have been reading Hastings' book. Sure, they're uh, all at this point. So they're all, yeah. like, meeting up. So they haven't come with the Donners, but they're all accidentally have become sure. part of the wrong, the wrong journey. Yeah. <laughs> so seeing the letter, uh, read at this point, he is actually like, well, should we, t- should we trust this man? So he actually takes a horse by himself and rides ahead to meet Hastings because he's like, I just want to know that this guy is on this route. And he does meet him. And Hastings brings him up to the top of a hill and points out this new short that isn't in his book. And he's like, this will save you even more time because he's like, that, that one of those shortcuts in my book isn't actually that good. But this new one I discovered that I've just been on will cut even more time off and this will bring you around and back onto where I told you originally. Sounds like bad news to me, man. He'd never been on that route either. Mm. But Reed goes back and everybody takes a vote. All the new members of the party and they decide to take what Hastings has pointed out. But they also take a vote on a leader and they vote, let's let's not follow Reed anymore. And they elect George Donner as the leader. So that's where the name the Donner Party comes from at this point. Right. So Reed got ousted. He got ousted. Seems a bit unfair. A lot worse will happen to Reed. So they go on anyway. And um, so Hastings told them this new route would take an, it would take an extra week, but would cut what the route they were going to take was going to be two weeks anyway. So it was fine. Um, it ended up taking a month. All right. And they were cut and they were going through untouched, forest, untouched like. woods. They had to, they were up until this point, they were traveling something like 18 miles a day mm. for the next month. They were traveling two miles a day. So that's a fucking pain in the hole. That's not, that's not on. And this is before they even reached the, the salt lakes. Mm. When they reached there, their wagons are sink. The, the rain has started. So their wagons are sinking into the sand and shit. That's already like getting into winter time, right? Yeah. Well, it's not winter yet, but I mean, it's just as bad. They lose most of their ox. They're attacked by India. Like things start to go south very quickly. By the time they come out back onto the, the original Hastings cut off. So they're, this is the, they're on the new shortcut he's yeah. pointed out. By the time they cu- come back to where he originally pointed out, the first snows of winter have started. And they're like, they're two months behind. Fuck me. But things get worse. John Snyder and uh, Reed ended up in a dispute where uh, I think uh, Snyder's, or Reed's ox ended up getting tangled in Snyder's oxes or something. And he started whipping Reed's oxes anyway. Huge fight breaks out. One point, Snyder pulls out a whip, whips Reed. Reed pulls out a knife, st- sticks it through Snyder's throat and kills him. Shit. And then eats him. No, <laughs> cannibalism right. doesn't start yet. All right, okay. But, but now that, like, everybody hates Reed at this. They're blaming Reed for what's happened to them because he yeah. trusted Hastings. So they want him uh Geisberg, the guy I spoke of earlier, he, he was demanding Reed be hung. Uh, Donner saved him and they settled on exiling him instead. So now Reed's out of the equation. Now things start to go completely to shit. They finally get past where they're meant to be, but they get stuck in the Sierra Nevada, des- uh, Sierra Nevada mountains. And win- winter's hit and they're stranded. Meanwhile, Reed 
is back has made it to california by himself but so they're stranded now and a month later there's like 20 feet of snow has hit they're completely buried the the donner party have split up just because half of them have fallen so much behind they're all camped at different parts of the lake the camp was totally spread out over a long period yeah there's some lads up at all they've had to build like cabins they've been people have yeah. been cutting down trees and building cabins which i can't can imagine how you even do that after what they've been through i mean did they didn't have had abraham lincoln with them they might have had a bit of yeah descend like, one shit. guy was able to uh go off for supplies he came back with some but more importantly he brought back these two indians uh salvador and louie i believe which doesn't seem like an indian name <laughs> but but they knew the land and so franklin graves was one of the guys on this trip and with them, they, they all decided we will um, just fucking go out by ourselves. And they built like uh, snowshoes out of oxide or whatever and just went out. Uh, so, they, so they went out, like they set up a group of 17 of them and they went out looking for help. They were hoping to get back. So, so Franklin Graves put together this group of 17 men, women and even one child of just the healthiest one delicious child just in but, case but it was the healthiest people to have left and that's how, how bad this is that one of the healthiest people they can bring with them is a fucking child well um so they, out, they set out on this journey to Sutter's Fort hoping to bring supplies back get a rescue team the man they had sent earlier Stanton was his name he had already been on it and it took him a week so he's like, yeah, it might take a bit more because winter's getting fucking really bad now, but won't be much longer. They left in at like September 5th, I think. September 21st, they'd only gotten like 10 miles. Because of the dense forest and all of this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, and because the snow's gotten so bad, mm. they've gotten snow blindness. That's fucking crazy, man. And they don't, they've gotten turned this around. This is not they've, a place for people to be. Like, this sounds like... They have no idea where An they entirely are. inhospitable terrain, right? Your man Stanton, who had already been on the road, he's he he started to show some signs of fatigue. So he's just like to the seventeen group, the, the the expedition group. He's like, "Go ahead, without me, I'll catch up with you." A year later, they found his body half a mile from where he was left. Oh, so that's all. Like he followed them, but he made a half a mile. Mm. But he was kind of he's probably lucky. Half a mile is so little. <laughs> yeah, because. Uh, there was an Irish man, uh, Dolan was his name. It was pretty soon he started talking to the rest of them about how uh, somebody should sacrifice themselves to uh, save the rest of the group. Another person proposed a duel or, or to draw straws. A duel seemed unfair. Franklin Graves shut all this shit down. But within a day, somebody dropped dead. And that's where they finally decided to uh, eat some motherfuckers. Eat some motherfuckers. So we're talking about like the lads that are at Donner. Uh, lake and then there's lads at Alder Creek right they're split into yeah. two parts so and these... there's lads out hiking looking for help the cannibalism happens while these guys are out hiking right so what about the camps all that shit is unknown it's not unknown but that's discovered later when, right. the, when the rescue team it, it's th- this group that went out looking for help are called the forlorn the forlorn hope and this is where the real great well, not where the grizzly shit happens, but this is where there's just stories. Like, so, so they ate the first person that fell and it done nothing for them. Because, like, you get to that point. We talked about this before. Yeah, where, there's a condition where you get so hungry 
that when you eat the meat, it actually doesn't give you any any nutrition, especially if it's cannibalized meat. Yeah, and like you're so you're eating muscle that hasn't been with no nutrition in it yeah. and stuff. So the forlorn hope anyway. So so they've already they haven't killed anybody, but mm. they they've ate somebody, mm. but has done nothing for them. One point, uh, Franklin Graves manages to kill a deer. Nice, and well done. I think it's him and his wife go out to hunt it. This is fucking for some reason this is horrifying to me they shoot the deer mm. they track it down yeah when they finally find it they just fucking get on their knees and start drinking its blood ah uh, yeah they're starving oh yeah no i completely understand it but like that really but it's like when you go into tesco and you're already too hungry yeah like when mm. you put and you're like everything when, in like, the basket you there's absolutely no embarrassment about laying down a totally empty <laughs> bag of cashew nuts on the conveyor belt. And when the, when the guy is scanning it through, he's like looking at you and looking at the empty bag. And I'm like, scan it and I pay for it, man. <laughs> There's no fucking need to be judging me. I had to eat some nuts, like put it through. I'm going to pay for it anyway. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. that kind of a way. Like, like fuck it. imagine the horror of fi- finding that deer and then we're like, and now we have to fucking build it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and see, skin it. It's and worse cook than it. that. It's like, so there's only two people out hunting this deer. So they, they caught up, they got some meat put on their backs and they're like bringing it back to the camp and they're like they're gonna be fucking delighted yeah. we got we got an actual deer for them when they got back to the camp somebody had died while they were oh, away no. they had already been skinned and cooked when they got back the rest of them had already they've only gone a few hours and yeah but the, that's g- great because then they're like i'm really hungry and i don't even it's like when you get home from the supermarket and but you're like, is, yeah, it's like, one route, like, you're like, they're going, like, oh, we're bringing back a deer. We don't have, we don't have to eat meat. And then you get back to you and you're like, yeah, but, yeah, but they got to sit down to a hot meal immediately. That's sound. And in fairness, <laughs> what if they came home with nothing and we're like, we didn't get anything. I'm not blaming the, the survivors for eating the second person. I'm just saying, like, if I had like went out and fucking haunted this no, deer I know, to yeah. bring him back. But you have dinner for tomorrow and you also have dinner straight away when you come home it was dinner straight away essentially like, who doesn't like getting dinner right after you come home from work you're, <laughs> you're just like, like oh yeah I'm hungry lovely that human and... chicken wing starter yeah and then a few lady deer. fingers yeah and then deer I think they ate the deer straight away because the human meat just wasn't doing anything for them anyway. yeah it probably wasn't yeah and um the two Indian guides pretty quickly started to worry because uh, there was one there was one guy his name was Eddie and he was like she's a fucking murder an Indian well, he was saying that they tech- they weren't they weren't white, so they weren't real people. It was his. All right. <laughs> I thought they were just like, she's a fucking hanker now for an Indian. <laughs> Will we vote for an Indian? What's your name? Masala. It's <laughs> terrible. It's very racist. I'm only joking. It's not. It's very funny. It's, it can be both. <laughs> yeah. Not mutually. Exclusive. Yeah. It was this Indian, not this Indian. <laughs> the, two, the, the, the two Indian lads got suspicious anyway of like... The guys just sitting around looking at them with knives and forks and they slipped out one night. Yeah. But um, a few weeks later, the forlorn hope came across the two Indians. And oh, they, shit. Were, they were uh, slowly dying by a river. So one of them just took out his gun and shot them and they cut them up and smoked the, the meat and brought it with them. Fuck. This is the fucked up part. These lads don't give any fucks then at this point. They're like... It makes it sound like that now, but I'm rushing through the story. They've been out for like a month at this point. Yeah, time. but all bets are off now. They're like, you know, I'm hunting the most well, that's dangerous the thing. prey. Once they, like, it took them like a week to decide to eat the first person. Once they ate the first person... All bets are it off. It meant nothing. It was like the next day they were like, oh, somebody else has died. 
and before you know it, they've got um. But that's that's what a lot of these stories have been the same thing. Like where it's like yeah, as, yeah. as soon as you crack the as soon as you crack the seal, it's all better. It off. went so quickly from holding off on a for a week before the first person that naturally died before eating him to just oh the two Indians are dying, let's just kill them. Yeah, they're going to die anyway. That's how they justified <laughs> it. But yeah. like they were just it was food to them. But this is what's fucked up. Uh, well, all of us fucked up. But uh, the next, like the next day, they were rescued after they killed and smoked the Indians by by their tribe. Oh jeez! They were brought into their camp with and, their mates on their back and given food, and they had the dried meat of their friends in their back. Pretty fucked up. Imagine if they're like, <laughs> white man. That's karma. Let, let me take your bag. Out. We for see you've you. been out in the snow for many days. We offer you food, and the lads are like. Oh yeah, I've I've something here. Do you want do you want a bit of this? Mmm, I like me some jerky, you know. And they're fucking eating their own mate, and they didn't know it. Mm. That's fucking weird, man. But they were safe anyway. They crossed the mountain. And what about all the people at the lake? Well, they the... were able to send a word for a rescue team to come from. Down. Right, right, right. So on February fifth, uh, the first relief party of seven men left Johnson's Ranch, and two days later, the second followed. Led by no other than James Reed. The oh man who was, shit! He when he was he was sent off. He he didn't like forget about his family. He went off. He went off and fought in a war, just as an agreement that if he fought in the war, the men would come back with him to join the rescue party to go back for his family. Pretty badass. Why is there no movie about that? Yeah, um, there needs to be a movie with this Donner Party shit though, because this seems. Hmm. When they arrived in the camp, they just found a deserted camp bar. Apparently, a couple of bodies left around it, natural causes or whatever. And then a woman crawled out of a hole. What? (laughs) And asked, she apparently she asked the rescue party, "Are you from California or from heaven?" Oh my God, that sounds like a really cheesy chat line. That's how people spoke in the old days. Sorry. (laughs) Have you two euro to ring your (laughs) mum or whatever? What was that line? Have you got twenty pence? No way. Here's twenty pence. Go and ring your ma. Tell her you won't be coming home tonight. And you're like, why? What are you going to do to me? Going to eat you? No, I don't think that was fine. That's how exactly how it goes. <laughs> but that's how they spoke in the olden days. But um, the the first rescue party kind of just didn't actually go too far. And they only went because remember I said the cat the party was split into like two. Yeah, groups. there was there was one group at Donner Lake, and that and was at the crossroads, and then there was about six miles north. There was Alder, there was Alder Creek. Creek. Yeah. So the first party kind of just like took the first people they found or the healthiest people because the, the weird thing was the sickest couldn't make the journey so you had to leave them there. To be eaten. Pretty yeah. Pretty much. Um, so uh, the first party took Margaret Reed, Reed's wife, but had to leave the children. Mm-hmm. But that was fine because Reed was on his way with the second party. Yeah. But it was when his party showed up, they're the ones that discovered the, the first signs of cannibalism. Apparently when Reed showed up, there was a man called Trudeau, actually just a teenager. And that was the first person they seen. And as they were coming, coming towards the campsite, they just saw him crossing the land, holding a severed leg. Oh, <laughs> and, when Jesus. He, and when he saw the rescue party, <laughs> just buried it in the snow <laughs> and like pretended nothing was happening. And they just were like, okay, this is weird. And just like ignored it. What the fuck? Do you think did Reed have a bit of beef? (laughs) And was he willing to spread a bit of propaganda about the gang? 
that had exiled him. Claire Fox with the with the upset propaganda. Well, the forlorn. I believe that's a very good point, Johnny Daly. Thank you, Gordon Rochford. Maybe but, maybe this Reed fella saw some shit out in the fucking woods, and he was like. Yo, what's the crap? But it's not like, but he had a team of like 60 people with him. I don't know yeah, if that's the actual was number. It was, what, 60 seems like a lot. No, I was just saying a random number. But he had a team, like he had people with him. Bolted, like the Forlorn Hope, had, like the only people who know their story are the members of it. Mm. And they're the ones, who, the, the, the reason we know their They've story. They've written diaries and shit and people have yeah, found Yeah, well, them, the yeah. only reason we know their story is through them. So, yeah. But didn't Trudeau say he had eaten... He admitted to um, it and, and retracted it, it later. Yeah. So maybe he was. So we heard the story of Trudeau through them, though. Trudeau through them. Well, no, he 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 said it himself. He had, but he went back on it later in life. But how can we know if Trudeau was true? <laughs> the only true Trudeau was through them. Is that is that the way it goes? Like they were writing the diaries and saying, <sighs> "Yeah, Trudeau this is was through them. This yeah. is what happened." Well, I saw all the diaries, the pictures of them and all. It's like, and then we ate the Indians. And the delicious children, like the lads were writing diaries at yeah, yeah. Donner Creek and they were writing them at our Donner Lake. Yeah, and like Alder there's Creek. records kept. Yeah. But but that was only at the, the first stop when they went over to the first, to Alder Creek. That was when like the really bad shit appeared when, when they came to the Donner camp. Yeah. Now it was Alder Creek that was looked at, that was studied by the forensic. Recently. Yeah, that's yes. where Don, the Donner family However, are. you're after putting something into my head now. Mm-hmm. Did they have enough implements to make loads of like? Oh, they would have. They had their whole I imagine kitchen. They would have. They were like they had their whole kitchen saying Yeah, they were they? still like because up until the point where they started eating meat, they were still like butchering animals. Yeah, so and those stuff. forensic anthropologists or an archaeologist didn't find anything, any signs that of cannibalism, and they were like, we found loads of bones. But we didn't find any signs of cannibalism. But see, what happened with the bones and all, right, there was loads of, as far as I read about yeah. Donner Party, there was loads of oxen that were left mm. over. There was almost half of the 87 oxen that they had, had made it through this little gully pass. But they pass. lost loads of oxen. But it's not that they lost them, it's that the oxen were like, it's freezing, I'm just going to sit yeah. down here for a minute. And then a drift of 20 foot of snow came down. Yeah. So it was the lads who were stuck at Donner Lake and Alder Creek were walking the six miles in between each. And like having to poke the yeah. big drifts of snow with a stick, with a nail on a stick to see if they could like pierce flesh. And then they're like, oh, that's one of the oxen and pull it out of the snow and bring it back and butcher it up and but cook it. But they didn't find any. They couldn't find any. Mm. They didn't find one. But all of those oxen ended up then disintegrating and their bones were all found. But there was no scrapes and there was no cooking. But at the Alder no Creek. no cooking on the. On no. the oxen bones. Yeah. And then at Alder Creek. You should be finding, like we found in the tribes in Papua New Guinea, you should find human bones. They that, did. At, at Alder Creek? Yeah. They found human bones, but there were no signs of cannibalism in them. That's what I was just going to say. They, at the Papua New Guinea tribes, they, do you know the way they get the, they, they look at the archaeologists, look yeah, at the yeah. fire pit, yeah. and they pull out bones, and it's like one half of the bone is smooth, and one half of the bone looks like it's been at the bottom of boiled water, so it mm. has that kind of disintegrate. You know when you boil chicken mm. bones or whatever? So it has that. Mm. And they didn't find any human bones with that at the Alder Creek site. So the implements that they had for cooking weren't used to cook human meat. So unless they ate the human meat raw. Without cooking, which they wouldn't have. Uh, and there was no scrape marks and all on, well, the, on the bones of the, the human bones that they found or on the oxen bones that they found. So it doesn't seem like. Well, I thought, you see, the, I thought the, the claims with the Donner Party was that they didn't turn to cannibalism until long after. 
people had died so it was mainly like i think like i always heard that it was like the heart and lungs and stuff that they were eating like that's even the story of when reed's rescue party arrived so they weren't eating the meat and the bones and stuff they weren't having bones too well they might have had maybe bones too because that have lasted a long time yeah but the bones bones weren't cooked up bro they would have seen that from the bones yeah, that's yeah. the thing or even they're taking up like they have areas that were like little fire pits and they'll go and they scrape up all the ash yeah, yeah. and then well, they'll I was only analyze maybe the bones but my like on the accounts of the the rescue team that when mm. they arrived was that the, specifically the children were cooking a heart over a fire wow maybe not true but, but is this from the reed party's observations i'm going with claire's like propaganda thing because it sounds this is actually from plausible. the third party so this is the yeah. after reed Mm. This would actually be two two of the members of the Forlorn Hope. I think were on the part the third party that came back, yeah. and they were the ones that discovered the maybe the Donner maybe the lads okay. in the Forlorn Hope did some fucked up shit because they were the f- fucked up dudes, they and they were like, to, it wasn't just us; it was everyone. The children were even cooking hearts. Like that could be a thing. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like that everybody was like, okay, we're all fucking guilty, and half of these lads won't, won't survive. So this is the crack. Because, like, there's literally no ev- no physical evidence. Like, you can go back to, like, a 200-year-old uh, Papua New Guinea settlement and scrape up the, the fire pit. There was an archaeologist that mm. were inspecting the place, and they got 15,000 bone mm. fragments. And they inspected all of them, and none of them had any signs of either being scraped, had meat taken off them, or had been cooked in any way. But what would you think of, like, then people from the party admitting to it? What, what would you think that? is about the guy mm. that admitted it and then retracted his statement well no no like like the graves like mary graves franklin graves wife she she admitted that like she was a member of the forlorn hope she she was like most of that's the accounts, what i mean the forlorn hope were the lads that did some shit yeah, yeah but the people at the camps didn't do any stuff so the donner people who were at the camp didn't do cannibalism but when the forlorn hope got back there they were like yeah, yeah we I, did it and they did it everyone I did don't it. know if that's true either i think the mur- the woman who Remember I said about the mo- the mother or mother the woman who had said, uh, "Are you men from California yeah. or from yeah, heaven?" Yeah, yeah. I think she she admitted to eating the arm of a man. Mm. Mm. Now there was eighty seven people. Like it could have happened in very small instances, and others didn't partake. Yeah. So forty six of them survived. Was it? Yeah, most of them women and children. Nearly every every man on it died because yeah they were doing first. most yeah. of the work yeah and probably a bit of stupidity <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was reed, they were using reed too that, many calories it was, wanking it was reed that led them on the journey <laughs> so so you think that they actually both of you think they probably didn't partake in as much cannibalism as i just think there's no evidence and i think i don't really trust uh word of mouth in these situations especially where people have been in dire you know like in extreme situations because i think I think just stories get very twisted and like that's people who themselves went on an awful journey and then yeah, came yeah. back to help other people. And now they're going, yeah, they were eating people. Yeah, well, there was a lot of evidence. The Murphy cabin, um, the Donner uh, tents had a lot of evidence. And I think the big one is I, rem- I mentioned uh, Kaisberg to you earlier. Oh, yeah, you did. You said remember him. Yeah. Louis. Louis Kaisberg. So when the third party, the third party left five people, they just couldn't take them. They didn't have room for them. Right. And they went on Two two of the children that they left behind were Eddie and Foster's children. And they were coming on the, the fourth relief party. When they got there, 
there was only one survivor. And four dead eight people. I know. And Kaisberg was one of them. So he went, he, he, did he come back? Did he go off? Did Kaisberg not go off to California and come back? Or did he stay no, the whole he time? Stayed, he stayed there. They found him in his cabin, surrounded by just human Dinner bones. plates, stacked up. Apparently, might not be true though, they might have made this up, but apparently anyway, he was just surrounded by human bones and there was still something cooking in a cauldron. The well. uh, the creepiest thing though, under his bed, they found uh, ox meat that they determined was still good to eat. What? See, that sounds too fantastic to me. Yeah. It sounds like they're really trying to vilify this lad, you know? Yeah. Possibly. But also... Because uh, he sounds a bit Jewish. Are you saying, Johnny, <laughs> that once you go human, you don't go back? No, oh, no, no. That's it. It's got nothing got to do with that. You got to remember, these were everybody on this wagon train were bringing their entire lives with them. Yeah. No, they just had a lot of gold and shit. And he had fucking stolen it all, killed everybody and buried it around the campsite. The guys that actually found him were going to hang him. They, they tied a noose around his neck and were going to hang him until he told them where he had buried the gold. Right. Every, every body that he had eaten, he had stole for them from. He'd Jesus. probably only eaten them out of like, yeah, he was still hungry. The, the thing about finding an ox in his cabin, I imagine that's made up to make him sound worse. That's what like, I mean. Yeah, it sounds a bit vilification but standards. But the fact that he was the only person alive when they came back. Yeah, yeah. He obviously was up to some shit. Was he but stout? Was, <laughs> <laughs> but it was probably more about stealing from them than anything else. Uh, so yeah, by, by April 1847, the tragedy of the Donner Party was pretty much over. Or no, it was over. Uh, but it was a year after they had set out on their four-month travel. And if they had went the right way, it just would have took eight months. Probably not even. I was saying that as a random number. I think yeah. it was probably sure. It was probably seven. Four six. Months. That's really annoying. Uh, of the 87 men, women and children that began the journey, only 46 survived. I mean, that's not too bad for 1840s. I don't think it's bad. I mean, it, it 4% almost, was the, the average. It almost, uh, 4% was the average. Of death, people dying. Of people dying. Oh. So to lose half is oh, okay. pretty bad. Yeah, mm. but uh, like, it sounds like there should be none. Do you know? Do you think that those 46 survive for a certain reason, Wink? Power the powers Human meat, Wink, Wink. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going for a grander conspiracy. No. Well, some, some, of the for, some of the 46. I believe in God. <laughs> some of the 40, like most of them were women and delicious children, so. Well, the children seem to be the ones that had cannibalized the most people. I don't think I'll be able to think of children without the word delicious. What I read was, <laughs> what I read was uh, Reed's daughter actually was the one who said to him, Daddy, can we start eating people? No, that was, I know what you're talking about. That was the, that was the Donner child. A Apparently, Donner, when they wanted the rescue teams, it was actually Reed's rescue team. So they, at one point, they brought something like 14 children and like three adults home with them. Mm. But three of the adults died on the way. So they set up this camp and Reed and his team went off to get supplies and they left one adult with 14 children. Yeah. And one of the children died. And a Donner girl just turned around and said, we could just eat him. It's not that bad. Oh, shit. Done it before. And when the rescue team returned, they had eaten. They had completely, apparently stripped the flesh of three bodies. Imagine, three? I thought you that's said imp- one. Well, that's impressive. Well, for well by the time you showed it, died, this is a week later, yeah. more people had that's died. That's impressive for a small girl. But imagine showing back up and... All these children have just fucking eaten three people. 
there's a description one of the rescuers says that they were more demons than children yeah, yeah i saw that stout delicious demon children and apparently they didn't want to bring them back they were just like fuck them we'll just these are demon children that are eating eating each other we'll i wonder just who the here. descendants of them are and would any of them be related to anyone who is like a murderer nowadays yeah oh like some some of the prions from eating human meat got into their into Likey. their system yeah yeah, it's mad. And they're like, why do I crave it? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. Ich weiß es nicht. That's your man in Germany going. Cut off your penis. I will taste it. My grandmother <laughs> traveled across America. <laughs> she was a doner kebab. Eating men willy-nilly. Speaking of willy. <laughs> yeah, so the doner party sound, I mean, it sounds like they're getting back to base humans. Like base mm. humanity. You know? Um, so shit goes down, you're like, fuck, I have to survive. Why not just eat somebody if there's no animals yeah. around? But it, it's one of the best versions of once you do it, it's easy. But once you do it the first time, it's yeah. no problem. Like after. anal sex. <laughs> you just do it the first time and then, you know, it's not such a big deal. Yeah. And then, <clears throat> so uh, the first cannibals, Claire, you were looking mm. into uh, the the... Uh, Homo ancestor, hmm. which were the common ancestor of humans and Neanderthals. Tell yeah. us more. The Homo ancestor was a common ancestor of humans and Neanderthals that lived in Europe over a million years ago, according to anthropologists. Almost everything that is known about this early species of human uh, comes from one single cave in northern Spain, the Dolina site, and it was discovered in 1994. Researchers found 80 fossils belonging to human individuals that lived roughly 900,000 years ago. One of the oldest direct fossil records of Homo genus in Europe. Udald Carbonell of the University of Rovira and Virgili um, and his team found evidence of butchering on the bones and because no other hominid species has been found in the region from the same period it's therefore suggested in a paper concluded by the team in 2010 that the victims must have been eaten by their own kind yeah i mean if they're like the top of the food chain and then you find some of their bones and it looks like someone's used tools to get the meat off yeah you're like yeah that's what they found in the the yorkshire dells in england as well same shit it's like they you know these bones haven't just been like laid to rest they've definitely been attacked and like what they scrap, found, scrap, 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 and have yeah. not been attacked in just a fight, but they yeah. yeah, like it wasn't even it ritualistically. Like the ones in the Yorkshire Dales in uh, Northern England, like they were like they were baby bones, but it was like you know they were like the inside of their ribs. Yeah, were, the delicious parts. N- when you get the spare <laughs> ribs, and you're like, <laughs> no, no, they were like yummers. There's no way these rib bones could have been. Um, marred the way they were if yeah, if yeah. they hadn't been if the baby basically hadn't been ripped apart right which is kind of well horrific. not even the baby being ripped apart the ribs ripped apart because when you get a rack of ribs baby back ribs <laughs> like baby's back ribs you pull them apart and you're like oh yeah. you broil them for a little while sure with the barbecue sauce so what i've learned so far is that it's either with cannibalism it's either it seems to be a lot of babies being eaten yeah or children eating their parents yeah one or the other. Yeah. It's kill or be killed. It's dog eat dog world out there. So the key is just not to have children. I mean. Oh, yeah, that's the key. 
Yeah, don't let them get old enough to be able to kill and eat you. Yeah, or thing. you don't have to worry about them being eaten by another clan or whatever. Exactly. Just stay a single parent. Yeah. Or single parent. That's, that's, the, sing- opposite. that's the opposite of what I want. Stay to single. <laughs> so there are various... <laughs> sorry. There are various reasons why prehistoric man may have practiced cannibalism. Um, but in this instance, evidence would suggest, according to Carbonell anyway, that it was for nutrition. So the various practices of cannibalism leave different patterns in the archaeological record. But when humans consume other humans purely for dietary reasons, the victims are often treated just like any other prey. And this is what researchers found at Grand Dolina. Eleven individuals were butchered in a manner similar to that of deer and other mammals. Bones had cut marks in areas of muscle attachments and the skulls had signs of defleshing. Yeah, that's, I mean... To deflesh like a person's face that you probably knew. No, yeah. Like you're, you're very weird. Taking, you know. Yeah. It seems like an extreme thing, but um, uh, you can do it unemotionally if you're. Would it have been if you need people the nutrition. They, with these? Would it have been people they knew? Well, I mean, you know, they the knew local, there were people in the local village yeah. <laughs> in Grand Dolina. Like it was, it was. There were people that looked like people that they knew. You oh, know? yeah, like, I know what you mean. Sorry, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like a six it's foot a mirror white image dude. Of yeah, you, it's fucking yeah. you, like you, yeah. someone like you, you know. It's Hermano. Yeah. <laughs> so Homo antecessor appeared to eat its own kind for nutritional purposes, um, but probably not out of necessity or because of a food shortage, as the team says there was evidence of cannibalism over an ex- extended period of time, possibly even hundreds of years. The majority of the fossils that researchers say were cannibalized came from children and young adults. Delicious children, I told you. Suggesting that they would have preyed on competing tribes and their victims were treated like any other meat source, similar to what we see with primates. So this is neither ritualistic cannibalism nor survival cannibalism, just another food source. Um, The living arrangement, choice of prey, hunting and butchering methods all suggest that Homo antecessor lived in cohesive groups that likely would have competed with other groups of their own species. So they just essentially, when they fought other members of, of, of their species, they just didn't think of them as their own? Yeah, they de- just dehumanized. Mm. Yeah. Similar to the Chinese lads eating the lads or the North yeah, Koreans yeah. eating them or the, the Congolese rebels eating the fucking the, the pygmies. Like, you just, dehumanize people Yeah, yeah in like, war. One of the first things the Donner family, I learned, I don't know if this is true, from what I was researching, was that they, they ate their dog. Yeah, yeah. They, I think there was a few. that mm. they had like a pack of dogs. They may they, have. And they probably did if they moved their whole. Yeah. Um, so if you can, if you can like, you know, you have a pet dog and he's yeah, loyal. I don't and know if I'd be able to eat my dog. He's man, that's what I mean. He's man's best friend. If you can get over that. I'd Would you eat your dog before your child, though? No, but what I mean is, I'd say it's not a... Or your wife. No, they weren't no, eating their wife or their child. What, in this instance, I'm saying, I can see where you would be like, here's my dog, I have to shoot him and eat him because I'm going to die otherwise. Yeah, yeah. And now, here's a dead man who's died by natural causes. I'm going to eat him, otherwise I'm going to die. Look, it's the very same, it's a cultural yeah. thing, Claire, because in, in like, you know, Southeast Asia, they'll eat a dog or they'll eat a horse like they'll eat a cow. Mm. they'll eat a dog like they'll eat a fucking chicken or a pig or a goat yeah do you know like here it's totally fine to eat a goat or to eat a a cow or a chicken or a pig because they're food animals but people won't eat dogs 
because they're like, no, they're pets, and we they have they have personalities. Look at his eyebrows; he has a personality. But, and you're like, no, nah, son, he's got meat, and there's too many of these motherfuckers. Eat him, kill him, chop would him you up. Eat a dog? I would need a dog. Well, then you sound like you're no, but I'm saying dog in other in other cultures, people go like to make fun that there's like a you know that kind I know of a racist yeah. kind of trope where they're like, oh yeah, Chinese like or fucking Koreans will eat dog. Like, that's like a joke. Like, it's because they don't have that emotional connection to it. They're like, it's just a fucking dog. Yeah. Like, here we freaked out over horse meat being in the burgers mm. a couple of years ago. We did. Uh, or, or, Even though you can actually, like, just buy horse, buy meat, horse here. meat burgers. Like, like, what's the fucking big deal? Yeah. Do you know? Yeah, no, it's because even in, in some Asian countries, like, they will keep pet dogs, but they keep them in such a different way than we would. Yeah. They would be in a cage or the way we'd have a bird. Yeah. Like, and it's just, it's just like this object in your house. It's just, weird. It's weird the relationships. Just, different people have different relationships with, with, with animals. And then some American people shift their dogs. By shift, I mean French. French kiss. Get a little bit have of you ever seen somebody like letting a dog full on like Only into their in own like, mouth? Something about Mary. And no. Like, oh, I've comedy seen films. Just get a little bit of Skippy and just... That's what they do. They do that. But, but even that dog like, is not going to get it. <laughs> but even here, it takes ages to train them. People have like pet rabbits here, and we still eat rabbits. Kill and hunt exactly, rabbits. man. Exactly. Yeah, so but we don't shift them. No, you don't shift. But I'm just saying, you can, you you can have a culture where you do both. Where sure. you have one as a pet. Sure. Pet and but that. I think the emotional thing about like, and then they had a pet dog, and then they ate the dog. It's like, yeah, they were dying. They were days away from eating people. It doesn't matter. Like. If you're dying, man, anything yeah. under you is is fair game. It'd be very hard to like kill a pet dog to mm. eat, but if they died, I, I I wouldn't have any problem with trying it. Like I'm just saying, loving a pet dog and having like a favorite cow in a farm. Oh yeah, completely. like we're back to maga laga 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 la. Like you had a baby, you had a baby pet lamb that you treated like a pet. And you fed it like a pet and petted it and it's little flicky, curly tail. And it was like, you were like, oh, he's he's so cute. And you have fond memories of him being alive. You've Mm. also got fond memories of going, oh, this motherfucker's delicious. Which which memory brings back the most joy? Um, Feeding him. Feeding him to myself. (laughs) 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 So that's the thing, man, you know. So there was Neanderthal bones uh, uncovered in the Goya cave in Belgium. And they show unmistakable signs of butchery, the scrapings on the bones, you know. Similar to those found in the Homo ancestor caves in Spain. And uh, researchers determined that this was indeed the first evidence of Neanderthal cannibalism in Northern Europe. And these lads are like developing in a way, these Neanderthals are developing in a way that is making them amazing hunters like they are the the prime the prime animal or the prime they're like orcs that you see yeah. in fantasy films yeah like uh, they have they have like much wider noses and much bigger nostrils so they can keep cool in yeah. the in the northern europe uh, uh colder they climate breed better in the breed snow better. storms yeah and they stuff, can see yeah. they're getting bigger eyelashes bigger eyebrows being able to see in the storms they're massively uh, uh strong uh, upper bodies, even and all though they're smaller, so they're lower to the yeah. ground. The, Basically, the like they're dwarfs. Them. They're like yeah. they're like the dwarfs you would see like Gimli and shit in fucking Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're killing shit, right? So uh, archaeologists pieced together ninety nine bone fragments to identify five distinct Neanderthals, four adults, and a delicious child who lived <laughs> between forty thousand and forty five thousand years ago. Markings on the bones included identify uh, identifications from hammering, likely to remove the bone marrow inside, and cut marks from carving the flesh away from the bone. Now, I don't know about you guys, when I'm eating something that's on the bone, 
I, whatever comes off my teeth, I'll take it, and I wouldn't use a knife to get the rest of it off. But I suppose if you're going to kill a human, you want to you want to have every single morsel of. This meat, was back right? in the day when meat was really precious. Like we're a bit spoiled. Yeah, I think mm. eating the meat and a lot that's been said like a lot. Um, it's a it's maybe scientifically contentious. Hit me up, any anthropologists or anybody out there, any historians, any out there that can or anybody, any me. cannibal, any cannibals. Um, that in the evolution, any half-eaten human. Yeah, <laughs> just dial the dial the phone with your good hand. That discovering cooking and eating meat was the thing that brought man from from you know monkey to man. It was mm. the thing that. Being able to discover fire and cook the meat, was mm. able, you were able to get the protein into your body, which helped your brain grow. And over a certain period of time, the brain grew and ended up becoming, you know, uh, intelligent. Yeah, sentient, yeah. And they were, you know, a bit more aware than these kind of animalistic, languageless uh, monkey men. And I think a part of that was eating ourselves, eating each other like this. These lads in caves getting each other and killing them, killing each other and getting the meat. It wasn't just like... You know, elk meat or fucking yeah, deer yeah. meat. It was human meat was mixed up in all of this kind of stuff. And we're all descended from that kind of thing. And yeah. maybe that's why the the Jesus, like, eat my body and drink my blood. Maybe that, the cannibalistic thing where we're like, geez, no, we can't fucking do that now. Like that thing, like in our werewolves episode when we talked about, uh, we tell the story of the werewolf to remind ourselves of the animalistic side. Yeah, yeah. And we have to make sure that we don't fall back into that because do what thou wilt. You know, you will... Mm. go out and rob and rape and maim and eat and kill like an animal so they're like oh yeah the only thing that can cure that is silver uh you know the silver having all of its uh, uh protective and, and antiseptic properties so if you get sick and then you you know you're uh, you know all of the stuff we talked about in the werewolf episode to keep men from being animals similar with the story of cannibalism where they're like you have to stay away from cannibalism it was a last resort it's the greatest taboo, but also it's fucking delish and it's the thing that got us out of the trees. So it's 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 illicit and it's offensive. You know, it's 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 attractive. And you're going like, fuck, man, this is this is weird. Like, why? Are we, oh. Like, once you do what you want to do it more. Do you know what I mean? Well, it would seem that that is the case from yeah. the people that have done it. That's- yes. So they have to keep you have to keep away from it. So they have to make it completely abhorrent because they don't want you going back to that animalistic like Neanderthal stage yeah, yeah, where yeah. you're just like, if you annoy me, I'll fucking kill you and eat you. You know, like that famous Mike Tyson thing when he's he's <laughs> giving shit to the lads after the fight. He's like, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to eat your children. Like, <laughs> do you know, that's like, fuck, yeah. that is a really that's like the monkeys in the trees, the chimpanzees. Robbing a child off the other tr- off the other tribe and eating it right in front of him, being like Amwa, like the fucking lads in the in, in Papua New Guinea, n- nabbing the slow child at the back of the group and then like cutting it up, cooking it and eating it as a fuck you to the other tribe. Mm. Like Mike Tyson literally went feral. He went like totally au natural and came out and went, I'm going to eat your children. Like that's the. But he didn't say delicious children. No, because he you're delicious. It wouldn't have been as oh, yeah. wouldn't have been as threatening if you had a list. True. I'm gonna eat your children. Like that's a thing that fucking chills a motherfucker. Like yeah. he's like shit. Do you know? Like there's something primal in that. That's why I keep talking about delicious children. Um, now Neanderthals also lived in the family structure, and the discovery of older deformed fossils suggests that they took care of sick and elderly in their group. So it doesn't it doesn't seem like they were that quick to eat their own. 
Uh, but they were also known to have buried their dead, and there was clear respect for the deceased. And some researchers have suggested that they may have left carved bones uh, at the, you know, as as grave offerings. You know, yeah, as uh, yeah. kind of a oh yeah, Uncle John, I I kept your I kept your thigh bone and I fashioned it into a lovely set of chopsticks, mm. you know, or whatever. And you can see we have a lot of these um, Neolithic graves, uh, a lot of dolmens, a lot of uh, yeah, yeah. There's a place in 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 Uras in Wexford, and there's another. Still in Uros, uh, there's a, or in Wexford, just outside Wexford town as well, there's a, a heritage centre and they have like graves that were found and they put people into the fetal position and they buried them in rocks and it's kind of, let's go back to your, to how you started, like this is the where you yeah, started yeah. from and stuff. Uh, and they put like, you know, trinkets inside in the, in the grave and it's a little small box sheen and they put you in, they fold you up and everything. So, I mean, they did understand about death and there was one way to die and then there was obviously another way to die where you'd be yeah, yeah. food. But to think about other people as prey, to think about other other beings that are still human or humanoid as dinner, like your dinner. I'm unemotional about it. I mean, now if you did that, you'd be psychopathic. But then it was probably not that there wasn't a, like a culture around it. So I'm just trying to play the play the both sides of um, the psychology behind it, you know. Like, I think these guys were doing it because it's just, that's what you do. But now you're like, oh my God, you can't do that. And clutch your pearls and you're like, this is awful. Even though it still happens today in some places. But those places are seen as savage and backward. Or is this where they don't, they don't have any, (laughs) they don't have any, you know. Yeah. yeah. Troubles like what we have. Cultural, cultural problems and nuclear bombs. And I mean, who's worse? Lads who start wars are cunts that eat people who die. Mm. Because they don't want to be leaving their body around t- to get ate by animals. Yeah, easy enough on. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's the thing. So you're thinking, what 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 are they what are they doing? And uh, cannibalism, like as a food source. Do you know when when early humans, including our species, ate their own kind? It was more likely for ritual purposes than for nourishment. And uh, James Cole, an expert in human evolution from the University of Brighton, conducted a study that showed that an adult male of sixty six kilograms contains roughly. Uh, one hundred forty-four thousand calories. I I had a I had a different number online. It was a a, a grown man would weigh eighty-one thousand five hundred. So I don't know where the discrepancy is coming. Yeah, in. I thought that was uh, I I read about eighty thousand as well. But maybe it's eighty-one thousand five hundred of consumable meat because it says here. Uh, well, it's skeletal muscle. The skeletal muscle accounts for thirty-two thousand mm. kidneys or three hundred and seventy-six calories. Oh, that's good, isn't it? It's not too bad for a meal. Mm. Um, the spleen is 128. That's, that's like a, you know, a, a an crunch corner. <laughs> but the nutritional value of an animal uh, found at prehistoric sites are, are far higher. The skeletal muscle of a mammoth offered a whopping 3,600,000 calories. <laughs> uh, and a horse is two, uh, 200,100 calories. And a red deer is 163,680 calories. Antelope, which there were no shortage of, uh, we're on par with humans with their skeletal muscle containing uh, 31,500. So it's unlikely that we'd have resorted to cannibalism for nutritional purposes when there was lovely, delicious, ginormous yeah. mammoths that you could kill and eat. You got one mammoth, like you're good for the winter. Yeah. Put Considering that we away, hunted them to death, it yeah. seems like we were definitely more inclined to go yeah. for the mammoth. I mean, if you got really stuck. I'm sure that happened, yeah. yeah. But you look mm. at like antelope, like. Like how loads how much antelope would there, loads. there have been? I mean, you can get an antelope a day, and like you, helps you work rest like, of play. What with Neanderthals? Don't they reckon there was only like seventy thousand max? 
or something of, of it, the Neanderthal species. Yeah, there's a I I have a five part documentary on the origins of man from BBC from like 2010 right. or 2009. Whopper shows like the five different types of humanoid. Yeah, yeah, and how the kind of amalgamations of each one came together to make man as we know it today. And there's no real way to know which way it went. Yeah, yeah. But there was some that were like three foot tall, and some lads that were like seven foot tall, and there was people that are you know five foot six, and they were super athletic, and there was other lads that were like super strong, fucking giant. You know, yeah, yeah. like all skeletons are found, and all the the anthropology is done for these guys. Like mm. it's super fascinating we do it we do cavemen in another another episode the origin origin of the human but um to know that you know it's not a, it's not a first choice no yeah, one's going like oh, she's on love a bit of. no it's definitely not a first choice no. like there was more well, animals like, unless than... you're a weird like unless you're like those very specific weirdos or yeah. unless you're trying to intimidate your enemy which seems fair enough i've tried to intimidate <laughs> enemies before and i've never resorted to eating people I'm sure yeah, it was quite scary when you want to be. Thanks. You don't need to resort to it. So you're grand. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, the, the thing about eating people, though, and we'll finish up on this. The thing about eating people is, uh, you know, it's not all swings and roundabouts, which is where you find the it's delicious children most of all. swings and roundabouts. Yeah. But. Just hanging around a roundabout, wait till one of them falls off, falls away from the pack, thump, you're in. Um, but there are brain diseases, awful, terrible, degenerative uh, brain conditions that you can get from eating people. Uh, one of them is called Kuru, and it's found in Papua New Guinea. It's a transmissible disease that comes from eating human flesh and is caused by things called prions. So now if we've sold cannibalism to you over the last little while and you're like, you know Stop. what, if I got a chance, you know, on a, uh, like a holiday in Thailand or someone was like, oh, do you want a couple of, I have a bit of fucking Parma, Parma human here, if you want a couple of thin slices of cured Thai lady boy or something. Um, the disease is a spongy form encephalopathy and it comes in sporadic, genetic or contagious form. And it was the first infectious human prion disease ever found, Kuru was, right? So it's uh, uh, sporadic. So you get it. You don't know how or why. Yeah. It's probably from eating meat, but they can't prove it. Uh, genetic. So it can be passed on from parent to child. And delicious child, and uh, it's contagious. So if you have it, and then someone eats you, they get it. Is where uh, zombie movies come from. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's zombie one hundred and one. If you eat the brains, you're going to get the brains. Kuru though isn't uh, detrimental to all civilizations, and a tribe called the Four People in Pat- Papua New Guinea have developed a genetic mutation that protects their brains from the prions that transmit Kuru. So Kuru is a word that comes from the word for shaking in these people's language. And uh, these people used to get it a lot from consuming their dead. Mm. Isn't that what the, the other name for it is? The shaking death? The shaking death. Yeah, well, that's Kuru is what the, 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 the word that they, they give it. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, if anyone's ever seen uh, Book of Eli, the people that are <laughs> uh, making the tea for the lads when, yeah, they, when yeah. they call around to the house that, that, that's in the third part of the movie. Uh, they're bringing over the tea and it's like and the, the tray is shaking and the cups are knocking together because they've got the shakes yeah, from yeah. eating eating and what's her name uh, Mila Kunis mm. is there to is there to Denzel Washington going like oh they're fucking shaking they must be eating human meat like that was a a tell yeah, because yeah. it was so like it was, it was such a wasteland 
that sometimes you just had to eat them with me because there was no water, there was nothing to eat. It was just like, fuck it, some travelers coming through. Come on in for a cup of tea. And then yeah, the next yeah. thing you know, you're you're here for dinner. Yeah. And if you want to hear more about that, me and Gordo recorded an episode of Disaster Artists we on did. Book of Eli. We surely did. So <laughs> nice right, right. Plug. <laughs> and you also recorded an episode of Disaster Artists on the Donner Party, if you want to find out more. Yeah. We do lots of plugs at the end. <laughs> uh, prion's disease, though, this, this prion disease, uh, it causes uh, CJD, or Kreutzfeldt-Jakob disease, or Kuru, as the Papua New Guineans know it. Uh, they're from, and, and tr- try and get your brain around this one. They're from misfolded proteins, which have degenerative neurological elements that damage the brain over time. So you're taking those proteins into your body, and then they're finding their way into your brain, but they're misfolded. They're, they're, they're mutant proteins. Hmm. So you can tell where they got the kind of the zombie cannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the stuff goes into your brain, and nobody knows why the proteins misfold, but uh, these folded proteins, Proteins are hypothesized as the cause for this transmissible spongiform encephalopathy, which is the disease that causes mad cow disease. And basically what it does, the folded proteins gets into your brain tissue, which, as we all know, is, you know, gray, mushy, Mm. spongy, delicious, delicious, but soft and permeable and easily cut. So what the spongiform encephalopathy does, it gets into the brain and starts hardening up stuff. So it's like, um... It's like, uh, what's that thing where, uh, where girls get cottage cheese in their arse? You get cottage cheese arse. What's that called again? I have no it's, fucking clue what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, girls are like, oh, I've cottage cheese in my arse. It's cottage cheese arse. Nobody, no. no girl has ever said that to me before. <sighs> Do you know girls and they get like lumpy? Oh, it's like cellulite for your brains. <laughs> That's not in your arse. That's no, I know. It looks like. <laughs> on your bum. Yeah, it looks like you've cottage cheese on your arse. Like inside the oh, cheeks of your the arse. Skin. Uh, you made it sound like it was an infection. Yeah, you did. <laughs> like oh, okay. like a yeast infection. Gross. <laughs> and you made it sound really normal. Yeah. But... yeah. Like as if Claire tells me about this all the time, but she's not willing to go public. <laughs> so it's basically like cellulite for your brain. It just gets into the brain, changes the, the consistency of your, of your brain mm. guts. And uh, you end up just like, and you have loads of fits. You start losing your memory. And it's a degenerative disease like uh, Alzheimer's. It's, something like it's that, very yeah. similar to rabies. If you see very. Video, videos of people with it. Yeah, the same, it's the same outward symptoms. But what yeah. it actually does to the brain is it coagulates it like gone off milk. Yeah. So it turns from, it turns from like angel delight, turns from like chocolate mousse into gone off like gloop, gloopy cream do you know it's 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 nice and as opposed to fresh gloopy cream no but it's like nice like aerated spongy chocolate mousse that keeps its form you know yeah and then you get prions and they spread out through the whole thing and it ends up feeling like fucking cheese instead of lovely mousse mm. so the uh the mad cow disease that you that was huge huge uh, in the in the nineties, these cows were fed up other ground cows. Yeah, like they grind up cows and the brain tissue and the, the bone marrow and all, and the cows were eating it. And then they were getting this prions uh, in their brain. And the disease that they got is Creutzfeldt-Jakob's disease or, or mad cow disease or another variant uh, that's uh, humanly transmissible as well as Creutzfeldt-Jakob uh, was Gertzmann-Straussler-Schenker syndrome, which is not as catchy. Um, 
it's a, it's a fatal, uh, f- uh, f- it's called uh, fatal facial insomnia, which is weird. It means that your brain gets so bad that you can't sleep because it's like a constant hotness. And then eventually you go mental from lack of sleep right. and your brain degenerates super fast because you're not sleeping or resting it. And it starts to harden up real quick. Like, you know, Sounds a, horrific. a pot That's... of cottage cheese left out on the windowsill in the yeah. sun. And you're just like, ah, bah, 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 bah. and then eventually you can't talk That's or move. And then utterly you fade horrifying. Away. Yeah, yeah, it's real quick, real quick it, stuff. It's, it's like the fact that there's viruses and infections out there that do shit like that. Like I was saying about rabies. Yeah. Like the fact that that makes you afraid of water and you die from dehydration. Yeah. yeah. Like. Things like that, that fucks up my brain so much. Well, just the fact they, that the, the disease, if, if you hydrate, the disease doesn't get a hold of the tissue that needs to get a yeah, hold of. Yeah, yeah. So it makes you think that water is going to hurt you. Yeah. Like it changes your thoughts. It's like one of those zombie wasps. But, yeah, yeah. But it's like, shit. But it's the like zombie an, wasp comes on and he fucking uh, uh, puts his sting into your brains. And then yeah, you, yeah. Do what he, you, like, you do what it wants. Yeah, like cordyceps where they infect the brain of like fucking whatever. birds yeah 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 the birds eat them and they attract, shoot them out yeah they attract them to other predators because they need to repopulate in their gut and shit it's like that's like real invasion of the body snatchers you know what that, that's the thing that inv- um, gets into snails bodies and then it gets up into the snail's eyes do you believe this shit yeah, there's a little worm cr- it gets into the snail a little bacteria gets into the snail crawls up to the eyes and the eyes swell up and become multicolored so that uh, the birds can see them from the sky because mm. the thing inside the snails needs to, um, it needs to uh, breed inside the bird's stomach. Yeah. So the bird eats the snail. The thing gets to go into the bird's stomach and then it breeds and does all that stuff. And then the bird shits and all the thing's babies get shit out all over the ground to get into more snails, to get into more birds, to get it. And that's its life cycle. But it's developed to be able to make snails look delicious and very obvious to birds. Like, they're the kind of shits you're dealing with. Yeah. So what was happening was there was loads of meat being put out and people thought it to be a human transmittable version of Kreutzfeldt-Jakob because when the proteins are in the meat of the cow and then we're eating that cow meat, those prions are in us and it can mm. go up into our brains and you get Kreutzfeldt-Jakob and you're fucked. Now, I think in the whole of the 90s, top of my head stuff, I think actually two people only died from Kreutzfeldt-Jakob over the whole mad cow Right. Uh, debacle but there was hundreds of thousands of cows put on the pyre killed yeah, and put yeah. on the pyre and yeah. they had to they had to go J- even even in like you know super sterile farms and people were just like nah it's not not even worth it man yeah yeah because people if, if, the fact, if that gets into the human you know the human gene pool like we're fucked yeah I, I can remember that where like mm. every, Panic. every school had the poo the, you had to walk was through that, that not that's foot and mouth yeah Oh, is that yeah. yeah. Okay. Equ- equally, I can just they, they seem, when you're a kid, they seem so close together. Yeah, foot and mouth was they were very close together, but foot and mouth was the one with the pools and the right. like, like even coming into from England into the Dublin airport. Oh yeah, because it was like warts and shit or whatever could spread. Yeah. It gets yeah, into, the, into the cloven hoof and yeah. it fucks up the whole. I would have. Um. Yeah, it had a devastating effect on the Irish farming economy. Yeah, big time. In well, the late nineties, early nineties, the uh, the pathogenesis of this brain sponging prion is pretty much unknown. Like 
we know it exists. We know what it comes from. It's from humans eating other humans' brains. Yeah. And then you get prions, and then you can pass on to your kids, or if someone eats you or your meat, then it goes into you. And we talked about the Papua New Guineans who are doing that. They got a load of Kuru. And then eventually, over a series of generations, it became not such a big deal. So now they can eat prion-infested brains or meat, and it doesn't turn their brain into sponges. And I believe they found tr- they found evidence that Homo sapiens had an immunity to it too. And that's why we were able to take over from all the rest of the Homo habilis and Homo erectus yeah. and all of those. Something similar. And they're taking uh, uh, stuff out of the brains of the people in Papua New Guinea and they're trying to apply that to cure the likes of Alzheimer's. Oh. Because okay. it's an anti-neurodegenerative gene yeah, yeah. that's in them. Makes sense. So maybe, and this is pure <laughs> conspiracy, maybe they let Papua New Guineans be, be cannibals so that they can develop so a cure. So they can get the stuff mm. from their brains. They're just, it's an experiment. I mean, it's t- universe t- 25. Tuskegee try, uh, did, that, did that with hundreds of people trying to find out the, the, mm. the cures and the, the, I guess, the detrimental effects to humans that syphilis would have. And Tuskegee experiments went all through the the 1920s and 30s, like into the 40s and 50s even. It was like generational syphilis was left go in this town among black people by the American government. And it's a whole thing. It's totally like, wow. it was totally like orchestrated experiment and they infected all these people when with syphilis. Like Bill Clinton was apologizing for it in like 1997, 1998. If I wanted to look it up, what would I? Tuskegee experiments. Okay. T-U-S-K-E-E-G-E-E. Right. Tuskegee. Yeah, it's fucked. Yeah, and they actually, the, uh, the government actually did that and then had to apologize to those people. It was like, sorry, we tested syphilis on you guys. <laughs> so I could, like, I mean, My it's, bad. Not, it's not a far stretch yeah. to think, jeez, Alzheimer's is fucked. Um, let's try and cure it by letting a lot of people in Papua New Guinea get, get, you know, a degenerative brain disease. Yeah, but if they're just, like, letting them to their own devices, if it's more like, we're experimenting by not interfering... As well, because yeah. they were doing that, like doing it anyway. They were doing yeah. it anyway. It's it is a is far reaching conspiracy. Let's just say. I mean, no, I like it'd it be cool if they were able to go and get some Papua New Guineans and cure Alzheimer's. That'd be fucking awesome. Cure like dementia, and degenerative yeah. brain conditions. I mean, uh, this this science that they they're looking into with these proteins being re- responsible for the transmission of bacteria and, and fungi, so similar uh, nucleic acids being inhibited to stop these bacteria may work to reduce the effect of prions on the brain. So they take the nucleic acid and they do the tests on the, the um, CJD prions and they're going, mm. these pro- proteins are going into people's brains and they're looking at that, nu- that uh, uh, nucleic acid and they're like, okay, well, if we want to put in some good proteins into people's brains to make sure that they're, like, um, like a vaccine for Alzheimer's. Yeah, yeah. So they're just putting it in a nucleic acid. Like there's a little bit and, you're, and you have some of that in you and now your brain won't turn into cottage cheese. Do you know? Yeah. Like it's, they don't know what's, what makes it work, so they're trying to find it out, but they know that it has effects. And the prions themselves were discovered by two London-based researchers, Tikva Alper and John Stanley Griffith, and their thesis that these uh, transmittable spongiform encephalopathy, uh, they're transmitted by the ingestion of these prions, so you can get this stuff, you can get that encephalopathy and it fucks your brains up by taking the prions in. Mm. So the mental thing is that these little lads are uh, indestructible. 
That's the maddest part. So if you're eating meat that has it in it, there's no way to get rid of it by cooking it. The immune response in the body doesn't recognize them. And any antibodies that were made, <laughs> any antibodies that are made for these prions make them worse because the antigen, which is, as we know from the Big Pharma episode, the antigen is the active uh, disease part. So they take out the antigen and from our yeah. vaccines episode, so they take out the antigen and they form the, the antibacteria from the antigen and then they put it back in and then that then finds the disease part and fixes it. So what happens is the antibody that they make for these prions using the small part of it to make an antigen actually doesn't do anything to the prion because it's invisible right. to the body's immune system. And what the antibody does instead is just destroys the antigen, which is the only visible part. Yeah. So the only thing that could ever defeat the prion gets destroyed by the antibodies that we put into wow. the body to try and help. So it's like indestructible. You can't get rid of these prions with heat. They can survive up to over a thousand degrees. So if you have human meat that has prions in it from a person who has been eating brains and they develop these proteins that happen like naturally and nobody knows how. Nobody knows how these folded proteins get into people's brains. It's from eating brains, but they don't know the biological function, how yeah. the fucking proteins get folded, right? So if you have that in a body and it's all through their brain, but it's also through their meat and their blood and all that stuff, and then you eat a steak of their arse, the prions go into your body yeah. and eventually find their way into your brain, and then you have it. Yeah, mm. yeah. So it's like, uh, even if you cook that person's arse, yeah, there's no, you're still you, not getting yeah, rid yeah. of the germs. Because it's not a parasite. Even like, if you, you burn that person's penis, you're <laughs> and feed still it to not your getting rid. Exactly. I don't know, it seems like, so like even like man-eating animals, like a lion, people hunt a lion, they eat it. That lion could have ate somebody with the disease. You get it? Yeah. Absolutely. The prions are part of uh, what's called, and we're getting into the science sciencey bit now, they're called a PRP or a protease-resistant protein. Um, so this gets misfolded and can be highly infectious uh, when damaged, causing other cells to degenerate around them. So when this prion gets in, it starts to degenerate itself. Yeah. But the cells around it start to degenerate too, and then they become those cells and start to degenerate. So it's like a, a growing degeneration. It's like when you put a stupid lad into a, a school classroom and everybody around him starts to be all messing with him and then he mm. makes the people around him stupider. Yeah, yeah. You know the way. Uh, that's totally spurious science, by the way. Um, but it's, it's true. like a, an invasive species. Kind of. what a stupid lad is, I Coming guess. in <laughs> and then it affects the, all the cells around it. They infect all the cells around it. And then the next thing you know, you're fucking... Bah, bah, bah. So um, these PRP cells are thought to be normal in function in the maintenance of long-term memory. So you have protease-resistant proteins in your brain already. Mm. And they're around the hippocampus and they help with long-term memory. And a study from Whitehead Institute says that these mysterious proteins may also be responsible for the self-renewal of human bone marrow as well. So these proteins are useful, but when they get misfolded, and they're, they're prions, they get misfolded, attached to these uh, protease-resistant proteins. So there's PRP, there's PRETEM, there's PRPCRC, there's PRPTE, like there's like two dozen <laughs> different types of these yeah, proteins. Yeah. That all exist in the brain and in the nucleic acid. Like all of that is the stuff that they don't know how it really works, really. 
Do you know this kind of stuff? Mm. So they're going like, where's the consciousness in the brain? Somewhere around in the sloshy bit where the proteins meet the stuff with the electricity. Yeah, but like, where is the part that says I am who I am? Ah, it's around like the little bit with the wet stuff and the other, the kind of the juicy bits. They know so little about the brain, but for obvious reasons, I, I think. I mean, they know when they test it that they go like, here, think of an apple. Yeah. And then a the bit fires off and they're like, oh, that's where you store your memories. Yeah. They know all the bits that happen. Yeah, like yeah. The, the hypothalamus puts out the neuropeptides in the hippocampus's memory and mm. They have all of the, the frontal lobes or, or you know, the, your cognitive centers and all this kind of thing. They know the function of it, though. Yeah. Not the but then you get into a fucking car crash. There's some cunt in, in England and he got into a car crash and it looked like someone went at his head with an ice cream scoop. And he wasn't able to talk for a couple of years and he mm. wasn't able to walk for a couple of years. And then the next thing he's up and around, and he's all like, hey, how's it going? And you're like, what the fuck? And apparently he just sat there and his brain regenerated itself and all the bits that went missing from his head, from his brain, the bits that should be his cognitive self, his language center, the, his fucking, uh, uh, you know, the, the, what's the one called where you breathe in and out and your heart beats and all. It's like some subordinate, le- I didn't do science in school, like some subordinate level uh, brain function. The stuff that makes you breathe like and yeah, digest yeah. food and do all the stuff that you don't have to consciously think about. Like all of those things were damaged. And then and he just bounced and then, back. And a whole other part of his brain, like another 60% of his brain that was left, that's pretty much dormant. Like there's nothing going on there on a day-to-day basis. That just started to kick in and go, okay, all right. It's like the a- army reserves. You want to be able to walk? <laughs> yeah. You want to be able to walk again? All right, send all those electrical signals over here. Come on, I'll start her up over here. And then yeah, it just... mad. It, we haven't whole... really been trained for this, but we'll do a bit. <laughs> <laughs> the whole brain started rewiring itself. That's crazy. And all the other parts of the brain started taking up the... Taking up responsibility for the certain things. And then the next thing he's out and he's fucking bombing around the place on a bike and he's like, oh yeah, and all right, scope. You, you have the opposite of that where you have somebody that gets like in a car accident or just gets a really bad concussion. And her personality changes afterwards. Yeah. Or there's like, like a I know somebody like that yeah. who completely, like they were a different person after just getting a bad hit on the head. There's a great Louis Theroux uh, uh, oh, documentary, yeah. Beyond Love Dementia, it's called. And you talk about like mm. some, some young lad, he got a, got a bang of a car and that was, that was it. He ended up t- changing his whole personality. Yeah. Like the brain Chris is so. Wall, who I yeah. think you're doing an episode on at yeah. some point. Who? Crispin Wall. Uh, He's a wrestler. Hmm. Too many hits in the head. Yeah, changed him. Made him, made him a murderer, basically. Um, yeah, yeah, it's fucking crazy, man, what the brain can do. So these PR, PRPs, loads of these little proteins, and you can go mad deep into it. Like, I will make some videos and stuff about this at some stage, because you need the, the visual aids. You need to get an animator in to get the shit done. Really, really good stuff online you can find on this, but it's heavy. It's heavy science stuff, and a lot of it kind of goes past my <laughs> basic schoolyard knowledge of what's going on. But some studies have found that the, uh, the cognitive functions of the brain can be damaged by the introduction of heavy metals. Metallica, Sepultura. <laughs> they make people stupid. No. So these PRP proteins may be the result of this heavy metal uh, toxicity by system of a down. <laughs> you're, you're going there. Yeah, no. um, yeah so like, like the people who talk about vaccines, we've done a whole episode on vaccines. And I mean, vaccinate your kids, people, because measles, you know. But they said that the aluminium that goes into the, the vaccines or aluminum um, that goes in, sits in the brain and, and inflames the brain and gives people autism or whatever. Some people said that it activates these PRP proteins to be bad motherfuckers in your head. And that could be damaging some parts of the brain that end up leading to neurological disorders like 
autism like these other things that you said people get from vaccines could could it be that they don't know enough about the proteins to know is there a cure fuck i don't know what happens if you're able to inject a load of nucleic acid in loads of uh, uh, special you know antigen uh, proteins into somebody's brain and just cure them of autism and it takes all the stuff out of their head like who the fuck could you do that i don't know is that possible people are talking about this stuff now as if it's like yeah absolutely they're working with prions now and these semi-understood diseases like alzheimer's huntington's disease uh, tuberculosis crohn's disease rheumatoid arthritis and even aids are all linked to misfolded proteins that are in the body from certain damages certain meats certain um chemicals like fluoride certain heavy metals that are in foods like uh lead aluminium you're getting stuff uh, uh like mercury in sushi so the mercury gets into your brain mm. you get a few prions the next thing you've got fucking you know huntington's disease or some kind of uh, uh, als or some some you know degenerative ne- neurological disorder all because of this stuff that we're putting into our body that's causing misfolded proteins and they really don't know what the shit is yet. So this is like the next step, medicine-wise, to try and go, what's about all this stuff? Like Claire and I, uh, uh, and especially Claire, I mean, I'm only hanging on for dear life onto this thing, you know. Um, but Claire, you're very much into like Mark Sissons and the Primal Blueprint and yeah. eating property and putting in protein and putting in, you know, proper stuff into your body and curing these chronic I guess chronic conditions like arthritis or like inflammation at the bowel or do you know if you're getting chronic migraines or you have all of these conditions that can be cured by what you're putting into your body mm-hmm. and like what we said earlier on you have a cat and all it eats is cat food what its fucking cells are made up of is cat food yeah and tonight what my cells are made up of is uh, sweet and salty popcorn and white wine and you'd, you'd never taste better I'd say my point is I'm I wouldn't live my life 100% like this, but no, no. I am becoming more aware of, yeah, like so much, especially processed foods are, um, have inflammatory properties, definitely. Mm. Yeah. And cause some of those things like yeah. Crohn's disease, mm. like IBS, mm. Huntington's disease, rheumatoid, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, arthritis, like yeah. all of these, all of these things that are chronic and incurable mm. by any medication, except pain relief can end up being cured by putting the right types of proteins into your mm. body and maybe yeah, washing yeah. out some of the older ones, you know. Mm. Like it's, um, it sounds like it's right. And if you watch the likes of Jordan Peterson, he talks about being on an all-meat diet, uh, you know, uh, Joe Rogan and these, he has all of these nutritionists mm. come onto his podcast the whole time and all they're saying is like, man, like it's all about food. It's all about food. Sure, yeah, yeah. Like my food is real bad at the moment. I'm as big as a house. I feel a bit shit and uh, eating shitty food makes me feel better sometimes. But I feel way better when I actually eat really good, healthy yeah, food. Yeah, yeah. But I have to do it for a sustained amount of time to get out from underneath need, yeah, that, the that's, sugar yeah. fat combo, the fucking mm-hmm. comfort. Like, oh man, just push all that chocolate cake up my arse so I can absorb it quicker. Like, it's just, <laughs> oh, give it to me. It doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't, um, it doesn't again, make it's, sense it's like that once pe- you get over that hurdle, you're fine. fine. Yeah. Everybody's talking about like loads of people have cancer, blame on Monsanto, blame on mm-hmm. glyphosate, blame all this fuck stuff like high fructose corn syrup in everything sugar in everything like the whole world's food supply is fucked and you're wondering why the body is throwing up this mad mutated crazy shit yeah that fucking turns your brain into into 
into crunch corners. Like, what the fuck do you expect? People are having, like, cancers all over the place, cell degeneration all over the place. You can't say that it was always happening because it wasn't always happening. No, it was, it, it's crazy how you even think about how common it is for yeah. people to talk about having a hangover. Mm. You go back to the 40s. People only had hangovers when they went, when they were fucking on a, on a week long binge. Yeah. Hangovers weren't a thing. Because when you, when you get a, a yeah. Heineken and you look at what that's made with. Yeah. It's corn syrup as well. Like there are yeah. loads of shit going into that. Like I started doing homebrewing and stuff like that. Making, really? Yeah. Yeah. And like, I fucking, I've gotten hammered with friends on homebrew and like felt not in the next day. Really? Yeah. Just what they were saying about Stella Artois. Like Stella Artois is supposed to be full of loads of preservatives and stuff like that. And it makes you angry when you're drunk. Oh yeah, because it's known worst, as like gives the, you the worst hangover ever. The, the, isn't it like a, like a soccer hooligan drink? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, was going, uh, I was going to say that um, Gordon and I went uh, out recently to um, a quiz and I was driving. So I decided I was going to get a non-alcoholic beer and I don't really drink beer anymore at mm. all. And when I looked at the label of the non-alcoholic beer I was shocked by how much sugar was in it yeah oh really way like, more than in an alcoholic beer way more and I was to just keep like fizzy. oh my god yeah, I've yeah, had yeah. a feckin pint of water except you know you don't want to be that person yeah yeah um, that's what I have but like I was like that's really annoying yeah like I wouldn't have drank this if I thought there was that much sugar uh-huh. it's like 120 grams in a bottle that's I wouldn't have even thought, I wouldn't have thought that. That's mad. Crazy. Because, like, I know with a lot of whiskeys, they add a lot of, like, colouring and stuff to give it the right yeah. look of a, yeah. of a whiskey. What you would all expect, it, yeah. All it is is, like, syrup. Yeah. <laughs> Same as uh, a Southern Comfort or any of the bourbons or anything like that. Like, it's all coloured. Yeah, it's that. not, it's not real. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's syn- very quickly it's brewed. Synthetic whiskey. Synthetic, like. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, d- those kind of things, like, putting the right proteins into your body, I mean, you hear these lads and they're like, I got diagnosed with cancer and then I went on like such and such a diet and I only ate this and ate this and then my cancer went away. And you're like, I'd love to believe you, but also like probably try chemotherapy or whatever. But they're like, I didn't want to put any more toxins in my body. So I did this cleanse and I did all this stuff. And I'm like, you're, this is tantamount to Noel Edmonds saying I bought this magic box and the magic box, (laughs) I used to shout into it every day and my cancer went away. And that's not, that's not a hyperbole. Like that's Mm. exactly what Noel Edmonds came out and said. Oh, really? Exactly what he said. And he cured his cancer, Maria. And people are like, really? And he's like, yeah, I got this magic box and used to shout into it every day. And I closed the box and then my cancer went away. And you're like, dude, you can't be saying that to people. You can't be saying that and selling it like it's a thing. And he's like, no, no, that happened to me. And they're like, Noel. Stop uh, it. That's the classic. That's people. like the Homer's, the, the thing on the Simpsons where like, I have this rock and there's no bears around. So therefore this rock must be keeping the bears away. Mm. Lisa, how much for that rock? Yeah, that's the thing. I I uh, was listening to an episode of uh, Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. Plug. Maybe <laughs> six months ago. And uh, I was telling my sister, <laughs> my sister-in-law about it afterwards because she also listens to the podcast. So yeah. we were talking about it and and she's from New Zealand. She's very, she's very funny anyway, but her accent sometimes makes her sound even funnier. Um, so uh, I was like, oh, and this guy, and he was saying all this. And like, apparently, like, he just got better from his cancer through all this really positive psychology and all this stuff. And she was just like, yeah. And I was like, what? And she was, he's dead. <laughs> the cancer came back and he died but I didn't know and they obviously didn't go public with it on the podcast oh, like so on the podcast man's like I 
I positive energyed my cancer away and I didn't go back for any of my checkups because that's negative energy. And then my sister-in-law was like, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> Kinsa. <laughs> Game over. Yeah, that's, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's like real. we're laughing at somebody dying of cancer. No, no I'm not dying like, about that at all. <laughs> no, no, but. I'm not, I'm not dying about that at all. I'm not laughing about that at all. But I just. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I was just like, I was so like walking along going, hashtag inspired. Yeah. And then she's like, he's dead. It's like when you hear about that that guy that wrote the like book about veganism, one of the first like Yeah, the guy I, that Bill Hicks talks about. And he died of the common cold a yeah. month after the book was released. Yeah. <laughs> no. I don't even know if that's true, but it sounds funny, so Yeah, or the guy that came up with Atkins, Dr. Atkins died yeah. died. Died because of his Atkins diet. Oh, he went too extreme, yeah. It was really unhealthy. So I mean like these these proteins you have to watch what you're putting into your body. I know this is fucking a pot called the kettle fat, but it's um, it seems to be important. And I think when you're looking at all of this stuff, and you're looking at how this affects people, and you're looking at how people go on in a natural environment, in a in a primal environment, like eating people is not that bad, really, because you know if you need it, it's not necessarily nutritious. And at some certain points, you'll eat, and it it actually won't give you any nutrition anyway. But it might just feel help you carry on for that extra three or four days until someone picks you up in a boat or whatever. Um, so, I mean, if your friends die, don't throw them overboard straight away. That's kind of Let the, them get crispy in the sizzling sun. Yeah, yeah, just broil them in the, in the boat. But to think that they can even get rid of AIDS using these, uh, using these protein kind of treatments, do you know? It's fucking crazy that this is how far it's coming, that there's these folded proteins. It's like, it's like... The, the code in a computer program is is wrong and then you, yeah, like we're yeah. the computers just fix everything the operating system that gets put into us like uh, there's errors in the code and once a whole thing is built around that error and then that thing starts to go wrong the next thing your whole fucking computer is not working properly you know mm. so with these proteins you have to know that these prions that you get from eating people cannot be destroyed by heat they cannot be destroyed by ionizing radiation or radiotherapy. They cannot be destroyed by formaldehyde treatments. So if you get this shit in your brain, it's game over. There's no cure for this at all. They may be able to delay the effects, but you will always have it. Like HIV, you can yeah. be, be, have a zero viral load, which means you don't have HIV anymore. But if you stop taking the medication, yeah. that shit will come back because it's in your cells. It's in you. Yeah. And uh, if there's uh, if there's tissue with prions in it and you cook it and eat it, there's a guarantee that you're going to get some shit. So, I mean, unless you're absolutely sure that the delicious child that you're eating <laughs> is completely free of prions, don't eat its brain anyway, because, I mean, you could end up developing yeah. some some. Well, the child prions. probably hasn't ate human meat. so he's But you can get spontaneous, uh, what are they called? spontaneous, sporadic prion creation in your own body. So you could be the host of the first folded proteins if you eat brains. So, uh, yeah, but, okay. So once you avoid brains, mostly stick to children. Yeah. Okay. Children who just, haven't eaten other... Just the soft arms and the, and the pudgy legs. Yeah. But it's, um, <laughs> isn't it mad how the zombies are all like, brains, and then they're wrecked. Like, they're like, la, 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 and dying because they're eating brains. Like, that's the fucking... That's why we're, you know, that's why we're told, like, you know, be, beware yeah, of the zombies. Yeah. It's, it's the warning. That's a fucking warning, mm. man, you know? Yeah, like, they, they've got the Kuru and they've got the hunger all at the same time. 
And we're trying to brainwash everyone just so that everybody's clean and disease free. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for cannibalism and your prions fucking up your brain box. Uh, we're going to get off the fence now. Um, before we do, I just want to let you know uh, about Johnny Daly and his, and his podcast, Disaster Artist. You can find him at Disaster Artist on Twitter. Disaster Artist <laughs> The prions are kicking in. <laughs> Disaster Artist's podcast. Dot com is the website. That's the website. And you can have a Facebook. I even think you have a MySpace page, if I'm right. We have... I don't know. Is MySpace still around? MySpace I, is... It's I, just back. I predicted, and this is going out now in 2019. Now right. It's, right now, it's September 2018. And I predict that MySpace is going to make a massive comeback. And it's going to have a lot of people from Facebook moving over to MySpace. Ah. It's going to have a nice little reason. It's just apropos of nothing... I feel people need to go somewhere else. I set one up before the podcast even had its first episode, just because I thought it'd be funny. Nice. Well, I saw a meme but, of, of, on one side, it's Mark Zuckerberg testifying in Congress after selling all our information. And <laughs> on the other side, it's fucking Tom just being cool. Yeah, I think I want to go back to MySpace. I'm going to go like, back to I MySpace. Like MySpace. I'm going to zoom it up my MySpace At the MySpace moment, MySpace Instagram page. is annoying the crap out of me. Mm, sort it out. So, disasteractorspodcast.com. You're on all good podcast players. Yeah, we're on Spotify, um, Apple Music, everywhere. Yeah. And uh, you have loads of episodes of stuff that would be very similar to the stuff we talked about yes. tonight. Like the yeah, Donner Party episode, Donner, Book of Eli, lots road, of cannibalism, The Road, uh, lots of cannibalism, cannibalism stuff. Yeah, yeah, we, we a good bit, and just general survival stories anyway to kind of lend the, what we've been talking about. Sure. Uh, I've, I've been on a couple of episodes. We did one about The Running Man, the, the movie the of... The Running Man. Aaron uh, uh, Schwarzenegger. We did Book of Eli. We done There's a, one about Ouija boards, I think. Yeah, we've done a general sort of supernatural episode. Game yeah. of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Uh, what else? There's a few. Infinity War. Yeah. Infinity Isn't War. There's two more, I think. Check them out. I'll yeah, put them up they're, on they're, all, they're all, all very good. They're all there. Um, I assume if this is, when is this going up? This like month, like February, right? February, March, yeah. So like, we're also on Patreon. <laughs> we'll hey! have a Patreon by the time this is out Happy there. Valentine's Day, Johnny. Uh, at Disaster Artists on there too. Yeah. Patreon.com slash Disaster Artists. Also have a hip hop album coming out too. <laughs> it's fire. It's going to drop. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, Johnny's stuff is out there in the world if you want to go and have a go. Uh, I'm on it as well if you want to ease the transition and jump in. And uh, so you can, uh, you can go and have a, have a listen, have a gander to Johnny there. And uh, don't forget to, to leave a review or whatever on his, oh, yeah, on his that, iTunes. That always helps. It fucking, apparently, it, it makes a difference. So, Johnny, off the fence, we're going to get you first. Right. Cannibalism. Is it a human travesty or is it sometimes a necessary element to survival. I would say a necessary element that probably doesn't make a huge difference in the end, but you, if you have to do it, you have to do it. If you feel, if you feel like that's what you need to do, then I'm not going to judge anybody. Nice. Nice that's and succinct. Clear. Cannibalism. Is it yes. detrimental to the human condition? Is it an awful irredeemable act of savagery or is it a necessary animalistic attempt at survival the latter yeah yeah i think uh, it's not like reprehensible it's not i could forgive it if it was like uh, i join that dead person on the ground or i eat that dead person on the yeah. ground and live hmm I could forgive it in that situation, but I'm talking about like 
that's the situation you're in, like you're like, they're already dead. I'm going to die. I may survive for like years. Like those Cubans are old yeah. now. Yeah. That was the way of pigs. Like they were right. Yeah. Like you know? if you guys come back from America and you're like, and oh, eat you. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like, oh yeah, we're, really we, we, took, we took the Hastings <laughs> cut off for the documentary and we ended up having to eat our tour, two Indian tour guides, yeah. but they were already dead. I'd probably have a lot of questions. Or if I'd, I just come back uh, on my own, I'm just like, <laughs> delish. See, or Claire comes back on her own. Maybe she, she Dude, over- I'm a trained killer who grew up on a farm. If anyone's coming back on their own, it's me. <laughs> yeah, but you're made of Yum. lovely home, home milk Yum. and home meat. You worried about the trip now? No, not at all. <laughs> I, I'm totally not delicious. But no, my point was, though, like I wouldn't, if a friend came back sure. from a trip and had done that, like I, I don't think anything would really change. I would have a lot of questions that I'd have to stop they, myself from asking. What happens so, if they went on like a trip to Papua New Guinea to ju- just to do that, just to eat like, human meat? Like Jameson? <laughs> I mean, uh, that's I, do, a, I don't think that's good. Yeah, that's a bit, that's like going to a fucking child brothel or something. <laughs> like Where you get the delicious children. Mm. Yeah, no, that, that, that. That's, that's the line. Is that the line? <laughs> sure. It's only for survival sure it's, not, it's not for it's So not if f- I had a gun and I'm standing in a jungle And a lion comes at me About to kill me I'm going to point at the lion and shoot it Because I don't want the lion to kill me Sure. Yeah. If I'm walking in a jungle I won't be like give me a gun so I can kill a lion Yeah I get you So it's, it's Yeah because The version you were just saying is like big game hunting with humans That's, yeah. yeah What happens if it's happening anyway and it's okay. just like can I have a slice of that? No. So, oh, so the scenario being, so say you are doing a trip yeah. and you visit a tribe who are cannibals. Yeah, and they're like, and they're but having you don't the know ce- they're cannibals? Yeah, but they're having the ceremony and they're passing around and meat. And it would be rude if you didn't take a bite. And it comes to you. If you know it's meat. If yeah. you know it's human meat. But let's yeah. say you don't know, but you're like, they're oh, cannibals, it could, sure. it's a funeral. And if you don't eat it, you're going to be shunned from the village. And yeah, and they're, like, they're not going to like, kill you or anything for yeah you'd just like, be like really ignored I'd probably just be like when's the next bite out of here I'm not doing it you wouldn't take a bite no Johnny would you I was about to say out of respect I might but then anytime I go to funerals I don't kneel in a church so I probably wouldn't because I wouldn't feel it necessary I, I'd do it to see what it tastes like but I wouldn't do it out of fear of them not like being cool with me afterwards I'd be all like yeah but I wouldn't go there specifically so do to it, do it. You would do it to taste human yeah. flesh. And would you go around and be like, didn't like the eyeball. Can I have something else? <laughs> I could see you. Got any, mm, I could see you like at the buffet going. Got any nostrils? Come here. Where are the wings? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so uh, off the fence then. I know it's it's a, a kind of a, a, a lesser of two evils or a lesser of two angels, let's say. Endocannibalism or exocannibalism. Which one is the best and which one is the worst which one is the the most unacceptable is it the eating of your family when they die to get their spirit and do that stuff and as a religious thing because you're eating your fucking family or eat like a stranger's child to intimidate them so they don't take your land (laughs) and show up to their door with the screaming fucking skull sound effect yeah yeah, I'm going to go with the, the former there. Exocannibalism is bad. Think uh, I'm with you, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> yeah, it surely. seems like the other one is not really causing harm to anybody. No. But the exocannibalism, it seems to be really effective. Well, it's designed it would be very to effective. psychological yeah, harm. I was just yeah. going to say, a lot of things that are really evil and scary are effective. I just said effective. 
I didn't say it were awesome, mm. but it's pretty, it's pretty tough. Okay. So uh, cannibalism in the animal kingdom, is it totally like normal for hippos to take chunks out of each other? Uh, should, should all animals be okay to be cannibals, even though like with people, it's a taboo, but with all animals, it's totally fine. Like if you die, your cat's going to eat you before the ambulance finds you if you're, if you're not on your own, you know? Yeah. Like, if you found one cat eating another cat, would you be freaked out? Or a dog eating another dog, would you be like, whoa? It'd be kind of a weird sight. Just like, I mean, but who am I to, like, I can't. I can't. But I mean, would you be, on the animal if, you, if you found out that, like, someone you know ate another human, and then you found out that your dog ate another dog, who would you be more kind of like, oh, Jesus, at? Well, 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 a human. So animals get a pass, then, you're saying. What I'm asking is off the fence. Do animals uh, yeah, like animals it, get a pass? So animals like, totally get a pass. Like there's no disgusting or reprehensible cannibalism in the animal kingdom. I, I've seen my dog eat shit. <laughs> like, yeah, I've seen a dog like, eat his own we, shit. We, we can't. Well, yeah, like he a, forgot it was his. Yeah, that's all I've seen. Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, just we, this one's like one of my favorite dinners. Um, <laughs> like we can't hold them to the same standard. Yeah, I, I don't like, think we can hold animals. It's very speciesist. I don't think it is. Oh, I don't think it is either. Do you think it's as totally think fine? Species as against Milan humans. Says, they're not like us. <laughs> what about the monkeys then that are almost like us? Is it okay for them to, to, be, to be jungle terrorists or not? Okay. There's, there's a serious 2% where they're not like us. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. But like, like the trees bit. I definitely do find them when I see video of a monkey like savagely beating another monkey mm. to death and eating them. I definitely feel more uncomfortable seeing that than I would a hippo doing it to another hippo. Not that I think that it's, I, I kind of put them in the same category, but. What about a polar bear doing this? Another polar bear that's never happened before. And now it's happening quite often because they're starving. You're like, maybe we should help them if they're eating each other. Yeah, that's mm. just worrying more than anything. Yeah. So it is upsetting. Do you think that's, that's right? Like to, that's, like, a, that's becoming a common problem. What I'm asking you is like, it's totally fine for spiders. But now the polar bears are doing it. We're like, whoa, 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 whoa. But we're really like, whoa, 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 because it's a symptom of something. We know oh, yeah. they're only starting to do it because obviously they have no other choice. Okay. So it's more like the Donner Party eating people versus okay. tribes mm-hmm. doing it. You're like, oh shit, they're actually suffering enough that they have to resort to this. So there's something wrong. What about then salamanders are doing it to uh, safeguard their territory? They'll eat somebody. And it makes all the other salamanders be like, fuck. And then he has big, massive jaws because he's, he's like chomping on people. And he's like, oh, fucking jaws is out, man. He's chomping on cunts. And that's totally okay for a salamander because it's just salamanders. And it wouldn't make you uncomfortable. But watching monkeys doing the same thing. Salamanders to other salamanders. Yeah. Because you said salamander munching on people. Well, I meant <laughs> their, their people. Mm. Like a salamander comes out and he's like, hum. Eats one what do salamander. You mean, dare people. And and <laughs> one salamander bites another one with his massive jaws and he's looking around at all the other ones going, Anybody fucking doubting I'm the king salamander around this place? And everyone goes like, Yeah, sound. I would not be bothered by that. But if a monkey did the same thing, would you be bothered by that? I would be bothered by a cat or a dog doing it. Why? Because to me they're more well, domesticated. Yeah. So the thing I'm getting from both of you, because I'm agreeing with you, but the thing I'm getting from both of you is that the more civilized you get, the less acceptable cannibalism is. Kind of, but I wouldn't be, I'd be different in that I wouldn't be, think it's as 
weird for a cat or a dog to do it, but with a primate, I would. That that kind of because they have some level of sentience. Be, yeah, yeah, I'd expect a primate to do it before a cat or dog. And fish eat, eat each other all the time. I definitely expect them to do it, but watch if I was to see a video of it for some reason, mm. the primate doing it would kind of disturb me more. Is I it because they're more intelligent? Because yeah, they're more no, yeah, civilized that, that than like. But I think, but it comes from a place of being like, oh well, they're doing it, so like that just shows how close we are to doing it. That we we came from the same genus of species. We were probably doing this. Mm. I I'm subscribed to a subreddit called Nature Is Metal. Same here. Have you ever seen that that shit? Some of that shit is fucking. Nature is metal. Nature is metal, and there's Mm. stuff on it like pictures of, do you know, like a like a a hawk taking a house cat. Yeah, (laughs) and like ripping it apart. Like it's like one animal doing fucking like awful, terrible things to the other animal. But it's like, yeah, that's nature. Like you know, he wasn't looking or whatever. One of them is like a frozen deer, and it was frozen like halfway, halfway into the into the snowbank and then the snow melted and it was like standing up frozen into the ground but the bit that was sticking out over the snow was totally eaten and it's all down to bone oh no and then the stuff underneath it was like still have covered in fur and flesh and it just looked like something came along and went and just ate everything and you're like that's yeah gross. that's gross but that's nature hmm. do you know some shit happens in nature that doesn't happen in civilized society so cannibalism seems to be a primal natural thing that's okay in animals and it's okay in uncivilized creatures but if you have any sense of intelligence that you should know better that it's a thing you don't do unless you're put into a primal state is that where we're agreeing on the fence we're on that side yeah do you agree with that claire Mm -hmm. but yeah i feel like that's at least what i hope i articulated earlier same but okay um so uh all around the world like very very quickly but wait, is that what you, do you... I, yeah, I think you, the same. I, right, think, okay. I think the same. Like, the more civilized you get, the less you should be cannibalizing stuff. I mean, if you don't know any better, it's probably not a good thing to do. And in some cases, like, the ritual cannibalism in these Papua New Guinea tribes, like, it seems to be... If you're into it, and it's not disgusting for you, and you were born with it from when you were, uh, you know, a baby, and it's, yeah. it's naturalized to you, it seems like it makes an awful lot more sense than dressing somebody up in a really expensive suit and then buying a really expensive box and yeah. then buying a really expensive hole in the ground and then having a big march and then putting them really slowly into the hole in the ground and then paying loads of people money to help you do that yeah, and then yeah, covering yeah. it up with dirt and then paying loads of money to put fake flowers on top of that hole in the ground mm. and then paying loads of money to get another big massive stone with that person's name and then every week you have to go down and talk to a stone in the ground. <laughs> Yeah, well, like that don't makes have to. that <laughs> that to me is f- bullshit bananas, man. They they come over here and they're like, they just throw their grandparent in a ground and bury them, and then they go to the pub and get drunk. Yeah, like how how would that look mm. to, to them? I think as well, um, in a lot of those tribes where they do eat their deceased, um, as a ritualistic cannibalism, um. The, they don't actually let the kids partake until they're about 13 yeah. or 14. It's like with us and drinking. Yeah. 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 Mm. So you go to a funeral, but you're not allowed to drink like the rest of us. Mm. So Depending on how close they were to you. Sometimes yeah. you're allowed to drink it. They might, give you, they might give you like a shandy fake meat. It's like a cider. <laughs> it's, like yeah. it's not like fizzy cider. It's just like here's an apple juice or an apple. It smells f- exactly the same. It's exactly the same. It's like, yeah, so it's like some elk 
Mm. jerky or something that's mm. like there you go there's no there's no slice off they Uncle give you Paddy. the apple from the mouth that they were cooked on yeah, on the spit roast don't tell your mother do <laughs> you know um so for all of the uh the necessary elements of cannibalism like in a famine or when you're caught up a mountain or when you are on a boat and you've nowhere to go and your mates are all dying. <laughs> or like, when you've lied about being a tracker and led six people exactly. into the woods. <laughs> you're a fucking bullshitter and then you come out and you're looking a bit stout. Or, you know, any of these kind of emergency situations. Because it becomes a situation that's uncivilized, get off the fence, you guys, Johnny first, about is it okay for a civilized person to eat another civilized person in a situation like that? Or... Should they atone in some way when they get home? Should they be allowed? To, do they uh, like? Is it manslaughter if they no, kill the person like, to eat them, or like they helped out Richard off on his way because he wasn't dying up quick enough? You know, um, it, if they helped him off along the way, I mean that has to be treated for what it is manslaughter. Yeah, um, but is it not? Would it not fall under the same kind of morality clauses as? Um, euthanasia um, or whatever. Most countries don't have laws for that. So, like, you have to judge it by the law. So, okay. But if you're in a boat, you're probably in international waters. So, well, that doesn't matter if you're like the, the country you're coming back to is where you're going to be charged. So right, right, right. I would argue that, that it should be treated the same. Right. I imagine a judge would determine, though, like the sentence, you probably wouldn't get a steep sentence. And I think that would yeah. be fair. You'd probably be put into a psychiatric home. I think. Whatever happens, if if somebody ends up in a Donner Party like situation, looking after their mental health when they come back should probably be uh, a thing. <laughs> Not giving them a steak dinner straight away. Yeah, yeah. Um, making sure they're okay because like nobody, nobody wants to go out and do that. So, but yeah. no, I don't think they should be vilified or anything. Certainly not. What do you think, Claire? Off the fence. I, I'm I'm in agreement with Johnny there. Yeah, I think like I would be pr- quite annoyed <laughs> if I worked really hard on surviving and then got home and was put in jail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, fuck you, yeah, fuckers! I was out there for four months and yeah. I only had two people. <laughs> and it was at the end. I ate one piece of one person. I went six weeks without you know? so much as eating a a, a, he- a head. Do you know, like I'd be kind of like I wish I was eaten because. I don't want to go to prison. Do you know? Yeah. I think that'd be a bit much. Do you, you think, off the fence then, do you think that someone should be put in jail? In that situation, in the boat? Yeah, because uh, the question was, I asked Johnny and he goes, like, you'd be raging if you were put, but do you deserve it? He said, if you get back and you're after eating somebody, you should probably be prosecuted under the law. No, that, was only, that right? no, only if you help. You, your question, you asked two questions. Right, right, right. If you eat them and if you help them along. Yeah, so I'm if saying you help like, them along, Claire. And you, oh, no, I wouldn't help anybody die. Is that what you mean? Yeah, but if, if somebody else in your group helped the person along a little small bit, even if they were dying anyway, and you're just like, go on. Well, here, and would you eat see, any of them? Were you being kind? When you say help them along, are yeah, you, do you mean you like, uh, is the person saying to you, Gordo, kill me, I don't mind? I'm saying the German who arranged with a guy online to cut off his dick and eat cook and eat his dick. That's different. That's manslaughter. He deserves to be in prison for life. What about the lads on the boat when the young lad, the 19 year old is dying? What's your man's name? Richard. Richard what? Packer. Richard Packer. No. 
Alf, uh, Parker. No, Rick, Richard, Richard Parker. Parker, yeah. Parker. Richard Parker is on the oh, boat. Parker was the statue. Alfred Parker is the statue. Richard Alfred Parker was just a, mur- a murder. Play, yeah, a murder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Richard Parker was out in a boat and he's 19 and he's almost dying and the lads just mm. help him off a little bit and then fucking nom noms happens. Like, he was dying anyway. But that's, w- that's manslaughter. Yeah, I don't think that they should help him die. So do you think that then when them three lads come back in, they should go to jail then after surviving, taking all that effort to survive? Well, who can prove that they did what they did? Yeah. But if they admit, I would say they should be sentenced, but I think a judge should take the circumstance into a, yeah. a account. Maybe right. a reduced sentence. Time served. It's like, oh, they're out there for, yeah, exactly. <laughs> for whatever time. Yeah. So that counts. Every day in and a boat in the sea counts for a year. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then very quickly, uh, the Donner Party. Um, I don't really know where to get off the fence, but like, it seems like those guys ended up getting to a certain point and went, okay, we're going out on our own and just went rogue almost immediately and started killing and eating people. Um, are, are they as guilty as we came to the conclusions at that part of the show that like were the forlorn hope a bunch of murdering cunts or did they have to do what they had to do to survive and save 46 people from death? I think, yeah, yeah absolutely had to do what they done. They had to shoot two dying Indians by the lake and then bring their cured meats to their mates <laughs> and <laughs> share dinner. But they didn't know that the two yeah, Indians' they friends were going to They weren't counting on that part. But no, but is, they still killed, they still did the thing that you guys said is a bad thing. Well, but I'm not saying yeah. they shouldn't be, like, yeah, when same. they came back, like, they, if they'd done that, they should have been charged and treated the same. There's people that have, that they were in desperate circumstances and have done things they didn't want to do, but, like, they had no other choice. And it was still a crime. I'm not saying otherwise. Yeah. Mm. So, like, if, if they killed the two Indians, like, that's still a crime, whether they're on their way out or not. But they didn't get prosecuted for that crime when they got to Sacramento, like. They never admitted to that crime when they got to Sacramento. Sure. But, but I wouldn't be opposed to them. So you're saying helping people along their way for cannibalist r- r- survival is totally fine as long as no one finds out. No, your question was, did they, do, did they have to do it? I'm saying, like, if I was in that cer- situation... I may have done the same. I'd have tried to get away with it. <laughs> if I got caught, I couldn't really disagree with being charged. Like, Yeah, I don't think I'd be killing anyone. That's right. a different thing. Yeah. And I think there's a serious amount of karma in all these stories. Like, it's as soon as somebody is like, like sucking the meat off yeah. a bone, you know, the rescue, <laughs> the help arrives. It's yeah. like God is going, now for you. Or well, the powers. Like the whoever. first guy in the Donner with the forlorn hope, the Irish guy, uh, Dolan, he was the first one to suggest mm. eating people and he ended up being the second one to die. Like, yeah. yeah. There was a lot of that kind of stuff. A lot of like, hmm, now what would you do? I wouldn't kill anyone. I like on the boat with Richard Packard, the, the other story, which is let's draw lots and he mm. was the yeah. one that ended up getting net, yeah. Yeah. which I think is a story that permeates across a lot of cannibal stories mm. where it's like if you're the one to suggest it, you're the one to get fucked well would you be like if we we were on a boat and i suggested it and then i died you would be like well johnny suggested it so he's obviously totally into this idea yeah so obviously he 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 wouldn't mind yeah he said he'd really like to be barbecued didn't (laughs) he (laughs) you're too you're too lean johnny too lean to be it you need something good and pork belly ish Mm -hmm. bit of flavor um yeah so i mean uh, we we talked about uh, cannibalism as a, a food source and i mean there's not a whole lot of nutrition in it, but it keeps you away from death's door. Do you think off the fence about 
the prions, do you think that these degenerative brain diseases are a welcome, I guess, accidental mutation from a reprehensible act? Or are they like a, a genetic punishment for eating your own species? Because they happen across all animals. If, you know, cows eat cows, they get this thing. Pigs eat pigs, they get this thing. If humans eat humans, they get this thing. And there's kind of like a, a DNA uh, protection switch yeah. inside of our bodies where if we start eating our own species something's gone wrong do you think it's like a good thing that's like yeah they were eating people and sure fuck it and they got kuru and then they developed a cure kind of internally and now they're using those proteins to cure like fucking alzheimer's and huntington's disease and aids like it's by accident that they yeah. invented that thing is that a good thing and it's like yeah well this is just a natural order or was the body set up to go like don't fucking eat other people or else blah this indestructible unidentifiable unprotectable protein disease gets into your body and fucks you up so you can't do that shit no more uh well it's a hard one to answer i don't think it's a genetic punishment or anything most things it's a safe safety switch so you so people don't end up going oh yeah sure we can just eat people but also yeah, but there's there's loads of things that we historically didn't do that there would be that safety switch, like fucking dairy. <laughs> like, you know, a couple of hundred years ago, people would get very sick eating dairy, and it was once we got used to it, we no longer got sick anymore, and that's kind of... But it's just the, a low-grade... Like, people still eat dairy, but dairy is kind of like a low-grade inflammatory yeah, for yeah. humans. Like, uh, you know, according to everything you read, you're not humans aren't supposed to be drinking... And eating cow's milk products yeah, or anything yeah. like that because it's not good for the body. So it's just a slower version of the shit that used to come before it was pasteurized. It's just like, yeah, yeah. it's a whole new other way for your body to go, stop doing this. But we just developed a really long r- resistance to it. So it's totally yeah, fine. Yeah. Same, with, same with cannibalism. It took a really long time to get that natural resistance. But maybe that initial <laughs> prions, the initial fucking whoa, you got to stop doing this. Okay, listen, here's a fucking crazy disease that makes you shake and everyone will be really scared of it. Stop eating each other. <laughs> and God just gives it, just goes, bam. Does it not seem like that? Um, I guess. I'm not sure what to say to that. So I'd kind of just agree. Like it's like, like a if- 50-50. So is it a good thing that a natural event <laughs> like cannibalism came with a cure or is the thing that we get when we eat like prions that we get when we eat human meat is that like a dna safety switch so we don't end up going listen we're running out of food but we've got loads of people it's like to stop us just like massacring and eating everybody as a norm i'm sure i'm sure if we were allowed to farm people for meat and if it was delicious I'm sure if that was totally fine in culture to farm people like okay, we take so advantage so of cows. Okay, so your is more the moral pig, thing, not yeah. the genetics. Because that's where I was... As well, though. The genetics part the of genetic, it as well. I can't like, really answer if, like, did you, gen, whatever way our genetic code works, whether it's a good or a bad result. Like, but... But it's obviously, it's obviously like, genetically detrimental to us because yeah. it creates indestructible, unidentifiable, unprotectable proteins that turn our brains to mush. Yeah, so sub- subjectively, it's good that safety exists. That, yeah, but do you think it's there to stop us, and we're never, ever, ever supposed to ca- cannibalize? I would guess. I mean, if your body, if you, if your body ultimately refuses something, you're not meant to have it. Like, 
that's why we get lung cancer from smoking because we're not meant to smoke you yeah know? yeah i know it's a weird one to answer and what about the good elements of cannibalism which is like it ended up giving us these cures for these diseases and there's stuff that we well, got found. cures for these diseases is a bit of a stretch it's after identifying a naturally occurring thing that yeah. happens in other animals and now it happens in humans and we can find through trying to cure that we're like uh-huh this is how that thing works because they didn't know how those diseases yeah, well worked. it's good we, we've got very smart researchers who use what they have to work with and they see this and they're like well let's look into that and see what we yeah, can work call out it a from cure. it yeah they've worked yes. out something from a pre-existing issue like it's saying like is a you know you can be morally opposed to abortion but you can't be morally opposed to the stem cells yeah. that cure people's diseases that we accidentally found from uh, doing abortions. No, I know what you're asking, but it's a very hard question to answer because you can look like an idiot very easily when you don't know too much about it, you know? That's why I'm asking the question. I want to see. I don't even know myself, I, you know? What do mm. you think, Claire? Um, Off the fence. Is it cannibalism an accidental good thing? No. That ended up turning into something that was from... A primal it act. has an accidental positive effect, seems like. But, but it's I, not outweighed by the fact that. No. Do you think that the body is absolutely eats, opposed to it? Not everybody who gets that and not everybody who eats brains gets that um, prions. No, not everybody who gets the thing that stops you getting the prions. Yeah, the Kuru resistance. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So I don't believe that it's like, wow, this has cured Alzheimer's. Like, that's bullshit, in my opinion. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you shouldn't be eating people. And when you eat people, sometimes this shit happens. As you a know? protector to make us know, hey. I don't know if it's as a protector, but I kind of wouldn't feel sorry for somebody who ate human brains. Yeah. And got like, CJD. With most cannibalism, it seems, in every circumstance, whether it's ritualistic, survival, things just don't work out. So the lesson should be, probably it's best not to eat human meat in any circumstance. That might be... That's a really good rule of thumb. Do you agree Johnny, with that, I'm yeah? going to do my best <laughs> to, um, to adopt that. Yeah, me too. I, I agree. I think that it's, it's, a, it's a, like a wonderful, happy coincidence that generations of cannibals in Papua New Guinea have ended up with a bunch of very primitive people who have somewhat of a resistance to eating their fucking relatives yeah, for years and years every and years. T- but yet, once they encounter a new tribe and they are introduced to an infection that they haven't encountered before, they die straight away. That could have something got to do with that too. Should. I think that um, the fact that the body is hardwired to create these indestructible diseases as, as a kind of a biological punishment for eating your own species should be warning enough to probably not do it. And I believe that the body tells itself between like the thoughts and the physiology, it tells itself what it's supposed to have and what it's supposed to not have. Yeah, yeah. And I think if you're getting fucking indestructible proteins that turn your brain into shit, then you probably should stop doing that thing. <laughs> yeah. Likewise, heroin or meth, like if you're doing that and your fucking brain stops working, you probably shouldn't do it. You know, not equating yeah. heroin and meth no. to cannibalism. That's addiction, so it's but it's But uh, it's something that you're doing that your body is fucked up on. Maybe have a, have a look. And you know what? Mine is sugar. I'm doing some stuff. Sugar's going in. I can see the fucking bad results. Everybody has their thing. Just don't, yeah, like Johnny said, just don't eat human meat. Yeah. We can all agree on that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
And that's for it now. for cannibalism. For now. <laughs> that's it for cannibalism for this time on Those Conspiracy Guys. See uh, you in the boat, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> if anything we said on the show, uh, you know, ticket your gicker or you want to reach out, tell us something, uh, give us some more information. I'm sure we were wrong on some things. I'm absolutely positive. Uh, the science part always gets a bit wishy-washy, but I do my best to synthesize what's online. So if anyone out there knows any better, or I know we have a few doctors out there, you can hit us up at info at thoseconspiracyguys.com. We're on all the social media. We have the website, thoseconspiracyguys.com. I am putting a lot of effort into Instagram. So jump on that shit and say hi. Uh, and thanks to all the people watching here on video. Uh, we're on YouTube and on BitChute. All the links for those will be in the description below. We were watched exclusively by people from patreon.com slash thoseconspiracyguys. Supporters of the show financially. If you want to support the show, you want to reach out to us and help us out and get some extra content, uh, hit up patreon.com slash those conspiracy guys. So I'd really appreciate it if you can have a look even at the project, throw us enough for a beer. And if everyone did that, we'd be fucking flying. We're well on our way anyway, uh, up over the 30 something mark uh, as far as donations go. And uh, I really appreciate and thank everybody for listening to the show, for liking the show, for reaching out to me with messages and for supporting us financially. I fucking appreciate the shit out of all of you. Thank you so much. And all it leaves me to do is thank my wonderful guests, Johnny Daly from Disaster Artists. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. And uh, Claire Fox, love of my life, light of my heart, <laughs> and uh, co- co-conspirator on this <laughs> road of life we travel together. So good. She's very, very tired, ladies and gentlemen. She's very, very I'm tired. I'm really tired now to drive to Mayo in the morning. <laughs> Before you go. <laughs> so that's it for this episode of Those Conspiracy Guys. You've been listening to Cannibalism. My name is Gordo. My name is Claire. My name is Johnny. And we'll see you all next time. Uh, Don't eat anybody out there, okay? (laughs) Bye. Bye.